Previously on Critical Bits! We got these for from our fake from our spider party. Oh! <laughs> remember? Remember every the April every, Spider Party. April 17th, the Spider Party <laughs> Day. Spider, spider Day. Yeah. Um, it always is fun. Yeah. Although, like, I ha, yeah. I never Can remember how it started. Spider? In front of you, this bright light appearing, and so you swerve out of the way. The car goes off the road. You don't wreck or anything. A giant portal open up in the middle of the road, and you see step out a redheaded teenage girl, and she looks at you and goes. I'm Joanna Jackson. I'm the mayor's granddaughter from the future, and I'm here to tell the Fun Bunch the real story of Spider Day. Spider Day! 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 Night's alright! Hello, Fun Bunch. Are you all ready to hear the real story of Spider Day? Where the hell did you come from? Well, I told you, I'm Mayor Jonah Jackson's granddaughter, and I'm here from the future to tell you the real story of Spider Day. You know, saying something twice doesn't count as an explanation. Well, I know it sounds complicated, but trust me, it's pretty straightforward. Are you sure? Because the first story of Spider Day was pretty convoluted. Trust me, this is nothing like the story of Spider Day. Good. Because this story split between 1998, 2001, and 2004. Also, it has 40 key figures instead of 32. I don't think you know what straightforward means. And I don't have time to learn! So, let's get into the real story of Spider Day. To start, we have two teams in 1998 that wake up to find themselves in a space coliseum. The first group finds themselves in the right side of the coliseum. Hi, I'm April. I'm playing Celine Ironstone. She's a valley girl who's not supposed to be here and has the powers of a banshee. Hi, I'm Ayana and I am playing Max Zine. She has the power to reclaim her time. She's a super perfectionist and she loves being able to go back 30 seconds in time, tell you what you did wrong and fix it. Hello, I'm Caleb Pendleton. I'm playing the spinner. He has a deadly arrow sign. Hi, my name is Amanda Dawn. I am going to be playing Meteor who's just a very large sentient rock creature that just travels from planet to planet, smashing into things. Then on the left side of the Colosseum, we have... Hi, my name is Tara, and I am playing Mel Keller, Real Estate to the Stars, and I have uh, super strength. Hi, my name is Perry Frost. I'm going to be playing the character of Puddles. Puddles is a uh, failed Don Bluth character. I have the power of cartoon physics and hyperviolence. Hi, I'm Danielle Brin, and I am playing Carol from HR. Carol is just a human who works in HR, has a can-do attitude, and a lot of gadgets that were sent to her from the Interstellar Company. Hello, I'm Mark Muir. I'm going to be playing Monsieur Abattoir, a villain and one of the world's preeminent super assassins. He's essentially an evil French wolverine. High above the stadium, a group of rogues have been sent on a mission. Uh, hello, my name's Branson Reese, and I'm playing Bone Daddy. My power is that I can control my own skeleton to make it do whatever I want. Hey, my name's Tim Platt. I am playing Baron Slime. Baron Slime is a sentient octopus who has wrapped himself around the brain of a, a Jared Kushner-type snoopy snobby man, and he's got a tentacle coming out of each nostril, and he is in love with the rain. 
Hi, this is Joe Lepore, and I'm playing Big Baby Schwab. He's a grizzled vet. He has two mohawks, carries a bunch of knives, and uh, my power is I can compel any living thing to pick me up. And for our final group in 1998, we go back to Heavendale to follow some of the greatest heroes this town has ever seen. This is Will Meneker. I am Objectifier. My power is the ability to manifest any um, non-organic object within a uh, certain radius of my person. Greetings. I am the gra Great Auk. I have an ability to make every situation uncomfortable for everyone uh, in it. And I'm mad, and I'm playing him. Hi, I'm Chris Wade, and I'm playing Sundowner, a great hero with the power of flight, super strength, and sun-based energy beams from his hands. I'm getting a little uh, older, though, so uh, sometimes, though, my, my powers remain strong. Uh, my, my mind's not as, as sharp as it used to be. Now to jump to 2001, we have three groups all going after a mysterious spider idol in the foothills of Valhalladale. The first group to go after the idol is... Hi. I'm Eve Smith, and I am playing Machismo with a nearly indestructible skeleton and some cheesy fists. I fight for truth, justice, and all that is good. My name is Jimmy Sprinkles, and I will be playing Vape Nation. Um, he's a 15-year-old chemistry whiz from Hackney in central London, modifying his vape unit that, for the purposes of copyright, we're calling a cool. Gary has created an assortment of cool pods that he wears on crossed bandoliers um, at, that have an assortment of uses. He also wears a utility belt holster that houses his mech mod, a quick-access spool of super-strong wire for coil emergencies, and an assortment of tools and spare batteries. Fake Nation! Hi, I'm Sean Oxpring, and I'm playing Holes Man. Holes Man was just a normal man until one day he fell into a radioactive hole and now he just makes holes in things, providing he has the tools to do it. Hi, I'm Zolivir Nelson Jr., and I'm playing Mr. Limited. The thing about my powers as Mr. Limited is that I change the limitations of things. I'm Andreas Jurgensen, and today I'm playing the frat controller. He found out he could mind control people, but only if he was drunk. And the more he drinks, the better he can control you. Now they were closely followed by... My name's Alex Flanagan. I am playing a character named... Feral Fawcett. She is a 1970s themed werewolf who wears a deep V denim jumpsuit. Hi, my name is Andrew. I am playing a character who's named Beefy. However, he is not that strong and he is on a quest to live up to his family name and reputation. Hi, I'm Tim and my character is a dwarf named Saul Goodman and he's a retired assassin and he's just looking for a little action. Hi, I'm Addison. I'm playing Melody Sparkles. She's a 15-year-old girl who killed a wizard in cold blood and ate his heart to absorb his powers. So now she is a magical girl. The third and final group to go after the idol is... Hello, I'm Adam LaGrave, and I am playing Spider Guy. He is a superhero who can control spiders, and he has some spider's grace. Hi, I'm Aaron Willems. I am playing uh, Cat Dude. Um, cat Dude does not have all the powers of, like, Catwoman or even of a regular cat. He's just kind of like a cat. I'm Carrie, and I'm going to be playing Bat Chick. She is an orphan who can turn into a baby bat. And I'm Kaylin. I'll be playing Super Male. 
who's just your typical civil servant working for the Heavendale Post Office Services. But she does have the fun ability to reach into her mailbag and pull out any package or letter that is currently in circulation. Then we find our story moving to the very morning of Spider Day itself in 2004. The first group has my late great uncle in it. Rip in peace. I am David Rodriguez and I play the liver because he can live through anything. My name is Jack David and I am playing the rancher with my psionic lasso and magic steer summoning powers. Hello, I am the real world's Jonah Jackson and I will be playing Johan Jackson, a.k.a. Nacho Man, a.k.a. brother of Heavendale Mayor Jonah Jackson. Hi, I'm Jake and I will be playing Spellbook, your favorite wizard with a flesh spellbook embedded into his forearm. Hi, I'm Rebecca Parks and I'm playing Steely Joan. Then we follow a beat reporter as she tries to sniff out her latest story with a group of unlikely heroes. Hey, my name is Maggie Mae Fish, and I'm playing Jane Jenkins, beat reporter. This is Jack Packard, and I am playing the Pied Piper, and I have the amazing ability to uh, gather pie uh, ingredients and make pies from nothing. You see, as if I have the flour and the sugar and maybe some lemons, uh, I can will them into a pie. Hello, I'm Dan. I'll be playing Son of Bone Daddy. Son of Bone Daddy has the power to make other people's bones grow 8 to 12% faster. I'm John. I'm going to be playing the role of Leopold Barnyard, who um, is also known as the, the Silver Moth. I have had the ability since birth to produce up to 17 moths over a five second period. And finally, we uncover a plot put on by four of the deadliest villains Heavendale has ever seen. Hi, I'm Shelby, and I'm playing the tax man. He's got pockets full of tax, and now it's uh, more tax than ever. Um, and he's, he's immune to small punctures. My name is Kevin. I'm playing Blindside. Blindside has the power to turn himself invisible, but only when he closes his eyes, which means he can't see while he's doing it. Hi, I'm Paul Byron, and I'm playing the Nitwit, whose enchanted knitting needles allowed him to make anything he can imagine from yarn very quickly. I'm Shannon. I'm reprising my role as the arsonist, who is an arsonist. So, now that we know all the people, let's jump in. Wait, you think we're gonna just remember everything that you just said? Yeah, I could barely even write half of that before I had to switch worry journals. Well, I mean, it it is a lot going on. Maybe I can split it up a bit. Yeah, and when you swap in between, can you remind us who's doing what and why? I mean, that seems like a weird way to tell a story, Jerry. I mean, I'm gonna be honest, if you don't break this up into like 10 or 15 minute chunks, you're gonna lose me. <gasps> Fair, fair, fine, fine, fine. Okay, so we'll start with the four heroes that found themselves waking up in a coliseum on the right side of a giant spider. Meet Eeyore, Celine, Maxine, and the spinner have no idea what they're in for. The four of you awaken in what appears to be a gladiator-like prison cell. From outside of the cell itself, you can hear just roars and roars. It sounds like there's hundreds, if not thousands of people waiting in some kind of anticipation. And the four of you find yourselves alone in a room together. What do you do? Oh my God, who are you? Oh my God, what the fuck are you? Like, this is so not okay. Like, oh my God. <laughs> wow, you're really loud. Oh. M G. Like, did that rock just talk to me? 
What? Where? Uh, oh, me. Who's the rest of you? I'm like leaning on a on an arrow sign. I'm Jimmy Lambo. Are any of you all from Earth? Uh, no, doy. I'm from Heavendale. Where are you from? Uh, like Heavendale? Isn't that like where we are right now? Well, like, I don't know what's going on. Like, who? Hi, who are you? Oh, oh, I, uh, no, I don't. Um, and I pull out like a pocket watch and I'm like uh, shaking it and like, no, no, this is not on my to do list today, strange people. I, I no, think, no. Uh, I, you need to like chill. Um, chill. Look, and I show her my list. That is not on my list. I think we are trapped. What does the room look like? Yeah, the room itself looks like a sentient made cave that's been dug in. There's some seats lying on the wall that just looks like it's a bit of like stone dug in. And then you do see a crack up and it appears that you're underneath a stadium and you can see up into some rafters where there's a bunch of people sitting. You can just hear the excitement of people saying like, oh yeah, today, this is gonna be a good one. I got I got 50 space bucks that said none of them are gonna last 10 minutes against this thing today. And like one of them has like blue scaly skin and the other one looks to have like green slimy skin. Weirdly enough, they're all speaking English for convenience. Uh- <laughs> How convenient. Yeah, you, you, like, oh my God. Like, I know you can see me. Like, oh my God, who are these, like, do you know who my father is? Your cries of, uh, do you know who my father is, are deafened by the cheering of the crowd above you as you start to hear in the far distance an announcer battle, battle is, is now, now commencing, commencing as the gate in front of you starts to open up. Oh, no, 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 no. Like, like are we supposed to battle? Like, oh, my God. What the hell is going on? I, I have a secret, everyone. I'm not just Jimmy Lambo. I'm a superhero on the side. I'm the spinner. You might have seen me near highways. I've seen those shoes, and you are not super at anything. I, I've been scrimping and saving because- Oh, that's that's I, precious. I'm going to own my own restaurant tomorrow. I finally saved up enough. Do you know how much this handbag cost? No, I've- I, More than you will ever see. So, so you're famous? Is that oh, God, right? it's talking again. I, I am known? I'm, I'm known. Not, mo- not most people know I am the spinner. They just know me- independently as like the best spinner in town you know maybe even in the tri-state area also a few people know that i use this sign i like whip it around my like body and it cuts off my clothes to reveal um that i'm wearing basically chain mail from head to toe the sign like shinks with blades on the sides of it i can save you guys but you're gonna need to protect yourself I totally think you should go out there and like deal with this. And like when you save us, I will totally call my father and I'll make sure you can have whatever quiz pub, whatever you want. I'll make sure he gets it for you. Oh, my God. All that work. Go save us. Brought, brought me go here. Sa- go I save us. I will go save us. Take our What's your name? mountainous friend with me you. I, I think. Me- is, is this Quiznos guy out here too? Oh, Quiznos. Uh, where, where are you? I wouldn't dare believe that I could be graced by Mr. Quiznos. Gotta get out here. If you can come and help, I'd love it. As the spinner and Meteor make their way out, and then you all start to feel a rumbling in the ground beneath you, and you're, you're looking very concerned, like there's like dust coming down from the ceiling of this cave, Ew. and then what you see on the... And this arena is massive. It is it is easily the size of about like five to six football fields, and you're thinking like, this is too big. Why, why would we need this much space? As you then notice a 150 foot tall spider is starting to make its way out into this arena. And then you hear the announcer go, if you if would, you would like, like your freedom, freedom today, today, all you, you have, have to, do to do is, is beat, beat this, this giant, giant spider. spider. And then everybody in the crowd starts to go haywire. And then the two of you that have stepped out, you now see that there are thousands and thousands of different 
races and species of, of all kinds from everywhere and the people are just like throwing up holding signs saying like I love the giant spider and then <laughs> each of you do you see up on a board you see each of your faces uh-huh. and it's kind of like in a Hunger Games style thing <laughs> you're seeing like the odds for each of you of when you're gonna die your names your powers the spinner and meteor you step out and you see this giant spider coming for the two of you what do you do to get started, I, I'm nothing if not uh, reliant on the public. I want to uh, activate my sign, which has like LEDs, and I can make it say stuff. And I just have it say help, just waving, kind of wiggling it back and forth to like anyone in the crowd. You start to send out electronic cries for help, and then people are just laughing, and you and you get some like cans and cups thrown at you. <laughs> As people are be like, stop begging for help and go fight that fucking spider! <laughs> What are like the legs of the like what what can we interact with? Yeah, so right now it seems like y'all are on the right side of this spider like and so the legs are massive it seems and then there's also like you can tell there's like an egg sack on the back of the spider. You kind of imagine that those might be something to contend with. It seems like the legs are covered in these sharp urticating hairs. Meteor? Uh, Meteor. Do you have any powers besides just being a big hunk of man? Rock. Rock. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. I, I shouldn't have assumed. I was really that. That was rude. I, I can hit stuff really hard. Does any of the spider look like a weak spot to you? From my experience, usually the face is pretty soft around the eyeball area. Well, it does have eight of those, so we'd... oh, it should be rather easy the then. Fish barrel. You know, right. that sort of situation. Would you like me to throw you? Me? Sure. I say, <laughs> I take the side and I'm like <laughs> adjusting, trying to like get the angle right. It's got like schematics coming up on it. I'm like, okay, do it. So I'm going to run up and grab and I'm going to point at like the egg sack. Like if I'm mm. going to be useful. So if we're going to throw people, I think we should throw them here. Wait, which way? Which way? <laughs> which, yeah, which where you want me to throw you? But oh, I'm boy. just getting launched. I'm going yeah. wherever the fuck I, I go. I, I, yeah. I like you. I'm I'm going to take a page out of your book and I'm going to spin too. And then there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Magazine is trying to tell them how to do a precision throw and then starts to feel so anxious as to, to see the meteor just spinning around shot no, put style no, no. as they just hurl the spinner into the air. And it's not going the way I go, so I click my pocket watch, rewind 30 seconds, and you got to do it again. Um, okay. Yeah. Uh, the two of you don't know what happened. You feel a weird sense of deja vu. Wait, are you going to throw me still? I, I did. No. I'm dizzy. Uh, uh, listen, if you can, if you can just get me in the air, I can go wherever. I can spin this thing so fast I can fly. Oh, okay, awesome. And I just granny lob him just up in the air. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you're granny lobbed up in the air. You just start, yeah, hurling your spinning sign. It points directly at the egg sacks. As you start like making like kind of like a, a dive bomb from the mm -hmm. air down on oh, these. Oh yeah, let's be clear. It's like once I've gotten the proper like altitude, then the sides of the sign like come out and I'm it's a hang glider. Oh, okay. like, yes, and, and yeah. it just points directly at where I'm gonna like yeah, so, bomb yeah, into. You're very smoothly gliding into this air bomb as you land down on this egg sack. And you hear the spider, once you hit it, you hear the spider like let out a shriek and then a few of the spider eggs are, are exploded and you're just covered in this gross baby spider guts. But then also it sends a few eggs launching off onto the sides. A few land in the crowd and like you start to see the eggs 
eggs hatching and like the audience love it whenever this happens too. It happens a lot and so like you see a couple audience members are trying to fight off these spiders and they're anywhere from like one to two foot spider which is still big for a spider upwards to like 10 feet wide. And so this, the crowd's loving it. They love whenever people die. Wait, how, have my odds changed? <laughs> the meteor and science spinner, your odds go up a little bit. Like y'all seem more competent. You're watching this happen and then there is a spider egg that lands in the makeshift cave that y'all were hiding out in as you start to see this baby spider that's about six feet wide is like catching out and coming after the two of you in this small room. So you let out a giant banshee scream and this spider just gets blasted back and then just immediately hits the back of Meteor as it just explodes. And so, and so Celine and Maxine, you are now covered in spider guts and goo. It starts to feel like there's like a little, little boil on your skin as if this is kind of acidic blood. I am going to immediately open my purse and like pull out the thing of tissues I keep in there and yeah. start like rubbing myself down and like the hand sanitizer and yeah. trying to like get it off. Like, oh my God, uh, oh Ma my God. Maxine, what are you doing? You've got really long fingernails, right? So I'm going to grab your fingernails and start using them to like scrape <laughs> oh off where I'm going. Get Each one. Oh like, uh -uh. And even as she tries to pull away, I'm yeah. going to keep clicking back so I can do it again. <laughs> if she ever escapes my grab, nope. Yeah. Fix this, it. Is, this is on the Jumbotron, right? <laughs> <laughs> and it's weird too. So what happens with your powers is that like everything around you time reverses, but what happens on you, you can like change it to where the effects of what you're doing stay with you. So everyone just keeps feeling the sense of deja vu. Be like, I thought Maxine had more spider goo on her. And then, wait a minute, is there just, there's like none. And then now you start to see that Celine's hands are just singeing as your acrylic nails are burning off. She burned oh. my nails! Meteor, the spider is now like kind of making its way a bit more into the arena. You don't see the sign spinner. You lob them up and they're on top of this 150 foot tall spider on like the back of it. So what are you doing? I like spiders, the few I've seen. So I'm going to kind of distract it. I am over here to distract from whatever <laughs> is going on the last side. I'm sure with eight eyes, it probably sees yeah. me. Yeah, you make your way in front of it and start screaming like over here. And it's just like watching you and you see like a few of the eyes are following you back and forth as you're trying to shimmy. And then you start to see like it's tail spinner kind of like tuck under. That's probably a good Tuck thing. under like its body. And you can tell you're slow as shit. You're just a giant yeah. fucking <laughs> rock thing. You see like a web kind of comes out from it and barely misses you. And you Ooh. start taunting Ooh. it and laughing. <laughs> Yeah. This is a game. I like and then, yeah. and so It's trying to like pinpoint where you are as it's just like shooting some webbing around you and you're laughing. You're like, oh, it's missing me. And then what you realize that it's done is it's actually made a series of webbing around you as you see it pull its like thorax back as a giant piece of the stadium is pulled out and then oh. hits the back of your rock body. That was clever. <laughs> yeah, so you see Meteor, Meteor fall down, going back up to the top of the spider where the spinner is up there. You are now up there and you're feeling good and you had like knocked off a bunch of these eggs and you're like, yes, I've done it. And then you start to see a few of the eggs up there with you are now starting to hatch. Uh, well, quickly, as I was taking in like the odds and I see all this develop, I put up on my sign that I want to put uh, $100,000 on myself <laughs> as, a, as, a, as a thing. And like it's scrolling, it says, 
everything I have, like, converted to space bucks, whatever, everything on me, and spinning it around hoping some, like, yeah. bookie will see it. Yeah, there's a bookie up there, and your sign starts to spin out your routing numbers for your bank account to where you can do that. So you have now <laughs> sent the, the $100,000 that you had saved up and you were going to use as the down payment for your Quiznos, which you don't need anymore because her dad is going to, you know, buy yeah, it for yeah. you. I'm, so I'm, I'm, do I'm you're doubling, just, yeah. tripling down. Yeah, so at this point, you can be a Quiznos mogul after after yes. you, after you're done with this. The sheer ballsiness of this is just intimidating the spiders as, <laughs> <laughs> as, like, as you're so Holy as because as, as, as we all know, uh, a sign spinner is only as good as their confidence. So your your sign starts to shoot out a laser, cutting <laughs> some of these spiders in half, and you're making making pretty good work out of there. Mm -hmm. And the, you're actually now like one of the crowd favorites. With the spinner skills, they just may be able to get out of this one yet. But they're all gonna die, right? Why would you say that? You know what? Just go on. Okay, so, moving to the other side of the Coliseum, we have four more heroes fighting for their lives. Would Carol from HR, Monsieur Abattoir, Puddles, and Mel, the Killer Keller, be able to save themselves? The four of you wake up in an alien-style coliseum. There's a giant gate in front of you, and you can just hear the roar of a crowd and people screaming. You don't really know what's going on, so what do the four of you do? What outrageousness is this? You dares to abduct Monsieur Abattoir! There's no straight lines in this room. This is this is not Earth architecture. <laughs> Ugh. Are you all right? Ugh. Why do you make these grunting sounds in your furry suit? Because it's another damn day. You know, I feel you on that. We all have our bad days and our good days. You look like a bit of a Chardonnay lady. How'd you peg me? You know, I was in the Kroger yesterday. You have yesterday. an empty bottle in your left hand. Do, oh Jesus, ah Christ, I forgot to put that away. I'm just gonna chuck it over my shoulder and nobody saw it. of you. Who is responsible for this outrage? What exactly is seeming unclear? I mean, visually, I'm clearly a hybrid of a fox and a ringtail lemur. Well, it is hard to get rid because the expression on your face does not change. It is just in that big smile with the open eyes and the smiley teeth. The name's Puddles. We are clearly in some manner of distress. Wait, I know you. You sold me a duplex. Monsieur Abattoir, I haven't forgotten you. You're the only person in the world that was ever able to get me below list price. Ah, well, I have negotiated with some of the world's top supervillains. I have worked for Dr. Apocalypse. I have worked for Baron Adversary. I have teamed up with the Hippopotoman. Is there like a door? It just seems like in front of you there's just a giant gate, but it doesn't seem like there's any lever or handle. And I'm going to start to uh, grab the, I guess, the, like the bars or yeah. the grates of this door and, and uh, using my super strength, I feel like I could just pop it right off. You are successfully able to rip off this yeah. door with all of your real realty strength that you've built over the years. You hear an announcer voice be like, it looks, it looks like, like we're, we're ready, ready to get, get the, the battle, battle started. started. Now, now, if, if the, the four, four of you ever want to make, make it back, back to home, home you gotta, gotta kill, kill this, this giant, giant spider. spider! Wait, wait, I recognize this scenario. We have been abducted and now we are to fight for the amusement of these fools. All of life is a spectacle. Uh, well said, mon ami, well said. I'm gonna pull out my laser sight uh, measuring device yeah. and uh, I'm gonna go ahead and start estimating the uh, square footage. Yeah, and I'm gonna chase it around. 
Yeah, so you're because some habits die hard. See, yeah, you're using your laser measure. You're getting that that the schematic. You're looking around. Oh, it went through my paws. Yeah, yeah, and then you're trying to chase after it. And uh, question: The door has now been removed. From yeah, the, the door has been chamber. removed, and so if you step out, you do notice you're in this giant. It's easily like six football fields, like of actual square footage. And then you look up and you see scoreboards with each of your names and pictures, as well as the other names. And pictures of other people you can assume have also been kidnapped. You do notice on the other side of the arena that there is a giant gate that is beginning to open up. And it reaches up to easily 200 feet tall as the ground starts to shake because you start to see a 150 foot tall spider making its way out. Very well, as this door is opening and the spider is being revealed, Monsieur Abattoir will stride out through the door and throw his hands in the air. And the day looking at the crowd, unsheathing the blades from the tips of his fingers. And I say, Monsieur Abattoir will give you the slaughter you have come for, fools. I am the greatest killer the world has seen. Once you're giving this call out, your odds kind of go up. That is right. You will spend your hard-earned space money on me, for I will return it when I win and I kill this spider, and I am the best. Come, my new teammates, we must all work together if we are to destroy this opposition and return home. <laughs> I've had clients worse than this. I'm not even concerned, honestly. And I'm going to start walking up confidently and mm-hmm. cocky toward the spider. I have pulled out from my back pocket a for sale sign. So it's got this house sold by Mel the Killer Keller. So I'm going to start approaching with my... Uh, Realty sign. Uh, She's going to take that spike and she's going to ram it into the foremost limb of the spider. So you're starting to stab through the spider foot. And it, it does get stuck in the ground a little bit, but it starts to burn the sign once you pierce the skin of the spider. Because its actual blood is, uh, is seemingly acidic, and there's now a little bit of spider blood squirting around you. So it doesn't hit you, but there's some little singes hitting the ground. That's uh, what we in the realty business call an environmental assessment issue. So I'm just going to back away slowly as if I didn't see that. <laughs> yeah. And uh, start to misdirect the crowd in uh, another location. Mm-hmm. I'm going to adjust my well-oiled leather jacket that I've been breaking in since the day I was born in it. And I'm going to ask the judges to give me negative 50 points because I was born in the gutter and I'm going to die in the gutter. You kind of screen that up and then there's just some question mark symbols underneath. Well, the audience loves an underdog. There's some question marks underneath your like sign and name and then your odds just start like going down to where now it's it, it'd be ridiculous to bet on you but if okay, you did great. win though you would you would definitely bring it home has the spider's opinion of me changed as a result it does not seem like the betting pool itself has anything to do with the spider but it does think you're cool i mean you think that at least you don't know you can't prove that oh i don't think i'm cool i know well i'm saying you think the spider thinks you're cool. i think the spider's cool too Okay. Y'all What's have kind of a mutual, mutual respect. It doesn't tell you or say anything in any languages. It just kind of is letting out screams and is stomping forward. All right, cool. Uh, while the spider is stomping, I'm going to coil up my lemur tail. Uh, I'm going to sproing my way to the middle of the Coliseum to try to escape. Oh, I do have to sing a cute song. Bouncy, 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 fun, 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 fun. The wonderful thing about me is I am not the copyrighted one. Yeah, so you're singing your very copyright safe song, 
as you're just bouncing up. Every time you you know you you fall down and bounce back up, you do get a little bit higher, but it's hundreds of feet in the air you're trying to go. You also see puddles just is now bouncing up and down, and then you start to see spider eggs start flying from the back of the spider itself. So, some of them hit in the crowd, some of them hit around the other group. There does seem like there's people within the stands themselves being killed by these newly born baby spiders. People are loving it. It's great. Everyone's having a good time. But, right in front of Carol from HR, there does land a egg, and it hatches three three-foot-tall spiders in front of you. Oh, crepes on a Kringle. God, I don't know what I'm going to do about this. Okay, this pen might be a pen, or it might be a laser. Let's find out. She clicks it and shoots it at one of the spiders and it hits in the eye and goes, oh, okay, yep, that's a laser. I chase it for a second, but then it goes away and I'm confused. You don't know, you don't want to, that one's gonna hurt you. You shoot one of the spiders with the laser, Puddles tries to chase it, and then you actually, because you're still springing up and down, so you actually kill one of the other spiders too, as you land on it to try to catch the laser no! and it disappears. Oh, I've become what I hate. Good shot, that was a good one. Yeah, and as Carol's giving you uh, a thumbs up, one of the spiders then jumps on your back and starts biting you. Ow, God, I did not. Did you ask? So I get out my highlighter, which is actually a poison dart gun filled with poison thumbtack. And I just turn around and I go, you asked for this, and I shoot it at him. Yeah, so it gets shot with some poison thumbtacks, and it just immediately, it's a its a newborn baby spider. It has no immunities, and its blood is just moving so fast in its baby body. You kill it immediately. It just spreads everywhere. Monsieur Avatar, you are, now have knives for fingers, and the spider is kind of stopped, and you can tell the the one leg, the one that Mel Keller had stabbed, the spider's beginning to lift up, and is it going to attempt to smash you? Ah, very well. I will attempt to dodge using my uncanny uh, French dexterity, because it has lifted its weight off of this front foot. I will attempt to uh, do uh, some flips and whatnot, and attack the, the, the second leg where its weight is. And I will do the whole Wolverine thing. I will cut through the leg with my unbreakable claws. Yeah, so you, you use your French agility and you jump up. And as you get close enough, you realize that the spider is covered in these just razor sharp hairs. So yeah, so the blades themselves actually just like the first jump across, you just cut off a few of the hairs itself, but have now exposed part of the uh, spider's arm because it kind of looks like these hairs acted as an armor for it. Yeah, and uh, when you cut with your like finger knives, do they, what happens to them? Like, they are of course made of the metal impregnium. They cannot be impregnated no matter how hard you try. So my skeleton is made of something similar. So I cut off uh, some of these hairs and I will do a little flip as I land. So that I may attack again at this spot I have exposed. You've landed and you're about to uh, hop back to do another attack. Mel Keller, what are you doing now? I've already picked up several clients in the uh, audience that are uh, looking some first-time buyers. Yeah, I think, a I, of yeah, I think what happened is one of the like, one of like the the baby spiders had like gotten up in the actual auditorium and yeah. then like shot a web down and you just climbed up it and exactly. are just trying. Yeah, you're trying to because this is the thing a lot of people don't know about real estate. Best time is during a crisis to try to get new clients. You know, people look at their lives and they think it's almost over. What are my regrets? Yeah. And one of them is not putting down roots. Yeah. I've actually got a couple of buyers that are interested in this very stadium right now. You're just making you're just making good connections Makes right now. Deals right now. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. 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 You know, uh, making some contacts, networking. I've mm -hmm. uh, set up a small table with some hors d'oeuvres, uh, some sweets, all mm -hmm. gluten free, of course. You know. Yes. Yeah, so 
so you have an open house set up in the stands in right the now. In the stands yeah. right now. Uh, we're doing tours, which is probably going to last for a couple of hours. But honestly, these things can be a real party sometimes. Other people have like brought some space booze. They're having having some good times. You know. Yeah. 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 They they're they're loving it. You know, the thing about a good open house, you really need to make sure the snacks are on point. Why would you know that? Are teenagers realtors in the future? I just kind of heard that. From who? Moving on! So, high above the spider fighting arena, we find there's more than meets the eye to this alien coliseum. You'll recognize Bone Daddy in this one, but he's joined by two old friends, Big Baby Schwab and Baron Slime. These three go to accept a job that will change their lives. Bone Daddy was alerted of a new job and he was told to meet somebody uh, in the alleyway behind City Hall. And so the three of you are walking up in an alleyway behind City Hall of the town of Heavendale. And you see a shadowy figure that who who's like looking around trying to wait for you. Well, can we get on with it, please? Oh, I've not got much time in my day. I just want to get paid. Look, look, you'll both get what you want or my name isn't Bone Daddy, which it is. By the way, I'm doing you guys a huge favor bringing you here, you know that? I could have brought the boys from Fastball in here. Fastball? Yeah, that's who I'm on tour with. Oh man, I love that song they wrote. Anyone can see the road that, that they, they walk, walk on, on is paved, paved in gold. In gold. <laughs> yeah. So while you were singing this Fastball song, you definitely alerted your contact you were there and they kind of were just waiting for you. I feel like this has been like three minutes of y'all just rocking out in an alleyway and then pulling out knives and guns. Yeah, we moved on to the next song. We're like, what was that? Out of my head, maybe out of, out of my, my mind. mind. How I'm, I'm, could I have so bad? And they keep trying to get into, and they can tell there's no way that they can break anybody's stride during this. I turn and this. look at them dead in the eyes, and I'm like, "Quiet, you." Bone Daddy, what? I, I thought this was just going to be a solo job. Nah, I might have led you to believe that, but I lied. I'm bringing my two friends along. Only, here's the catch. They're not my friends. I don't much care for these men. I don't care for these men either. I guess you could say I'm a bit of an outlier here. I don't care too much for these two. Do you know what the word outlier means? You just said the same. I don't ask no questions, and I don't answer no questions. We're all outliers. The three of us don't fit in. But wouldn't you fit in because you're all outcasts that kind of found each other and this kind of like band of brothers like- I hate that shit. You can't be an outcast and be a part of a team. I'd like to stop talking to the three of you as soon as possible. Once again, Bone Daddy, I hired you for your discretion that you just kind of take jobs and you don't really ask questions, but you get results. That's right. I get results. Bad results. What's up? What do you need? What do you mean bad results? Should I not hire you? No, like bad. Like I, I, I mess up guys. You know, I leave a trail of blood and bodies in my wake. You don't have to kill anybody on this. I literally, I just, I need you to go put an order in for me and bring something back. That's it. It's a really cut and dry. You, uh, once I didn't, that's why I told you you didn't need any, any crew. You could just do this on your own. And it's, it's a very inconsequential, basic job. Cool. I pull my gun out and I sort of cock it. And I'm like, I read you loud and clear. I, I do not, I do not think that you, you know what? That's fine. If you want to use a gun. I take a, I take a gun and cock it too. I read you loud and clear. Big Baby just crosses in our, his arms and says, Hey, if this job involves picking up, I'm your man. I just need y'all. I'm gonna, I, I have this thing that's gonna send you to another planet. Wait, hold up, hold up one second. Schwab, this man don't know about your special gift. Hmm, maybe we show him? And I use my power and I compel 
uh, Baron Slime to pick me up. Whoa, what? I'm, I'm not choosing to do this! I'm not choosing to do this at all! But they pick him up under the arm, uh, under each armpit like it's a little baby. Cool, and I sort of crouch down in the negative space there, and I sort of form a tableau, and I twiddle my fingers in there using my bone control powers. Yeah, and he's just looking at y'all and go, yeah, this seems this seems like y'all are perfectly suited. Anyways, I'm just going to open up this portal. I need you to go in like I told you, Bone Daddy. Cool, I dive in head first to the portal. And you dive in, and the portal's <laughs> not open yet, so there's just a wall you jump into. And he goes, yeah, once again, I said I was going to open it. Hadn't done it yet. Anyways, Bone Daddy, I just need you to go put in this order, bring me back the spider idol, and just, you know, and that's it. And then we just kind of all walk away from each other. Does that sound good? Yeah, sounds pretty good to me, especially the part where we all walk away. He just kind of looks at his feet and just opens a portal and just says, all right, please stop, and then points to okay, it. Okay, great. I dive in head first to the portal. Big Baby leaps through the portal. Um, I, wa I walk towards a portal, turn around and say, don't fall in love with me, and then I don't jump in. Y'all go through this portal and you find yourself entering, it looks like a giant lobby and it's reminiscent of kind of like a casino floor. But the thing that really uh, strikes all of you is that it is filled with different life forms and alien species. There's a bunch of people gambling and the three of you just, all of, all of you just kind of feel all of the vices in your body just like bubbling up because it seems like all of them would be well served here. Oh my. Whoa! I haven't seen this much diversity since I was a roadie for Bare Naked Ladies, a band everyone can enjoy. And I haven't felt this alive since Princess Diana died several months ago. We're still reeling. A robot walks up to you and he's holding a gun and you hear a voice just go, Hey, what's going on, guys? What are you doing? Is anyone's, uh, y'all the, y'all the, y'all the cats from Earth? The, uh, your, your contacts? Uh, you're trying to see, it doesn't look like the robot is speaking at all, and then you look down and you realize it's actually the gun talking to you. I pull my gun out. Whoa, what is that? What are you doing here? What are you? That's a crazy looking thing there. What is that? That's a gun. You're a gun. What? Whoa, what's going on? I'm not on? a gun. Whoa, you're not whoa. a gun? I'm not a gun? Why would you say that? I thought you were a gun! What, do I look like a gun to you? You look a lot like a gun. I point the gun right at the gun, say you're a gun. I'm not a gun! And then he shoots your gun and it disintegrates it. Bone Daddy, no problem, I gotcha. I toss Bone Daddy my gun. Okay, using my bone control, I you, I move my hand to like catch the gun, and then I put the gun <laughs> right back, having learned nothing, I put the gun right up to the other gun, and I say, we got an infinite supply of guns, I think. Do you know what? I like you. You ever done space drugs? Using my bone control, I like twirl the gun, on my finger I say no I haven't done space drugs but I tell you I've done so many earth drugs I'm getting bored of them punch this robot in the chest and see what happens hell yeah I hit the robot as hard as I can using my uh my my the skeleton in my hand to move my hand forward yeah your bone control yeah so yeah. you punch this robot and it's and his chest place just like opens up and there's already just a bunch of cut lines of like different colored things and there's like a weird like hookah pipe coming out of it and then there's just some like a little bubbly tincture liquid he goes all that will just fuck y'all straight up. Y'all look like a couple of guys that like to party. Yeah, I'll take some of those drugs, sir. Uh, I use my ear tentacles to go out and grab the nearest pill-looking drug. Mm -hmm. And then I try to crush them with my tentacles, but tentacles are actually kind of bad at crushing stuff. Um, so I just sort of like move them around and I go, oh, all right. And then I just like put them in my mouth. Mm -hmm. You start to feel like you're in your octopus form again. So it's like a real big body high. Whoa. Uh, Hydro field lights up my neighborhood. This is a, um, a Bernicke Lady song from the album Stunt. 
Oh, I didn't listen to him, I just roadied for him. Oh, dang, I like that album stunt a lot. Alright, anyway, so, uh, yeah, I know y'all supposed to come pick up the Spider Idol, and I was told by your contact to kind of get in and out, but, like, they didn't tell me they sent me three pretty cool dudes. Y'all like drugs, right? Hell yeah, I do! Uh, Big Baby Schwab, uh, smokes on that hookah pipe. But you start to feel like all of your fingers are knives? This is the way it's always meant to be. Alright, you got, like... Space whippets in there? Oh, space whippets? Yeah, put your mouth on this robot's butt. Yeah, hell yeah, I put my mouth on the robot's butt. Hey, look, I just made him put the mouth on the robot's butt. <laughs> oh! <laughs> Why, you piece of- I pull the gun out, and I put the gun right up to him again. I say, oh, I better get high in, like, two seconds from that. And then the gun just kind of secretes this, like, plume of smoke <laughs> as Bone Daddy, you finally feel like the, you know, your bones- Maybe they're controlling you. Whoa! I start dancing around like the skeletons in the uh, <laughs> the cartoon from the twenty nine. Great. All right. Let's so like as obvious y'all like drugs. Okay. We can get the spider idol, or we can go to my private skybox and we can go bet on a spider fight right now. You talking about betting and drugs, baby? You've talked my language. Oh, you look like a fine, outstanding man that votes for the Republican Party. How do you like about voting on people's lives like they're cattle? Oh, baby, I need it. Yeah. Well, you're talking to. Th Three big-time Republicans here. And now all of you, if you follow me and this robot that carries me around. And he walks you back, and then you lead into this, this giant skybox. You do see that what this skybox is looking onto is this giant, easily anywhere from like five to eight football fields like length. You don't know the exact size Damn. of it. It's huge. And you start to hear an announcer voice saying, everybody, everybody if, if you, you want to get, get out, out all, all you, you have, have to do, do is, is fight, fight and, and kill, kill this giant, giant spider. And you see a gate lift up <laughs> and this 150 foot tall spider comes out and you can see, they look very far down. You're, so, you're very high up in the air. So you see eight people, four on each side of the spider. And then you see a billboard above and it lists out all of the competitors for today. So you see that there is Celine, Monsieur Abattoir, Mel Keller, Maxine, Puddles, Carol, The Spinner, and Meteor. The gun looks at you and just goes, all right, so anyways, here's the thing. You're not the only people here to pick up a spider idol today. So we always do these big events. We show everybody what you're buying, what you're getting, what the spider idol does. And if you want, you want to, you know, I know you got the money on you to pick up the spider idol, but you can maybe double it or triple it or lose it all and not get the spider idol whatsoever. And we can do some motherfucking gambling. I think before we say yes to that, you got to know two things about Big Baby Schwab. First off, I always keep my word. Second off, I am far more inconsistent than I think. Mm -hmm. So I say huh? let's do it. I feel like you're sending me mixed messages and I like that about you. By the way, before I play this, place this bet, there's two things you got to know about me. One, I'm tall. And two, I bet all my money on... Did you say one of them was named Spinner? Yeah, there's Spinner. Yeah, I'm betting it all on Spinner. Well, I'm betting all my money on Puddles. I'm gonna spin around, I'm uh, instantly recovered from the pain. There's two things you gotta know about this boy before I make a bet. Number one, I always bet on the one named Carol. Number two, I'm betting on Celine! As y'all are talking, you see on the scoreboard, it says, uh, Celine, Celine has, has died. died! Oh, god damn a fuck -a baba This pisses me off more than when my stocks drop. Low, low, low. Your friend is a lot. Do you two know that? I mean, we're all not great. Alright, here's two things you gotta know about me. One, <laughs> mm -hmm. me and that guy, we ain't friends. 
two, my favorite show is Stomp. Do you all always tell facts within two? Also, you, I know you said you wanted to vote for Celine. But you didn't put the bet in, so you still have a chance to vote for someone else. Y'all have just been talking to... I'm not a bookie. There's a console over there you can go put it in, but none of you have placed your bets yet. You're just kind of telling me facts by two. Big Baby runs over to the console and puts in a vote for Puddles. Baron Slime saunters over. Put it all on Meteor for me, honey boy. And so Bone Daddy, he does, he says, uh, Bone Powers, activate! And it's sort of like the uh, Sailor Moon, like when she goes into her costume, like that happens. There's a twirl. Yeah, and so like he sort of spins and then he's in a pose and he's like, I have complete control of my skeleton now. And he walks over normal speed to the console and uh, very calmly and slowly puts in a bet for all of his money on Spinner. You know, my grandfather used to tell me all the time that nothing made him happier than when he was gambling. Not even when he was spending time with you? Oh my god, is that an option? Oh, so how about the next story? Bone Daddy and his crew might not ask any questions, but that doesn't mean people weren't asking questions about them. Back in the early 90s, the top heroes of the city were known as the Heroes of Heavendale. If anyone was gonna solve this, it'd be Sundowner, the Objectifier, and the Great Auk. The three of you are the greatest heroes Heavendale has known for the last decade. What are the three of you doing? We should hit the streets, but I'd like to avoid the uh, the bad neighborhoods because all of the drug dealers still want to kill me for uh, lowering the street price of every one of their products <laughs> by just simply manifesting so much of it for free. But you know what? If it's Heavendale, I think we got to investigate the case. Down, I'm down for my city. I'm down for my city. I would I would also uh, like to like to get going. Uh investigate the, the bone fellows uh, mal malfeasance great great awk what you you down with this uh shagadelic baby <laughs> this is all very shagadelic if we just all maybe went to a sauna together it would make things kind of chill there's a turkish bath down the street yeah we're gonna cut to a turkish sauna and the two of you don't even know how you got there at this point you just kept trying to tell them no you don't need to go to a sauna there's a big case you got to go unravel and then before you know it sure enough you're sitting inside of a uh, of a turkish sauna with the great Ock as you know he's he's going no robe and he's trying to insist everyone else does it but you know it's up to you this guy's good okay <laughs> now i remember when when the Russian bath first opened up, we said, now, you, you, the number one rule is you, you never let a Russian touch your under your underwear area, but when you let a Russian bathe you, you're becoming part of the community, and, and, and the communities are, are what we're trying to get in touch with here. Uh... I'm, what were we gonna do again? It's um, it's it's Doctor Bones. We we've got um, it, it's the Bone guy. The uh, bone yeah. villain. Oh, the, the, sorry, the I'm bone, sorry. The Bone just, fellow. Yeah, he he went to space and he was gonna get a danger. Yeah, they're gonna do a danger to 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 Fair Heavendale. Fuck, man. I just recovery is just sucks, man. Like it's just the worst part about it is how boring it is. So I'm just I'm looking for anything. I'm looking for just any juice. I I, I just need some action. I need to feel something. Again. Yeah, as you say, you're looking for anything. Someone does overhear you in the Turkish bath. Even even though you've been manifesting your drugs for years, you can still spot somebody that you know is trying to sell you drugs. 
fuck. I gotta, I gotta stay strong. Captain Awkward, can you uh, dispense with this guy with your powers of awkwardness? Uh, have you ever seen uh, the movie Cannibal Holocaust? Uh, <laughs> it's actually uh, oh, no. really interesting. It was, no, I've not a lot seen of people that. thought it was, uh, yeah, a lot of people actually thought it was a real snuff film. And there is an actual, like, live butchering of a sea turtle. They really do kill a sea oh turtle. Oh, my God. Why? For, for authenticity's sake. Why are you pulling out a portable DVD player and showing me this right now? I just think when you see the turtle coming apart. I would, oh, on okay. Screen, you know, okay, especially okay, you know, in the I'm gonna 70s. Go, I'm going to go back to, to selling drugs at a middle school, all right? I don't care that they don't have that much money. It's better than here. That fuck, poor sea turtle. I mean, that's terrible. Thank you, Captain Awkward. You know, like the a big important part of my sobriety is having, you know, people who support my journey. So thank you. Nanu Nanu. All right. So the supervillain, where do we begin this investigation, boys? I say we start wherever, wherever a keen investigator starts their journey. Uh, the local neighborhood diner. How about, wait, how about this? I could manifest you guys some breakfast right now. So that should be pretty easy for me. I just go, you, you now, each of you have three plastic bottles of entirely warm, flat Mountain Dew Code Zero. <laughs> I, I consume my Code Code Zero. This is pretty good. It's not as good as the ones you can get in Japan, though. They've got some really <laughs> wild uh, Mountain Dews out there. There's uh, there's uh, uh, mayonnaise, Class A war criminal. Y'all are just chugging warm, flat soda inside of a sauna. Honestly, it's making you a little more dehydrated. <laughs> There's still some caffeine in, in, in these bottles. You know, I'm gonna, I'm sorry about the temperature and the carbonation. I'm still working out the kinks like this. You know, back in the day, obviously, I would have had, you know, Dom Perignon 75. Like I said, I need to practice a little bit more, but I'm gonna solve this case. Two gentlemen come in, they're robed. You overhear them speaking about how they know that this plot is gonna be the way that they can actually take victory over this town and no one's going to see it coming, and then they realize that other people are in the room with them, and they kind of get quiet as they sit down and go in the opposite corner of the room. Sundowner has a, uh, a moment of lucidity, and he's like, Hey, listen, th these two jacks over here, they seem to have a uh, a, lid on, a lid off on on this case. I, I got to go interrogate them, and uh, he goes over and uh, with his super strength just pins one of them into the tile wall, and he and he's like, I heard you, 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 you folks talking about maybe a... Maybe having some knowledge about what, what the the bad doings in this town, uh, and he powers up his his energy fist and like puts it menacingly. Oh, oh my god! Oh, are you the are you the sundowner? What are you doing? Why are you choking me? And the other guy like just immediately starts to back. He doesn't even try to help his friend. He's clearly a coward as he's just trying to get out immediately. To block his path, I manifest directly behind him a hail of hundreds of Funko Pop figurines. <laughs> She trips on them uh, before he can reach the exit. You start to uh, rain down this new tour craze of Funko Pops, and he trips backwards on them. I'm going to grab up the guy who tripped over, and I'm going to be like, yeah, I thought you could get away. I crashed the value of Beanie Babies in the 90s, and I I'm crashing the value of your plan right now with my manifesting powers. Oh, my God. I didn't know that he was a heaven deal. I mean, how'd you even track us down? God, everyone said y'all three were the best. And sure enough, I mean, we didn't even think that you would be here. That's why we came here. This is totally like a villain hideout. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, there's, there's nowhere that's, that's safe from us. Uh, that's the reason we were here. The guy that you're holding, Sundowner, he's just like, what do you want to know? I'll tell you anything. Just please, just don't use your sun energy beams that you're so that everyone knows you have that are so deadly. You're talking about my sun energy beams? No one's supposed to know about that. And he uh, kind of loses control, and he just uh, blasts a sun hole in this guy's uh, top shoulder. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you just like sh shoot a beam through this guy's chest, and the other guy that's on the ground He's just like, holy fucking shit! He's, he said he would tell you anything! What do you what do you guys want? What do you want? 
smarten up, buddy, or I'll, uh, I'll 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 manifest a um I'll manifest a very realistic looking gun to put in your <laughs> face, but th- th- doesn't actually fire. But you know he, he doesn't know that. You just said it. Yeah, though. you just told me. <laughs> you just you, said it out loud. You just told me that. <laughs> you just said it. You just told the guy that. You just that, told though, me though. that. I just so I should. I'm scared of the okay. other guy that has like right, the well, energy beam fist. But you're really not that threatening. You just made Funko Pops. And what if I just decide to list mine cave in disasters? I manifest an umbrella, like a, like a like a nice sort of long London fog umbrella, and I just start poking. Yeah, it he's with just it. like, I'm okay, like, hey, this asshole. is so confusing. I don't. Why are you just telling me about mines and okay, I know that. Say, okay, listen here. I'm just gonna tell you this. You know, I think. It's got something to do with someone at City Hall. Bone Daddy was just there, and they got sent off. And I, I just—that's all I know. I promise. And we were just—we were just excited because fascism is about to really take form. And you know, it's been forever since the white man really had a leg up here. And that's just kind of what we want. So, can you just please stop telling me about how many people died of just mercury poisoning for rich people? I don't—I feel bad because I've definitely—I own a mine, and this is making me think about my own actions, and I hate it. Boys, I think the next stop is clear. City Hall. I'm going to manifest three bicycles without chains. Hopefully we can just sort of drift over to City Hall on. Sundowner is uh, just kind of confused, va- vaguely distressed over the, uh, the the corpse in front of him. And he, he's like, what? now wait a minute. How 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 did all these dead fellas get, get into this place? You're the one that... What do you mean? Where the you just killed my friend? Now, 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 listen, now, listen here, buddy. Sun, sundowner is a good guy. He doesn't do any killing. You're right. You're right, Objectifier. Let's let's get out of here and, and leave these these two uh the, these two ne'er do wells to to think about There's what they've done. There's only one of us now because you killed the other one. Well, your other friend must be around here somewhere. He was here just a minute ago. Uh, buddy, that's what you get for uh doing racism, okay? And working at the absolute limits of my ability, I manifest a sack of quicklime and uh, dump it on the uh, <laughs> the corpse. Of the other bad guy in this uh, in this sauna, and so this other guy is pretty much just in catatonic shock as you are gaslighting him. He's kind of just like in a ball, holding some Funko Pops close to him and crying. Enjoy those, brother, and uh, think about them next time you plan to do uh, evil. All right, so let's go to City Hall, boys. We mount up these three chainless bicycles, and uh, and fortunately, it's mostly downhill to City Hall. You know, back back in the day, I we could I could have had hovercrafts for all of us, man. You know, I'm I'm sorry, but I'm I'm, I'm trying here, fellas. Let me say that uh, I know you might be be scoffing at my non-authentic utilikilt, but trust me <laughs> when I say that I am without underwear in the true Highland style. You're trying to take the most downhill path that you can, but you do realize that within that, you also are going to have to go up some hills. You come to kind of like uh, a kind of a valley part and you do find yourself next to a street corner where there's some people slinging, and they immediately do recognize the objectifier. Uh, okay, fellas, I'm, uh, I'm not buying. I'm not producing drugs anymore. You've got no beef here. I remember you. You're the dude that was kept making all that heroin last year, and you kept giving it out. Look, I'm, I'm in recovery now. You know, like I'm on, I'm on a journey. Like I just, I need to walk on that journey. Sometimes alone, but sometimes with the support of others. And you know, this is right now. I've done the step. I'll apologize. I made a searing moral inventory. I've should not have made all those drugs, but you know, I'm, I'm back here. I'm trying to do good again. I'm trying to save the town instead of flood it with free uh, narcotics. Listen, I don't give a crap about recovery. Every time someone gets a recovery, I just know that I'm going to get their paycheck in two weeks. Now, th- th- these are these are still our streets. Nobody threatens to to rough up a a, fr- a friend of mine, wh- whether whether they're with the Sixth Street Sharks or the or the 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 the, the, the Avenue A uh, jogging boys. And he uh, run, uh, kind of trying to be intimidating, goes up and tries to do like a little push in this guy's chest, but uh, you know, uh, doesn't really have full command over his strength and just uh, pushes him straight through a brick wall, twenty feet behind him. 
Yeah, and then someone screams, no, nobody fucks with the Avenue Jogger Boys. There was two on the street corner, and then you start to see from the alleyway behind, there's five more gang members as they as they step out. Two of them are brandishing knives, and uh, two have a gun, and then one has a, has a really cool chain, but it's kind of intimidating how good he is at flinging it around. Oh boy, we're, we're, we're gonna have to fight these guys. I manifest a Nintendo 64 controller that I just start like whipping around me, like like sort of like a chain. And then I like, I you know, I'm, I'm swinging it at them. I'm like, don't don't come here. They're not at all intimidated by it. What are you doing, the great arc? Thinking about out loud about how, you know, there's this coronavirus thing out there that's pretty serious. You really think about it. I mean, you're probably never, life is never going to be the same again afterwards. I mean, you like restaurants are probably going to be gone. It's just going to be like nutrient paste. Yeah, they just look at you. They're like, it's 1998. The coronavirus is just kind of a common thing. It's pretty much the flu. It's not even like pandemic levels. It's not going to be anything. It's been around. No, it's just no, a type no, of no, 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 no. There's this. You're going to have to stay home all the time until you go insane. That's so. Why? How could that even happen in a modern day world? I mean, it's 1998 in America. This is pretty much the height of society we we all have insurance if we have jobs honestly also why are you wearing a kilt you have a tucked in fully buttoned down long sleeve shirt it just does not go with your outfit like what do you, what is going on here one of the little people killed killed himself on the set of gone with the wind and you can see it if you freeze a certain frame when they're on the yellow brick road and you can see one of the uh one of the little people hanging from one of the trees what is your deal? Why are any of you here? Just give us drugs, please. Okay, I know. I know this goes against technically my recovery. I said I would never do this again, but like, you know what? The city's in danger and we don't have time to, you know, fight with these ruffians. And I've, I'm going to use my illicit powers to manifest for them like a quarter pound of mids. But since this is 1998, this is technically the strongest marijuana anyone had ever encountered in America. Boys, look, you know, I know it's not heroin. You can divvy this up into eighths and, you know, you're you'll be laughing they pick it up and they smell it and like mm, yeah smells like shitty oregano and has the it has the texture of wet grass this is good shit boys <laughs> uh, and they're like all right we well, can get out of here i assume we, we continue uh heading on to the uh yeah yeah you all walk your chainless bikes up a hill as we uh are leaving these these street toughs uh the other two guys i let the other two guys uh go go first and i'm kind of like half like you know floating two inches off the ground w well met and stay out of trouble chums and i do a, a salute and as i do i uh kind of lose control of my sunbeam and just slice three of them in half with a, a, a sunbeam as I uh, float away, but I, uh, I don't tell anybody. Okay, not gonna lie, not a great look for them. You think? That old man has a body count. Now, now, Jerry, keep in mind, I did say they were the greatest heroes of the early 90s. This story does take place in 1998. That's no excuse. Too true. Old people are the worst. So are we moving on to 2001 now? Yes. So, Bone Daddy and his friends were sent to retrieve a spider idol in 1998. But in 2001, there seems to be one that was hidden away in the mountains of Valhalladale. The first group to make it there was the Frat Controller, McCheesemo, Vape Nation, Mr. Limited, and Holesman. Y'all right outside the entrance of a cave. The entrance seems to be blocked by a giant boulder. 
This feels like a job for Holes Man. Alright, Holes Man, what do you want to do? I want to pick up my phone and then call my friend who has a digger so I can use the digger to make a hole. You pick up your phone and you call your friend Dig Dug. Hello, Dig Dug. It's me, Holes Man. Uh, what's going on? How are you? Yeah, what's, what can I help you with? I need a digger. Dig Dug, I need one now. I need to make a hole. Okay, yeah, uh, well, I'm on a job center now, but where are you at? I can I can airlift in uh, something for you. You know, I, I, I owe you. I owe you for Nam, you know, those drinks that you bought me when we were in Vietnam last oh, week. The drinks, yes. I remember them very clearly. They had holes in them to drink from. Cups generally have a holes, hole yes. at the top. Oh, yes, indeed, yes. Yeah. Oh, I love holes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so you just want you just want me to drop you off like a digger so you can get through something? Yes, please. Just take oh. my GPS location down. I'll be right over there, and then uh, now I don't owe you any favors, and I don't have to talk to you anymore, right? We will allow this for now, but if I have to get you out of another hole, oh, okay, then well. you will owe me again. <laughs> okay, well, uh, yeah, that makes that makes a lot of sense. That's how uh, we met each other. Uh, I was stuck in a hole, and you holes may have helped me out because uh, I dug myself in too deep. I'm Dick Doug, and I'm hanging up the phone now. Goodbye, Dick Doug. So Dick Doug hangs up the phone. Y'all wait, and an airlift comes in and drops off the digger from Dick Doug. And Holesman gets in the digger and then makes a hole. You start digging through, and then you're able to dig a hole underneath the boulder itself. No, 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 because Holesman knows that other people are going to be coming. If, if it's too obvious, and other people are going to go through the hole. So Holesman is going to build an extra hole near the side of the digger behind a bush. So then there's another hole. You dig a, uh, a continuation of holes that some might call a tunnel, but we all know what it is. Oh no, it's just <laughs> a very long hole. And so you are able to make your way in past the boulder, and the first room uh, you walk into, it seems like just a open room, and holes, man, you're very intrigued because there's holes all over the ground. Really? Oh my. Can I inspect the hole? <laughs> what are you trying to do to inspect them? I just look into them, I guess. So you walk over and look into them. Your foot starts to sink down a little bit as it hits a pressure plate, and you see a spike coming up towards your face. I'm going to make a hole in the spike <laughs> to break it in half. What do you use to make a hole in the spike? A power drill. You definitely have a power drill. Yeah, you're able to dodge out of the way, and you drill a hole into the middle of the spike to weaken it a little bit, and you snap it off, and you yes. can now tell that these holes everywhere have spikes in them and you'll have to find a way to get across the room. There's like a hole every foot or so throughout the room. There's no set pattern to where you can walk in a straight line across the room. So it would be a little difficult to get across. That was a close one. Yeah. Holes man. I point at the uh, spike in uh, Holes man's hand and I say, I think that those spikes would be a lot better if they were soft instead. And then I just walk across the room. <laughs> That's the, the plushy spikes go across my feet. Nice! You are all being stabbed by fluffy spikes as they're kind of just tickling you. Ooh, I almost thought that that was dangerous. Machismo, you actually, you get tickled a little. You're trying to push the spikes away and then some Oof. cheese flings off of you. The cheese doesn't look right. It looks white, creamy. Ugh. Strange. What? As Machismo sees that. He turns away from the group and space descends half into shadow and he steeples his finger and he says, Little do they know, I'm not actually machismo. I'm really <laughs> Quime Puff. In a devilishly clever disguise. Soon these fools will encounter my deadly pastries of <laughs> 
doom and delight. The four of you continue on to the next room. Who's the first to walk into the next room? I'll take this punch. I pop open two of the beers from my bandolier, just chug them and walk into the room. Uh, so yeah, you pop open two beers and then chug them, and then you just throw them to the side very casually as soon as you walk in. There's chains all over this room hanging down from the ceiling, and you throw and hit one of the chains. It flies away from you and then flies back and then slaps you across the face, and although these chains look normal, you can tell they're smoldering hot to where you get some, like a chain burn across your face. I didn't want face tattoos, man. I, I'm gonna be honest, that, that actually looks pretty rad. Yeah? Yeah. Do you think the chicks will dig it? Yeah, dude. Like, look look, look at that whole thing. You just got... That chain means that you're ready for a committed relationship. Yeah, it looks like one of your, one side oh, of your face, the where it got hit, dude, it looks like you have, like, like, like a chain burn mutton chop. Alright, I'll take that. I'll, I'll just say, I think I think you do need two. You just, you just need two of them. One on each side. Say, I'm ready for... I'm trying to be chained down, ready to be in a committed relationship I suppose with someone who right. loves me. <laughs> you burn a second chain scar into your face. At least it's symmetrical now. Yeah, you do look like you're ready for love, but it is a room full of chains. And these were the first couple of chains that the frat controller had walked into. So there's a lot of chains then, right? There's a lot of chains. I don't think I have enough beer to put, it, put make these cold. <laughs> Step aside, bruv. I think I got this one. I pull out my cool unit. From my bandolier, I pull out a, a cartridge and just cl- click it in, taking a massive inhale and just blow out a plume of ice cold gas. Oh yeah, so the plume goes out and it's such a bad nasty cloud that it actually pushes some of the chains out of the way uh, to where there's a straight line through to where the chains got pushed and then frozen midair to where you can now walk through as this room is filled with vape smoke. What kind of smell does it leave behind? What kind of sweet sweet cloud smell? Uh, it smells of juniper berries. Nice cotton, bro. <laughs> Boys got a vape, bruv. Boys got a vape. As y'all are making your way through uh, the chain room, even though the chains are frozen, you start to hear some shaking above the chains themselves. It seems like there's something on the ceiling. I chug another five beers. I'd like to look up <laughs> at the ceiling. I right, see so you're busy chugging five beers. What, yep. What are you doing, Mr. Limited? I'm looking up at the ceiling real quick. You look up and you start to see some some spiders. They're all these are large spiders. They seem to be like, you know, about three feet in diameter each, and there's four spiders scurrying about on top of the chains. That does disturb me, but I look over at Vape Nation here. Vape. So you got that really handy device there. What if you could vape three times as much in one puff? I could probably do something with that, bruv. Yeah, definitely definitely. I uh touch your cool container, your your engine of creativity and I pull my hand away I said yeah you can do that now that cartridge is empty bro you're gonna have to do it to the other ones and point to my bandolier I run my hands across <laughs> the bandolier in a way that is hopefully not strange so you're rubbing your hands across the bandolier and what actually happens is it's none of the cartridges that are affected because a cartridge wouldn't make you be able to inhale more what does happen is that vape nation you can see their chest kind of puffs up a little bit as it seems your lungs are starting to the capacity of your lungs are starting to grow and your lungs themselves are like growing inside of your body yeah boy right let's do this he pulls out another cartridge he whacks it in he takes a massive breath and he blows up at the spiders 
But looking down, I realize I realize I've made a crucial mistake here. We may need to get out of there. What was the vape cartridge that you pulled? Well, I thought it was knockout gas, but I think it might have been pheromones. We may have some horny horny spiders on our hands. Are they are they spider specific, or are we all feeling slightly <laughs> excited right now? Because the the smoke was shot up, so right now y'all could escape before the horny gas hits you. But the the horny <laughs> gas has definitely hit the spiders. As you see, one of the one of the spiders like spins a web down and halfway through makes a web in between chains, and you can read it says "you up." <laughs> <laughs> can I pull away Holes Man before he can be affected by the horny gas? You can try. Very jovially, I hook one arm around around his arm, like, "Hey, that." Sure is a cloud of pheromones coming towards us right now. And I'm just pulling further and further from the horny gas because I don't want, there's nothing I want less in this world <laughs> than for Holesman to be horny as well. Holesman, what are you doing? <laughs> I really want to make some holes in the spiders. So I pull out my magnum and start making holes in them. You pop off uh, a shot and you shoot a bunch of holes in the one spider that had uh, made the web. And Mr. Limited, you were able to get out of the room to avoid the horny gas. Holes Man is just right on the other side of the door. The frat controller, you were chugging a lot of beers. Yeah. And so you definitely get hit with some horny gas. Oh, and shit. then, Machismo, you walk in after you had your small little moment by yourself. <laughs> you can now see, this has happened before. You've seen Vape Nation use the horny clouds too much. Oh, no. Whatever will I do? I better just cover my head in all this delicious cream. Otherwise, <laughs> I'll breathe in the gas. So yeah, you you see uh, Machismo come and like like his voice sounds different and you don't know why, but you can't ask because before you see anything, he starts to just pour liquid and you think it's liquid cheese, but it, the consistency of it doesn't seem like cheese at all, which is very curious. And so you start mm. to just see them cover their entire body and this creamy substance, but it's thick enough to kind of keep all of the horny gas away. So you're able to make your way through. Uh, so the only person left in there is Frat Controller. Y'all just wait for Frat Controller to get through and you wait for like 10 minutes and then you and you see him just come in with his head down. He's covered in webbing and he's goes, I don't want to talk about it. Let's move yeah, on. Yeah, that works. <laughs> uh. the traps in the place, who'd have thought a vape rig would come in handy so much? If we could, I'd really prefer to just move on past the weird, horny vape stuff. That is a pretty reasonable request, I think. So, the next group that was after the idol was just an hour behind the first. Melody Sparkles, Farrell Fawcett, Beefy, and Saul Goodman were hoping to make it before it was too late. The four of you have been tasked to go retrieve a spider idol. The entrance of this cave seems to be blocked by a giant boulder. There is a large-scale digging equipment right outside of the boulder. What do you do? All right, I'll use my somewhat insignificant to significant muscle mass to push the boulder out of the way. 
Wow, thanks. You're so strong. So, Beefy, yeah, you're going up and you're trying to move the rock. Yeah. Oh, yeah, so you go up and you're trying to push the rock and it doesn't seem to be budging. And so you're trying to get a good footing in on it. And at one point, your foot kind of falls through the ground and it reveals a small tunnel. And you trace it back and find that there's an entrance behind a small bush. Hey, I found this tunnel over here that looks like it leads into the cave a different way. Like groovy. Someone already did our work for us. So let's go to the tunnel. Yeah, it sounds like a good idea. Can we all... Uh, beefy, can you fit there? Yes, my somewhat larger than normal frame can squeeze through the narrow passage. <laughs> Y'all make your way in. Beefy goes in last just in case. It's not hard to get through. The first room that you enter, there's just holes across the entire floor itself. You recognize that these might be traps activated by a pressure plate system. Hold on, hold on. There's a, uh, looks like uh, uh, booby traps. Watch where you put your feet. Does it look like the holes are from traps that have already been like set off? Yeah. Yeah. So if we just go in the traps that have already been used. That sounds like a, a decent idea there. I also should mention that I, I can fly when it, in magical girl form. Oh, oh naturally. Shit. Okay, well, uh, just fly right on over there, why don't you? Sure. So, uh, it's time for her magical girl transformation. Her hair turns pink, and as she transforms, instead of, like, a musical sting or, like, a twinkling noise or, like, a standard magical girl sound, you do hear the howling of wind and the screams of the damned. Very good. <laughs> and then she does a little peace sign at you guys when she's done. Oh, whoa. Uh, uh, I'll see you over there. Yeah, so Melody Sparkles transforms and with the cries of her victims flies over to the other side of the room and she's able to make her way in. What are the other three of you trying to do? So long, suckers. Hey, could you take me over there too? Just, hey. She's already gone. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, well, uh, looks like she's gone. Uh, looks like we've all got to go our own way. Oh, damn it. I hate that you did that. Okay. I guess I will shift into werewolf mode and then use my advanced senses to uh, pick my way through the room without stepping on any other traps. But now it's hard because I have twice as many feet on the ground, so. You are able to use your werewolf senses to sniff out all the pressure plates because that's how smelling works. Totally. <laughs> and, you, and, and you make your way across the room. I think Saul's going to follow kind of close behind using his dexterous assassin-like retiredness to get through. But my tail totally keeps like thwacking you in the face like if you follow oh, too hey, closely. Hey, stop it. Ow. <laughs> and it hurts. At one point, you're, the tail kind of whacks you in a little bit. You fall back and you do hit a pressure plate and you uh, brace yourself for a trap to come up and then all you feel is a fluffy soft spike kind of poke you in the back as it protrudes up and it seems like it's just, you know, practically like a foam noodle as a, from like a pool. Oh, uh, Wow, I, I thought that was going to be be the end, but oh, okay, I guess we're good to go. Hey, watch out for that one, Beefy. Uh, yeah, I'm terrified of foam pool noodles, so Beefy can't yeah. swim. Uh, yeah, so how is Beefy trying to get over? Beefy, I think, is going to step on all of the, like, scorch marks on the ground, because he thinks, well, that has already been activated. Uh, yeah, so Beefy just steps and constantly hits pressure plates, and every single spear that comes out, once again, is just soft. No! And fluffy. No. As it just kind of like protrudes out and like maybe like at one point like hits him on the side a little bit and gets a little tickled. 
And but like he can't let his, yeah he can't let his beefy exterior feel love or joy, so he holds in the laughs and it makes it hard. But you do just casually walk out as you're just stabbed with pool noodles to make it in to the other room where you see the others are waiting on you. And so you walk into this room. Melody Sparkles was gonna just leave all of you behind, but yes. she was she was very confused at the sight when she came in because what you see in this room is there's a series of chains hanging down from the ceiling. But it seems like they've all been frozen in place. And in the ceiling above, you then see a few larger spiders around three to four feet each. Yeah. And but what's what seems very weird is they're all tangled up in their own webbing. And you see uh, a few of the spiders are smoking cigarettes and really chill. And the whole room itself smells of juniper berries. I think Beefy has become more confident since the pool noodle thing and is just going to try and walk across. Uh, yeah, you walk across and it seems the way the, the chains were frozen that there is a path right through the middle of them as you're able to make your way down. And But you do see one of the spiders that was smoking a cigarette just make their way down to you a little bit more and starts to uh, spin a web. No. Yeah, within it you can see uh, the, the words you up in it. Oh no! Oh, yeah. No, these are the worst spiders! These spiders are Fuck boys. Uh, I'm going to leave the spider on red and just walk away. <laughs> I'm going to start to try to leave the room, but also inform the spiders that I am a minor. I don't know how old these spiders are. Yeah. And as soon as you do that, the spider like just like makes its way back up to the ceiling. <laughs> yeah, the spiders immediately retreat. <laughs> Good. I'm following like right behind Melody Sparkles. Like I'm just trying to like... <laughs> make use of that aura. It doesn't seem like it's hard at all. Uh, Saul Goodman, what are you doing? You just following with everybody else? Yeah, I, I think I'm following as well, but uh, you know, not too fast because uh, got these old bones. You use your old bones to make it across the room, and the four of you kind of share a thought of like, I thought this was supposed to be a room of traps and and whatnot, and then you make your way to the next room, which so the doorway of this room was closed, and you reopen it, and it seems very weird because what it seems like should be the ceiling to floor it looks like the floor itself goes to about waist high and as soon as you walk in you do notice on the ground there is a arm on the ground and that there are swinging blades on the ceiling reaching down that are swinging like just about a foot over where the actual ground goes up to and there seems to be a little bit more on the other side of it but it's kind of hard to see through all of the raised flooring in here and it does seem like there's a few Places where the ground itself had been like broken out and there's some holes in the room where it looked like people might have been standing in them, but there's not a clear direct path to get through it. Right. I'd love to help, but I'm still a werewolf. And I think as soon as I see the arm, like much in the same way that a dog that spots a weird bone might like go over and just start chewing on it. Um, oh, <laughs> I think no. I just, oh, no. I'm just like laying there gnawing on this thing. Like, you know how dogs like sort of lay down and like protectively hunch over a bone that they, that, that's me right now. With just like axes, just like swinging right mm -hmm. above you. Yep. <laughs> and like, and you're on all fours. So it's easy for you to like scurry over there and not get mm -hmm. hit because you want to get that sweet, sweet arm bone. And as you're chewing on it, you do look over and see a decapitated body with a head that seems like it went with it right next to the arm. But it does not seem like the arm belonged to the decapitated body. Oh, interesting. But yeah, but all of you see uh, Feral Fawcett chewing on this arm. <laughs> and she's a little distracted. How do you react to the to the head and the, the, the body? I sort of like look over, my ears fold back, and I go like... Mm -hmm. oh, no. 
And then I go back to chewing on the arm. All of you just hear like some chewing noises and then a little whimper. (laughs) Soft whines. Yeah. (laughs) What are the rest of you doing? Well, it uh, it looks like we got to crawl across here. So, uh, yeah, yeah, let me just, yep, yep, there we go. Yep, okay. I'm just going to crawl across here. How far off the ground are the blades? Can Saul come and yeah. just like walk directly underneath? <laughs> <laughs> Saul has the easiest time getting through. At one point, though, because it's hard for him to keep his like hips down because he definitely has some bad hips. So at one point, oh, yeah. uh, one of the oh, blades no. just just swipe across his pants, and so as if he was wearing you know the full like flannel thing, it looks like it just cut out like a perfect little butt flap. Uh, oh, oh, nice. <laughs> but Saul is able to make his way through. Saul blushes. <laughs> <laughs> What's hard for Saul, though, because you make your way past Feral Fawcett, and then you start to crawl through what can only be described as a cheesy husk of a body. Sorry, oh. a what husk oh. of a body? Like, it's like, it looks like a, a, like a bodysuit covered in, like, cheese and some cream that's on the ground at the end of the room. <laughs> Somehow that's the worst thing you've said today. Oh, my mm-hmm. God. I just, like, poke it aside with my cane. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, you poke it aside and on the back though you do see that there was a zipper as if somebody was wearing this as a disguise or a suit oh hmm. wow (laughs) kinky a a cheese covered skin suit (laughs) (laughs) this is this is some wild stuff hey you gotta see this feral (laughs) she sounds like blues clips yeah also Saul (laughs) you did also uh, see the uh, the decapitated body and head that was a little bit before the skin cheesy husk Oh, that doesn't bother him at all. Um, I pick up my arm bone in my mouth and I kind of like slink through to the other side of the room. All right. Yeah. You two are able to make into the the next room. Beefy and Melody Sparkles. What are you two doing? Yeah, I think Beefy is too slightly large to fit underneath. (laughs) Are the blades like swinging back and forth? Yeah. Then I think he's just going to try and time it really good and just kind of get through one at a time. Beefy's trying to get the timing down. And you do get the timing down. You're like, okay, so there's about like a good second in between where I can do that. And so there's like five blades you have to get through and you jump through the first one and like it just barely like slices off a little bit of the top of your leg. And then the next one gets a little bit of your arm. So they're not like, you're not losing body parts, but you're definitely getting big cuts because you're just, your beefy body, although not the beefiest in the world, is definitely... It's definitely a little hard to push through. So you do make it to the other side, but you're pretty cut up. Oh, you okay there, Beefy? You don't like get a... stronger by not getting cut. Huh? You'd get, oh, like, okay. get it, like, ugh. So, I'm so cut. <laughs> okay, so I can fly over the blades, correct? Yeah, 100%. <laughs> okay, so I'm just going to fly. Oh, you're still all uh, walking on the ground like suckers? Okay. And when you fly over the blades, there is a very lovely smell of like banana in the air as you fly over the blades that you didn't smell beneath the blades itself, but it's just on top as you Whoa. fly over. That's so nice. <laughs> Just a little extra treat. I don't trust it, but thank you. Once again, you both do pass the decapitated head and body, and then Mm. the cheesy huskin suit at the very end. Melody is unblinking in the face of this carnage. (laughs) (laughs) She has seen worse. She has done worse. And she'll do it again. I'm going to take the skin husk. Uh, What are you doing with it? I think he's going to try and like put it over his shoulders like a cape. <laughs> All right, yeah, great. You you put it over your shoulders, um, and then you do recognize a fellow hero of Heavendale by the name of Machismo. <laughs> no! But it seems like this 
is uh, a skin suit and you never, so you can't really tell if this is machismo skins or a suit just to make someone look like them. Machismo. Okay, gosh. Okay, I know what you're thinking. Machismo and the others might die. Well, yeah, you just told us about finding some of their dead bodies. Yeah, but that doesn't mean they're dead. How does death work in the future? Okay, so yeah, they die, but we'll get to that later. The third and final group to show up after the idol has a few familiar faces in it. Before they were with the Roaring Trainers, Spider Guy and Cat Dude used to work with Bat Chick and Super Male. So the four of you make it up here, and when you get to the coordinates, it looks like there's an entrance to the cave, but it is blocked by a giant boulder. What do the four of you do? Okay, guys, this uh, this seems to be the place. Listen, this is really going to make the Spider Museum, y'all. It's it's really important. I know I've said this 105 times before, but I really need it, okay? And listen, Super Male, I'm not saying it's your fault. You know, that one's on me there. I'm, you know, I just feel gosh darn awful about that. Cat Dude has been choosing not to tell Spider Guy that he is at fault because he has been sitting <laughs> on the mail this entire time. What do we do about this boulder? You know, since this is my my whoopsie, my boo-boo there, I could look in my, my bag, see if I got some, you know, somebody's mailing some dynamite or some sort of explosives you can just bust right on in there. This is a pre-September 11th yeah, okay. world, so there's definitely yeah. a lot of bombs in the Pretty mail. Pretty loosey-goosey with the mail these days, you know? What you got? Okay, yeah, I'll just reach my hand in there, and so I'm just gonna I'm just gonna think really hard about something explosive and pull a package out of my bag and, and open it. You open it, and then your bag fills up because you think about something explosive, and there's just so many bombs that were sent through the mail that day. Uh, <laughs> and so they all kind of like fall out, and you all have like a good laugh as you hide behind a tree. You use a couple of these mail bombs to explode the boulder. It opens up an entrance to the cave. Bat chick, you, you mind like taking a look? Yes, I can go through. You need a lozenge or something? It no, this is the voice of darkness. Okay, okay. You turn into a baby bat and you flutter your way on inside. And the first room, it looks like there is a bunch of holes on the ground. And there seems to be some pressure plates throughout the room itself. I'm going to fly back out. I'm going to land. It looks like there's lots of traps and pressure plates. So, uh... <clears throat> We gotta be careful. I'll go in first. I'll use my spider's grace, and I'm gonna get in there. Here we go. I'm going to run into the room, and I'm gonna use my powers of spider's grace. The first step you take doesn't feel like you hit a pressure plate, and the second one does feel like you hit it. So you kind of like try to jump off to the side. As soon as the pressure plate goes down, a fluffy spike pokes up at you, and uh, and the tip of it hits you and doesn't hurt at all. Oh, okay. Uh, hey, this doesn't seem that bad. Just like foam noodles that's weird i'm going to proceed forward with optimistic caution yeah you you proceed forward and anytime you hit another pressure plate it's like a similar thing that comes up cat dude this actually seems pretty fun for you because you like start hitting yeah. them and they're popping out and so you're just trying to bat at them <laughs> yeah yeah i think i walked in and i'm like my you know my butt's waggling back and forth which is a little weird for like a normal human male. Yeah, because you to still be doing. just walk walk up on two feet, right? You're not like on all yeah. fours. So, but you yeah, just, no, it's you just like got a normal swagger. human man, but my butt is wagging, which is not great. The other two of you can have no problem getting through this room. Well, yeah, this is just easy peasy lemon squeezy. You know, if we get done quick enough, you can come over to my family's house for dinner. Oh, that sounds lovely. We're celebrating our family holiday. You know, y'all are all welcome to come. Y'all make your way into the next room, and this room, there's chains. To suspended from the ceiling 
but it looks like they are kind of frozen in place and there's a few three to four foot wide spiders there's some webbing and it looks like it had messages in it but the webbing sense has been like webbed over and broken i'm just gonna look up and i'm going to try to talk to him yeah what do you say Hey, what, uh, what are you doing? We're just hanging out. We're just supposed to guard this place. And then somebody came in and made us real horny. And then someone came in after that. And we tried to, try to try to talk to them. And then, you know, they were talking about how they're 15. So we just been kind of keeping our distance. Are you still horny? Not, no, not not too much. I don't really know if I was, like, ever horny before that. But but now, out of my whole perspective, has kind of changed. What are you guys doing? Yeah, you know, there's, like, a thing I want to get in this cave. What's your names? I'm fucking... Spider Chuck, and this is my friend Spider Larry. So you're supposed to guard the place, right? And people got through? I don't necessarily know if we're supposed to guard it. We kind of were just put here and with no real set purpose. And we were going to try to kill and eat people. But then, like I said, somebody sprayed this place with all this, like, kind of freezy smoke. And then they blew some smoke at us, and it made us horny. And real quick, no, are, none of y'all are, like, 15, though, right? I'm, like, 37. Hey, Spider Guy, uh, what are they saying? Are they going to eat us? Because I hate to tell you this right now, but I kind of have this thing about Spider that are bigger than my palm. Super male, did I not tell you? Like, it's like a whole spider cave, right? That's what I yeah. said. You and did say there was a spider talisman. Uh, it didn't really connect spider the dots idol. in my noggin yeah. here that okay. it was uh, gonna yep. have real big spiders, too. That kind of makes me a little nervous there. <laughs> Listen, so far, they don't they don't seem too aggressive. A little horny, but, you know. Oh. Well, who isn't? Hey, Spider Chuck and Spider Larry, um... You want to come with us? You might be able to kill some people as long as it's not us. Yeah, sure. I mean, I don't, we, we don't have anything going on. We just, we're just we just kind of hanging out. You seem pretty cool. I don't think I've ever been friends with a human before, and let's go. Heck yeah. Come on. Let's go. Yeah, so you see these two spiders, and they, like, make their way down, and each of them, even though they're large, they are just kind of perched on Spider Guy's shoulders. Can I reach into my mailbag to see if anyone's mailing some masks that would be suitable size to go over the spider's eyes, and I'll poke some extra holes for the extra eyes. They're a bit larger than the average spider, so you can definitely find some stuff that seems like it was like made for cat or dog outfits, and so you can make shift to where they have these little like masquerade ball masks. Yeah, we all gotta have a secret identity, you know, that way we don't get in the press too much. (laughs) Am I right? Yeah, I relay the message, but less enthusiastic. Chuck says he wants to go by Larry, and Larry wants to go by Chuck. That's confusing, and I like it. Let's go. You open the door to the next room, and it's kind of hard to make your way even into the room initially. The floor itself is risen up to about waist length, and then you see in the ceiling there are these pendulum blades, and it looks like there's a very small clearance to actually crawl through and not be hit by the blades, and there's a bunch of holes throughout the room, and you do see on top of the floor a disembodied arm. I wave to it. It doesn't wave back. That arm seems like it's been there for at least a week. I know arms. I just would like to go up to the arm and in reverence take out my Elvis in memoriam stamps and uh, just put one right on the back of the hand there. Yeah, so you make your way up a little bit and you put your Elvis in memoriam stamp on it and Mm -hmm. then you look forward and see a few more of these holes and then because you're now in the room in a bit further in, you see towards the back where the next door is that there is a decapitated body and head on the floor. Oh, you know what, folks? Uh, I'm gonna let you know right now these these little blades look pretty sharp and there's some uh, there's a body with no more head anymore and that's real unfortunate. Bat Chick is going to turn into her baby bat form and gonna try and duck and weave 
around the blades to get to the other side. Yeah, and it's easy to do. You know, there's plenty of clearance up there, so you're able to fly over. And as you're flying over, right on the other side of the decapitated body and head that's next to it, you do see this weird thing. It looks like a bunch of different colored liquids that are now dried up and crusted on the ground. You can't really make out what any of them were, but you can make out like there was like a whitish colored one, a orangish one, and then a bunch of uh, crimson red colors all on the floor. It's, but it seems like it's mixed up right with where the decapitated body is, but you do make your way safely to the other side. It's, uh, it's real gross over here. Uh, just, uh, fair warning, it's almost <laughs> grosser than when my parents died. Not quite, but almost. Cat dude, you're looking at the, the arm that was in the front of the room, and you do notice that it does seem like there's some bite marks on it from some kind of canine-like creature. So I think the only thing that I can do now is try to knock that head off into one of the holes. Yeah, so you're able to knock it off, and it's not like an endless hole, because what it seems like that the these holes themselves look like they're as low as the original flooring in this room was. So you do knock the head into one of the holes, and you're so transfixed on the head that you don't even notice the blades, and you crawl perfectly underneath them as you just knock the head in the hole and don't even look back at it, and you make your way to the other side of the room with Batchick. I did it, guys. It's better down there. Good job, good job. Supermail, you're about halfway through the room, and Spider Guy, you're on the other side of the room, still at the entrance. How are you getting across? Hey, hey there, Spider Chuck, a.k.a. Larry, and Spider Larry, a.k.a. Chuck. Just wondering... It- do you think you could, like, spray the blades with your webbing and, like, stop them so I can get through, pals? Oh, yeah, that sounds easy as shit for us spiders. And then they jump off your shoulder, crop the ceiling, and sure enough, they tie webbing around all the blades to hold them in place to where there's a walkway now to get across the room. Spider Guy, because of this, you and Super Mail are now easily able to make your way across the room. All right. Uh, so yeah, y'all make your way into the next room. Wait. What? Can I reach in my mailbag to see if someone is uh, mailing some bugs that I can give to Spider Chuck and Spider Larry for their good help? Yeah, you, you reach in your bag and you do find that some people have been mailing bugs and it's like different kind of insects intended for feeding. Oh, great. It's perfect. Whoa, they just whoa, give whoa, them a little whoa, snack. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hey. And I hold out my hand. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you know, you've been a good boy too. There you go. Fucking right, I've been a good boy. I was a good boy, Jesus. See, I told you there would be spiders. Of course there are spiders. You're telling us the real story of Spider Day. Why would we think there would not be spiders? I just thought you might think it was lacking in spiders, Jerry. Again, why would we think that? And those are the same spiders from the last two stories. Oh shit, really? Uh, Are we going to 2004 yet, or what? Now, we jump to the morning of April 17th, 2004. Spider Day. My great uncle, Johan Jackson, a.k.a. Nacho Man, had been running solo for a while, but he had a job to pull off that he needed his old team back together for. Nacho Man set out to find Spellbook, The Rancher, Steely Joan, and The Liver. Nacho Man, we're going to start on you. Who are you going to try to convince to come back into the life first? I think I got to go after my old buddy, Spellbook. 
So Spellbook is working in a library somewhere at the edge of Heavendale and like curating all the hell books and everything because, you know, it's not like there is an active portal to hell or anything where you can put them. You have to keep them somewhere. Yeah. So now, man, you come up, you go into the library where you know Spellbook is and uh, he's like putting some books on the shelves. Spellbook. My good friend, my boon companion, I must call upon your aid once again. Nachoman, yeah, yeah, right. Okay, hi. Just one thing, okay? Don't... No, you do you, homie. Yeah, don't barf on the books. It's way past their feeding time. You sure they, they don't want a little bit of cheese? No, 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 no. I got, a, I got some... No. I got a little bit of acid reflux today. So... Look, look, these are books from another planet. You don't want to mess with them. Okay, what did you want? What... Uh, all right, swallowed it down. I gotta get the team back together, Spellbook. What is happening? There's some crime that needs to be stopped, and there's nobody but us who can stop it. So I need oh. you to, to come with me. I know you've left the life. Yeah, it's it's been a while. I know that you've been you a big know. help to me from your from your academia, your studies. But um, you gotta get back in the game, my dude. If you need me, then yeah, sure, I I, I will help. I grab Spellbook gently by the face. I do, I do, I do need you for this. So what are we doing? We gotta get the team back together. You keep in touch with them, because I have to admit, I, I kind of lost, lost contact. I've done a less than great job with almost everyone else, but uh, I'm sure it'll be fine. As you all have this conversation, Spellbook, the master librarian comes over and they're like, Spellbook, what are you doing? You gotta get all those books on the counter, otherwise people are gonna die. Okay, look, I actually did all the things I had to do today, so I even fed these books. God damn it, Spellbook, you're one of the good ones. All right, I guess I'll give you some time off, but you gotta make sure to come back, because if you don't, all these books will run wild because you spellbook you're the true librarian and then they they give you like a librarian badge oh shit yeah i mean look i'm a professional right yeah you've been working your way up to this and i just want to say good job you really earned this and so tomorrow you're gonna take my job because i am retiring today how about you make this little get together also a celebration for you getting to be the master librarian you've always wanted to be sir i am not looking forward to you quitting but i would be honored to accept that. All right, you just come back here tomorrow on April 18th and start your first day as a master librarian. I will sure do. Y'all leave and then you see the master librarian watering some books and they look very happy for it. As we're exiting, I just want to say to Spellbook, you know, I'm really proud of you. I, I know you've been out of the superhero game proper for a while, but I'm happy for you that you've found something that makes you happy and you've got a really bright future ahead of you. And uh, I can't wait to see all of all of the ways that you succeed in your endeavors in the years to come. I mean, I'm, I'm also happy that you're still like very involved in the game, like with you around, I, I think your brother will have an excellent term and, you know, nothing bad can ever happen, right? I think so. I mean, I try to support my little brother in all the ways I can. I love him very much. And I mean, I'm out here cheesing the streets for him, first and foremost. Yeah, that's great. Speaking of which, you know, I'm going to give him a call. I'm going to let him know we're on our way. Uh, just uh, just give him a little heads up. And I whip yeah. out my phone mm -hmm. and I and I call Mayor Jonah Jackson. Yeah, you whip out your phone and uh, it rings two and a half times and then you get sent to voicemail. Oh. That's weird. That definitely wasn't a, uh, like, a, he just missed it. That was a, that was like a halfway... Hold on, I'm gonna try one more time. Hold on. This time, it's half a ring in, and you get sent to voicemail. I'm sure he's busy. I know my little brother loves me very much. He's just a very busy man. It's fine. So the two of you have rejoined. Who are you going after next to reform the team? Well, since we're still on the outskirts of town, I think it makes sense that we go and grab the rancher. The rancher... 
after retiring from the superhero life, legally changed his name to Yeehaw Jones. And you can find the rancher at Yeehaw Jones Big Ass Ranch and Truck Stop. The two of you make your way over to Yeehaw Jones. Nice. I pull up my very gaudy Nacho Man branded truck and I pull it up to the uh, station and I flip my keys to the attendant and I say, fill her up with diesel. And then we go inside to look for the yeah, rancher. And as you're walking away, they, they try to wave you down and go, this doesn't take diesel. Fill it up with <laughs> diesel. <laughs> and they do that. So yeah, you go inside. Uh, I think Yeehaw Jones is doing exactly what Yeehaw Jones was put on this earth to do. He is painstakingly rearranging the name keychains on the on the little carousel. You're rearranging the name tags and you hear a familiar voice from behind you. You turn around and in the silhouette of the doorway, you see these two familiar figures with the light shining from behind them. And howdy, partner. That sure is one cheesy ass voice, my friend. You're right. <laughs> Excuse me. Good to see you, bud. That never gets any easier to listen to, you know? <laughs> Yeehaw, you old son of a bitch. I'm gonna cut straight to the chase. We need you back in the game. Well, Johan, you know, it's been a while. But I see that you brought our, uh, fleshy compadre. I mean, it's supposedly important, so, you know, I'm on board. You know, I got myself this big-ass ranch. And, I mean, it's it could be bigger, but I, I just, I thought... If I call it the Big Ass Ranch, everyone will say, you know, oh, wow, that's a big ass ranch, you know? It is big ass. I won't dispute that. I like that you're envisioning what you see for yourself. As y'all are talking, your assistant, Giddy Up Billy, comes up, yeehaw. Oh, excuse me, Mr. Yeehaw Jones. I just want to let you know we got the paperwork and we just need a signature from the mayor to approve the expansion of the big ass ranch to truly be big. I've been waiting for this for nine long months. I can't believe it. I put in that planning application so long ago. And you'd think that the mayor would remember how much he owes us. Well, you know, I, uh... I have an inn over at the mayor's office, and uh, we're actually headed that way anyway to deal with some uh, nondescript heavy shit that you don't need to worry about. It's just very important we gotta go. But you wanna head over with us, I bet we can expedite that process so you can get that big-ass parcel. I do want that big-ass parcel, and that's true. So what do you say? Wanna join back up with the team? You had me at the vomit noises, my friend. <laughs> Great. The three of you make your way back out. Giddy up, Billy hands you the paperwork and has has a shine in their eyes and because they know that they're never going to amount to anything as great as Yeehaw Jones. They're just happy to be by someone's side like that. And so the three of you make your way back out to the truck. Uh, what you don't see, though is that from the back, like, it's coming in from, like, the service entrance, there does seem to be a, like, six-foot-tall spider making its way in, and it's right behind Giddy Up Billy, and we go over to the truck. Y'all hop in, and Nacho Man tries to start it up, and it starts to make a guttural sound similar to uh, his nacho throat as the diesel has clogged the engine. I kicked the side of the truck with my jalapeno spurs. Yeah, come on, Giddy Up. Yeah, your jalapeno spurs spin as the sun hits them. But it does not seem to uh, fix it at all, as all of your gazes uh, do go over to the rancher's collection of assorted bulls and cows. You know, I'm just thinking that that giddy up Billy, he's he's a good kid, you know. Yeah. He's the only one left of his of his all his twelve brothers and sisters. You know, they've mm. had they've had such a such a rough time of it, and his parents sent him here to work with me because they knew that there's nowhere safer than a ranch on the edge of town, especially a big-ass ranch. It's a well-known fact that nothing bad happens on a big-ass ranch. Exactly. You know what a big-ass ranch does have? What's it got? We got Steer Plenty. 
Damn straight. You then attach six steer to the front of the truck to pull it like a sled. That's how you do it. You're now all uh, inside of Nacho Man's branded truck as you draw away, and you see Giddy Up Billy in the window watching you leave as the camera pans away and you hear a blood splatter. And who are we getting next? I think we gotta go after Steely Joan. After I, I left the team, I opened a business with my brother, Joe. Together, we find things for people. After, of course, no one really knows us because we don't tell them, but we're the ones who stole them in the first place, and they give us exorbitant amounts of money. The business is called Lost and Found. Mm -hmm. It is a small office, but it's very tastefully decorated. Your younger brother, Joe, had just left to go pick up some milk. So you're doing some paperwork at your desk, and then you hear the door open behind you, and you assume that it's your brother, and then you see standing in the doorway three familiar faces you haven't seen in quite some time. As I live and breathe... I thought you were Joe, with the milk. I'm not, and I don't have that, but here we are. I mean, I can magic some milk for you if you want. Can you magic the fancy European kind? That would take me some time, and I don't think we have that. We have all the time in the world. You do start to see the the flesh pages uh, start to, to ripple a little bit with excitement. No, please don't do that. Please don't do that. Not in here. It's not the time nor place. Look, I still remember the time you tried to steal them, okay? I don't know what you're talking about. I find things. Nacho is telling me that we need you for this mission, but I am keeping an eye on you. And then the flesh pages turn to a uh, page that, that say I, E-Y-E, and then um, eyeballs start to pop out of uh, Spellbook's arms as they all are pointed towards Steely Joan. Okay, well, then I hand Spellbook back his wallet. <laughs> yeah, and then as soon as you as soon as you return the property, all the eyes um, slowly go back into Spellbook's arm. You're welcome. Look, Joan, I'm gonna cut to the chase. We need you. We're getting the gang back together, and we've got four fifths of them with you here now in this moment in this your place of business. You gotta you're gonna have to take the afternoon off. There's some wild shit going on, and uh, you could say that there's crime happening, and I need someone who can think like a criminal. I'm not implying well, I'm, that you I'm, are a criminal, but I know that you are capable you. of thinking like them and, and finding things that have been lost and all that jazz. Well, I do need to find a birthday gift. My brother's granddaughter. She's only in nursery school, but it looks like she'll shape up to be the most popular girl in school. It's her birthday coming up, and I need to find her a gift. Maybe you could find her some sweet-ass gift in town hall. Show her that she has a bright future ahead of her and local government. Sure. Or at least a student body government, at the, at the very least. I'm sure she would do just fine in that capacity, as long as your brother doesn't. Well, I won't get into that. My brother, the super cool and, and great mayor, who I love very much. Yes. Mm. Yeah, I'm fine with you not finishing whatever you were going to say. Are you in or you out, Joan? I'm in, of course. We have all the time in the world. And I reach my arm out to do the predator handshake. And I hand him back his wallet as well. <laughs> <laughs> Johan, you son of a bitch, of course I'm in. Hell yeah. And as you uh, start to pull away, we see that there's some various sized spiders crawling over the high rise itself as y'all drive to make your way to the final member, the liver. I'm sure Nacho Man would try to contact him through his phone, which would not work. He would have to talk to his wife, now ex-wife, who wouldn't be very happy to talk about the liver. She would point him to a storage unit on the outskirts of Heavendale, and that's where they would find him, living. 
It's a storage unit for sure, but it's definitely one that you can tell the liver isn't the only one living there. On the sign outside, it says, don't live here, but it's all in quotes. The liver is staying in storage unit 68. So close to greatness. Damn it. The liver, you're inside of your dimly lit, dank storage unit, and then you see, for the first time in years, four of your old companions. Dang, I could smell the cheese from all the way here. Hey, buddy. Look at you guys. <clears throat> Sorry, hey, got some acid reflux today. I miss that sound so much, you can't even believe it. <laughs> how, how are you all doing? Doing great, but uh, listen, Liver, we gotta. We need you to come with us. It's urgent, especially because we had to backtrack to get here. It was it was kind of a roundabout thing. Sorry about your divorce, by the way. I uh, again, I haven't really kept track. So, uh, are you okay? I'm better than okay. Do you see this place? The the people here are so nice. This is so fun. The thing with with Julia didn't work out, but you know, each his own way. Still friends. We still are super great together. Like I tried the superhero thing out for a little while, going solo and stuff. Didn't super work out. People didn't really like how I kind of throw my limbs at, at criminals. It didn't have great PR, you know. It's, I'm, I'm fine. Well, how, how have you been doing? Been doing great. Just, you know, cheese in the streets, getting the team back together. There's some crime happening, and we get, we need your limb-throwing expertise. The team back together? Hell yeah. Oh, things are turning out already so great. Come on, come on, let's do it. Point me at him. <laughs> your landlord storage unit Steve comes up, and he's like, Liver, what are you doing here? I told you, you can't have any guests here. What are, you get, what are, you, what are they all doing? Oh, no, th these, are, th these are my my old team. We were superheroes, Steve. I told you, th these are my friends that I told you about. You can even save a fly, and he starts laughing, and um, as he does, <laughs> I vomit, and he trips on it. You vomit, and he trips, and he tries to make his way back up, and then um, he's instantaneously, like, ripped into the sky as you see a, a spider web hit his back, and a six-foot-tall spider is on top of a storage unit and it's like roping storage unit Steve in. Oh, he had that coming. I open his wallet and I say, I guess he doesn't need this back. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still not sure if those spiders live there or not to this day. I mean, it's pretty clear that they were from the first giant spider that was headed for Heavendale. Ah, uh, who's to say? All of the clues that point to it, like literally every clue. Well, there's only one way to find out. <sighs> Let me guess, you're gonna start a new group story. I'm gonna start a new group story. Inside a small coffee shop, beat reporter Jane Jenkins is trying to drum up a story after a long dry spell. She's interviewing the Pied Piper, the Silver Moth, and the son of Bone Daddy. Jane, you are interviewing these three heroes, the Pied Piper, Son of Bone Daddy, and the Silver Moth. We are recording. You guys all signed NDAs, right? Oh, oh yeah. Okay, thanks. Okay, great. Hi, I'm Jane Jenkins, beat reporter, and I'm here with three heroes. Let's start with you. You are the Pied Piper. Oh, yeah, that's right. I love uh, this coffee shop that you have uh, chosen. I sell uh, some of my pies to them. You you seem to be enjoying my blueberry. You made this? That's, that's right. I have the amazing power to uh, create pies. 
Wow. I mean, this is a, this is a pretty good pie. Oh, uh, thank you. Great. And you did say that you were a hero, correct? I'm more, uh, the, the term would be a street level. Uh, so, you know, muggings, uh, your your petty crimes are uh, very mm. vulnerable if I throw pies at them. Okay. Wow. That's, uh, I mean, uh, you must get in some, some amazing scuffles and, you know, you must, uh, you must really be a, a go-to hero out there on the streets. You would think, but, you know, most people, when they call me for help, uh, they actually don't uh, want me to stop the crimes. Uh, they just say, where well, I want your pies. Uh, and so I, you know, like the pies was a side business as becoming a larger business. Uh, I would like to fight crime more, but, you know, we all have bills to pay. Son of Bone Daddy, let's, let, yes, let, let's yes, dig yes. in. Yes, I just, I mean, I, I looked up to, to Bone Daddy, you know, as, as a young girl. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think we all did. Really, I, I'm honored to be that you agreed to, you know, to this interview. Yeah, I just kind of want to hear how uh, how that was, you know, growing up with him and how it influenced you as a as a crime fighter. Oh, we're not related. No, not not at all. Like we've never met. I mean, to be honest, I I don't even know what he did or does. I've got bone powers. I have actual bone powers. So why does he get to be the bone daddy and I have to play second fiddle? That's a that's a great question. Uh, you know, I you do have bone powers, and, and that, that do. does make you stand do. out. You do. I mean, what is it like out there where when you're fighting crime and and you just make people's bones explode out of their bodies in an instant? Oh, that is that is gruesome. No, 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 no. My my powers are exclusively growth related. Like I I understand where you would get the misperception that I could make them grow and explode out. No, no, I can speed up the the natural accumulation of calcium in the bones and it's gonna write down a couple notes find some other heroes asap the silver moth you are someone that i had not heard of quite frankly but that is why i was excited that you answered my craigslist ad i have to keep a kind of uh, a low profile a lot of the time so the uh criminals don't know what i'm well capable capable of you know there are some heroes that are in it just for the show but you you are a under the radar. You are a true hero that doesn't need the spotlight. So tell me, what is it like to actually be involved in the background of making sure that Heavensdale runs smoothly? It's good. I'm sure it's the same with the other uh, gentlemen at this table. Once you realize that you have a a certain calling, you can't ignore it. And for me, it was the fateful day that I started producing moths from my fingertips. (laughs) Uh, Oh, I'm sorry. I spit out my, my coffee. Uh, you, sorry, what? Uh, I, I can produce moths from my, my fingertips. Oh yeah, it's super yeah, spooky. It's, it's re- it's some, sometimes people get really creeped out. Wow. Okay. That's that's not nothing. As this interview is going on, Jane is going over her notes, realizing this might not be the story she had hoped for. And then in the background, you hear it, some explosions and somebody runs in. Oh shit, it looks like somebody's attacking the synthetic fabric factory down the road. If there's any heroes here, we need some help. This is it. Okay. This is your time to be heroes. You guys want to go? We should probably go. Yeah, okay. Yeah, let's go. Okay, okay, okay. The four of you make your way down. There's this giant factory that is just set ablaze. And once you round the corner, you can see there's just a giant hole in the side of it. And there's a bunch of the workers like running out. You hear there's been some deaths inside and that some people might still be trapped. Uh, I can can call the police. That's usually what I I do at this point. That looks dangerous. What? That's a lot of screaming. This might be slightly above upper grid. No. 
You guys are heroes, damn it! I mean, I'm an auditor for the ombudsman, and that's a type of hero. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know? Okay. Someone's gotta... Yeah, he's... He's the real hero. White collar crime is the most common kind of crime and really impacts the working class far more than people appreciate. That's true. He watches the Watchmen. You know. As y'all are talking about white collar crimes, there's a few people running out that were on fire that are screaming for help. Uh, uh, okay, so uh, I, I see that I go right into the action and I grab a fistful of flour and a fistful of sugar and uh, my most succulent uh, apples. And so I will make the biggest apple pie that I can come across with my magical bubble pie making powers. I throw it all in to the dish and I throw the apple pie under people on fire. You summon this three foot wide apple pie and there's someone running on fire and you throw it at them. Yeah. It does put the flames out, and they're like, oh, that's nice. And then they are being burned by the filling of the pie that is freshly baked, but not as bad as the fire. So, you know, it is it is definitely lesser of two evils. We called the doctors to stop the infection. Don't Another worry. Another citizen saved. Well done, Pied Piper. A few people just kind of like looking. They're like, was that was that supposed to help him or? It is, I put the fire out. Tech, yeah, I guess. Are you guys sure that you're not villains? Saved, sure? like, have you really no. asked yourself that question? Yeah, I'm a I'm a good person. I'm a good person. Yeah, as you're saying, I'm a good person. And all of you are trying to decide if you're good people or not. The building is just just engulfed in flames at this point. Oh wow, that's mm. getting worse. I, I think we need to consider like, do we? You know, m- maybe these factory persons deserve it. M- maybe this is what should be happening. It's true. What do we know about the background of them? Maybe they kick puppies. We don't know. No, there's a there's a group of four villains that just wrecked their car into here and started making these weird, like, yarn shoes, and they caught everything on fire, and someone just kept throwing around Molotov cocktails. We're just trying to get an honest day's work in, and, like, Felix just died. I crouch down and begin summoning my moths. It's going to take a while. You begin the very in-depth process of summoning moths from your fingertips. Okay, um, maybe let's let's go in. Let's go in. Okay, but I'm going I'm 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 going to have to start again once we get yeah. in there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I love yes. your yeah. initiative, son of Bone Daddy. We will take this to the next level. We'll put a <gasps> notch on our so super important. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay, let Great. me just yeah. you let's, know, let's let me just really oh. get into it for mm. one second. Okay. Do any do any of you guys have the mindfulness CD? Um in my car. Is there time to Um Okay. Yeah. Okay. It's just we're kind of usually a little tense if we No, there's not. I mean, it's only a couple blocks away. Like, it's... Listen, we've made the call. We go in to help okay, the people. Right. Yeah. Mindfulness it. later. It takes like two and a half minutes of this from the time you decided that you should go in. The roof collapses of the factory itself because it's now just so burnt out to where the entrance that you were going to take to go in is now closed off and it does seem like any workers inside at this point uh, probably are dead. I was just getting ready to kind of oh, really... Is- Deeply Do some stuff in there as well. Oh my god, you guys! This is a tragedy. Yeah, somebody somebody walks up and they're they're like their arm is in like a makeshift splint and like they they have a broken arm and they're like, what what was the point of you four being here? Were you gonna do something? Are you just rubbernecking? That's a great question. You're that's a great reporter question. No, we we were here to help, uh, and in the the middle of deciding uh, the the best uh, route to help, uh, more more bad stuff happened. But I think the important lesson here is that we uh, ch- decided we chose to help, uh, and we were late, which you know failure is always an option. And so for next time, we will be more ready. We're very sorry about your arm. 
Weren't y'all just standing out here for the last five minutes? See, this kind of thing never happens yes. when we listen yes. to the Mindfulness CD no, before. No, no, like, no. Five it two, was maybe. about I mean, six four and a half, and a half minutes. Yeah. You know, it seems a four lot longer half. when you're in the fire. Yeah. Uh, I say lessons are learned. Yeah. So we're already stronger. So really, this is our victory. I think a lowercase w, but definitely a win. We accomplished something, and that's all that matters. You you guys are so good. I am so valued uh, to have you as teammates. Yeah, I'm so proud to be part of this team. You guys are great. I really just, I I love you guys so much. Come on, let's bring it in. Bring it in. Okay, there we go. Okay, I'm not even, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, Jane, you you shimmy your way out of this group hug, and then you are the kind The three of them are so proud. They do take this. And you can tell with your reporter intuition, they really do think this is a win for the team. Yeah. But you are just looking around and just seeing just all the mayhem that was caused prior to you getting here and just all the people that were not helped at all. Wow. I do not know how I am going to spin this one. Oh, God. Hey, uh, son of Bone Daddy, there's, there's several people that have broken bones. You could maybe... Well, I mean, I don't want to be irresponsible. I mean, a, a, a trained medical professional should definitely set mm. those first before I do any. I mean, Ooh. otherwise, uh, like, uh, you know, yeah. what you could do, you could get their contact information and, and make then, a yeah, appointment like once they get home from the hospital. Really, yeah. that's, can, that's uh, when they know. need it most. Excuse me, miss. What is your number? Why did you run away? She ran away. I was trying to help. She still had pie on her face. And no fire. You're welcome. At this point, there's some news team showing up. It's just a cameraman sending back some footage back to the studio. What are you going to do? I'm going to talk to this cameraman real quick. Hey, buddy. Hey, what's going on? Hey, aren't you Jane with the Channel 4 news team? Yes, yes, yes. Sh- 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 I'm trying to create a story here, okay? And I can't have you sending any of this footage of my heroes basically burning down the building, okay? So I just need you to dump dump the footage. Do you mean, by heroes, do you mean those three grown men Jane, that are Jane, playing we, with a moth got, right now? We've got a couple of moths yes, going yes, here. Yes, yes, they're, they're playing wanna, with the moth. If you want to come, come, do you remember I mentioned about the, the moths? Yes, oh, yes, just, just hold on. Yes, uh, so dump that footage. Don't give to the station, okay? Okay, yeah, well, I was just here to get shots of the burning building. I didn't, honestly, I didn't know there was any heroes on the scene. We were just, we were told there was a villain attack here. Is that the Pied Piper? Uh, <laughs> Uh, oh, I love yeah, his pies. Uh, yeah, uh, I, I love the way it lands. It lands on my finger. Look, the moth, it lands right on my finger. Right, guys, oh, I'm going to have to lie down. That was okay. that was a big batch. The camera can tell just how overworked you are and just how you're really reaching for the story. He goes, listen, here, I got a, I got a hot tip that uh, the, the villains that did this, I heard that, that they were headed towards the mall. Maybe, <gasps> maybe you can go catch them there. Yes. I can't really help you much past this random exposition I'm giving you. No, that's fine. Uh, Jane, 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 we're we're running out of moths. If you want to see them, they're going to be here for like 30 more seconds. Uh, guys, I got a hot tip that the bad guys are heading towards the mall. I this love might... the mall. Great. We all love the mall. How about we go and do some heroic shit? Or even go see a movie or whatever. Like whatever you guys are. Well, yeah, I, I, I don't mind. Oh, it's the Cineplex. Yeah. They've they got the 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 the, the frozen the that that like it's yeah, not ice uh, what, cream. What, what do they call it's, that? It's like yeah, ice cream, yeah. but like creamier. Froger? Okay, how about if you guys all go do something heroic? I will buy you Frogurt. Maybe yes? Frogurt first, then Ooh, then heroics. I, I suppose yeah. it depends on which is first. But okay, we take uh, we take our car. And uh, we listen to the mindfulness uh, CD on the way, and then we get all ready, <gasps> all ready to fight the crime. Yeah. So I should. Great. I, I told. I totally should have okay. gotten my car. It's, I it's okay. Like, it's it's okay. Should, no, it would already yeah. be here because yeah. now. Well, that's the lesson learned. To the mall. Oh. 
A lot of people wouldn't necessarily call those three heroes. Were you going to follow that up with a, a statement or a small quip? No, it's just more of a fact. You're not wrong there. So, that's all of them. No, it isn't. You forgot Taxman and Blindside's crew. Mmm, you sure? Oh yeah, I for sure remember you saying they were in it. The nitwit was my favorite as a kid, anyway. Yeah, I'm pretty excited to hear more about this arsonist person. Oh, Kim, they're just an arsonist. Interesting. So the four of you have been hired by Johan Jackson to just go around the town of Heavendale this morning. You're just going to attack and wreak havoc. You don't really know what the point of this is. All he told you is that you have to end this at City Hall. What are the four of you doing? We just get to do wanton mischief and mayhem, right? That's awesome. This is great. I was going to do this anyways. So do you want to hit like residential or commercial? There's W. Too many options to choose from. Well, I noticed there's a new synthetic fabric factory over in the industrial district, which of course exists. And I, I just can't countenance having such things made in our town. It seems very personal to your interests, but as a good friend, I'll support you in burning it down or whatever. Thank you. Synthetic fabrics are typically very flammable, and the arsonist is very, you could tell the arsonist is excited. And I'm not worried about any needles at this place. I'm gonna, I'm gonna drive there. What is Blindside's car like? It's a 1992 Ford Taurus, and now that he got a big payday, he's gonna wreck it for the insurance money. He's going to drive it right through the doors of the synthetic fabric yes. factory. But he's going to close his eyes while he does it. One, so he's driving more dangerously. And two, so he won't show up on any of their security cameras. Blindside, wait, I don't think any of us are immune to car wrecks. So yeah, y'all drive up to this factory and instead of parking, Blindside just closes his eyes and none of you can tell if he's still driving or not because he's no longer visibly in the passenger seat as he just... Drive straight through the brick facade of this factory, just slamming into a fabric-making machine. I, I didn't tell anyone because I didn't want you guys to have to lie when the insurance adjuster came out. Who was sitting in the front seat with Blindside? The tax man! So, luckily, all the cuts from the glass are small. The glass is sharp <laughs> enough and small enough to where your skin thinks it's small punctures. <laughs> you fly through the glass of the front window tax man and do not get harmed at all because, you know, once again, your skin <laughs> believes that all the glass is small punctures. Your fall is broken as you just hit a few factory workers. Um, I turn around at Blindside and I shake my fist and I say, Blindside, I can't believe you've done that. You're lucky I didn't tax break my nose. You're screaming at Blindside and as you're doing that, you're getting up and some of the tacks are falling out of your pockets and they're just like falling on top of the people's faces and in their mouths that you fell on top of that broke your fall. So they're kind of choking on some tacks. Uh, blindside, have you opened your eyes back up? So, yeah, I put on my sunglasses so no one can tell if my eyes are open or closed. Mm -hmm. And then I close my eyes and turn invisible. <laughs> Wait. Nitwit and arsonist, y'all are in the back seat. What are the two of you doing? I'm going to look for any sign. That says, you know, like, no flames, beware of fire, fire danger. The machine that Blindside drove right into, that's got a big giant no smoking, no flames around it as it's just weaving different fabrics. And so the, the front of the car is embedded in that machine, but that's the closest thing that you see. Oh, I light a match and I drop <laughs> it in immediately. 
You know, I just realized how dangerous OSHA signs make it if you have the intent to cause havoc. Oh, it makes everything so much easier, I've learned. The car starts to catch flame that you're both still inside of as, as the arsonist just lit a match and threw it. Oh, we should go. What are the factory workers doing during all of this? Well, this is all like pretty instantaneous, so there's more factory workers coming up pretty confused. Does the flammable thing looks like, look like it's going to like explode oh, and yeah, like it, take care it, of yeah. this thing for us and well, we should bounce? It, it, it looks like it doesn't look like this one thing is going to explode it looks like it's just going to catch on fire it doesn't necessarily seem like don't have flames around it because it's exploding it just seems like everything on it will catch fire there's probably some stuff that's very explodable in here i'm a, i'm gonna uh, try to work my way feel my way around into a crowd of people and then i'm gonna yell we, we've got to find the guy who did this <laughs> Where is that guy? Who would do such a thing? So yeah, you make your way into a crowd and you're still invisible. And so people are concerned because you're groping your way around a crowd. Yeah, and it's yeah. not, you're not doing it like to get like a gross cop of feel, but definitely people are just feeling hands on them. And the people are like, what the shit is going on? You eventually think you're standing next to people, but you're facing away from them. So you're screaming <laughs> behind people's backs away. We got to find the guy who did this to where people are like looking around and somebody like just swings their arm around as they're like trying to look for who's screaming that and blindsides you get punched in the side of the face. Oh no, then uh, my glasses. I open my eyes to see who punched me in the face. There's just a worker, he's got a little b badge on that says Felix. If I say, fuck you, Felix, and I punch Felix in the face. <laughs> Back, I say, Felix is trying to start a fight. Uh, yeah, and then someone screams, classic Felix, it's fight time, boys. And then you hear like a horn uh, go. Uh, and so now what's happening is that a bunch of people have like kind of made a, a middle school style circle chanting fight as Blindside and Felix begin to brawl. Fight, 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 fight. The nitwit opens the hatchback to the extent that is possible and begins to make a giant pair of socks with which to smash <laughs> the machinery and stomp it in little bits. <laughs> All right, and while you're sewing up these socks, what is the arsonist doing? Is there a way I can like go to kind of like an upper walkway and drop a Molotov into a vat of something flammable? I'm like working my way up. There's a bunch of fabric dye. You see a few rows over. There's a ladder you can take to get up to a catwalk. That's where I'm going. Okay, so you start to make your way up there as you start to see the nitwit is just building this giant thing of socks. So the right foot sock starts to smash machines. One guy's like at a machine, you know, he has headphones on, even though OSHA told him not to. Everyone's running away out of terror because they see this giant just shoe-like thing coming to smash down and they run away. And then the dude just like stares up. The only thing he knows is the shadow being cast by the shoe and he crunches down. And then it just, he kind of just gets softly tapped with a large knitted shoe that doesn't really do a lot to a machine. But what then happens with the left shoe is you're pushing it forward to things on the other side of the room, but the fire started by the arsonist and the first machine catches the left shoe on fire. <laughs> so you're now magically moving around this giant knitted shoe throughout the left half of the factory and it's catching other machines on fire. So what you're saying is that my initially light-hearted sock bit has taken a bit of a heel turn. Oh! Oh! oh. 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 
Blindside, Felix definitely is somebody you can tell. You know, you pick the wrong guy to try to blame it on. He does, you know, a real Indiana Jones style move where he just like unzips the top <laughs> half of the jumpsuit and like ties it off. And he's just a burly ass dude and he is ready to just beat your ass. And then the tax man is right there. You try to like get away and the tax man pushes you back in. I'm gonna try to fight him honest for a while. I'm gonna just try to give him some body blows. I'm gonna say rude things about his manager. His manager is really close to him. So you definitely psychologically get to him. But what actually happens instead of him not being able to fight as well, it enrages him to the point where you just get the shit beat out of you. <laughs> I didn't see this one coming. I sure hope you fellas weren't hoping this was going to be a tax-free weekend. And I throw some tax into the pit. This just made my situation so much worse. <laughs> I aim them at Felix. He actually gets one of the tacks embedded into like a bad cut that he has on his hand. And then he tries to like pull it out. And as he's doing that, he then stumbles on a tax that you put on the ground <laughs> and trips and falls back and is trying to make his way up as the right unflamed shoe then starts to kind of wrap around his legs. And you can see the nitwit is trying to get the left shoe under control because the fire is quickly making its way back. And so he's not paying as much attention to what he's doing with the right shoe as it's kind of just wrapping around this dude. And you see the guy get like ripped off the ground and pulled up as he is now dangling above a machine that like presses out fabrics. I mean, that's just the rules of the fight circle. He yeah. should have stepped in if he wasn't ready for that to happen. That sounds like a Felix problem. You hear an explosion from behind you and you feel immense heat. As you see that the arsonist has dropped a few Molotov cocktails into some giant vats and the whole warehouse is starting to fill up with smoke. Ha ha! Classic arsonist. Good one. Thanks. But it does look now like all the workers are about to run out, especially because Felix uses his muscly arms to break to break free of the yarn and starts talking about how yarn is is meaningless to his muscles as he then falls <laughs> into a machine and gets just just shredded apart as his bones and skin and all of his muscle is just like grinding through this thing as you just see like where fat like lines of fabric were coming out on the other end of this conveyor belt it's now just blood and gut it is now just spewing out blood and all the remaining fabrics are just covered in parts of felix as these gears just keep grinding as the building burns around all of you Good one, gang. Shall we move on to the next? I, I believe it is time to go. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I, I, I do one more fabric vet, and then I head down. Yeah, that one gets the place burning real good. <laughs> Let's go. Nitwick, can you knit us a car? I cannot. We have talked about the way my powers work. It is very, very complicated. There's a lot of very arcane rules. Nitwit, I really think that a lot of this is about your confidence and a can-do attitude. No, sure, but an internal combustion engine that held gasoline is just not really within the scope of Yarn's technical cap capabilities. The arsonist is committing a carjacking. I'm banging on someone's window and I'm threatening them and trying to steal their car. Th how are you threatening them? I say, I'll, 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 I'll kill them. I'll set their house on fire. G I say, give me your car. Yeah, they, they get out of the car. See, Nitwit, the arsonist can do it. The arsonist, you do get in the car and they did leave their wallet in there and you pick up their wallet and you do see that they are a volunteer firefighter. <laughs> My natural enemy. I, I, I take their ID and I make a note to kill their family later so their house on fire. <laughs> Hey 
seems like that arsonist really hates firefighters. Well, they are the natural enemy of arsonists. What? I'm not saying that they're that that's right, but I mean it makes sense, right? Moving on. Now we go back to the mountains of Valhalladale and follow Spider Guy, Cat Dude, Bat Chick, and Super Male as they go deeper inside of the cave in search of the Spider Idol. Y'all make your way to the next room. And this one is just a sight to behold from the very beginning because it's a wide open room and it looks like on the right side of the room there's a bunch of holes in the wall as if to shoot projectiles out of. But then on the left side of the room, there are a bunch of holes on the wall, but in the very middle of the wall, it seems like there is a human body that has been covered in this latex-like film and merge with the wall itself. And then from their chest looks like their spirit trying to escape their own body that's also covered in this latex film. And as you notice, there's a bunch of arms on the wall that were holding this human body in place. And then you can see alongside of the wall itself, there's a bunch of broken stone arms. And throughout the room, there's a bunch of snapped darts and arrows everywhere. And then as you're looking around, you then notice right next to the door that enters into the other room, there is a small shriveled body that looks like its skin was covered in pastry. And there's a bunch of the similar white creamy looking crusted substance all on the floor around it. And it does look like this pastry has arms but no hands and then you also do note the and so everything no darts are shooting out either because like you step on a pressure plate out of just not paying attention to the scene you see in front of you and you hear like mechanics going as if darts are supposed to be shooting out but obviously they're empty and they have nothing to shoot wow this is a room what uh what do you guys think is up with picasso over there Super male, I kind of gave you a hard time at the beginning of this, yep. you know, where I said I was kind of mad that we're late coming into this, but uh -huh. kind of glad we weren't the first group like this one was, because, boy. Hey, we're good friends. We forgive each other. That's what yeah. friendship's about, mm -hmm. okay? Also, you do notice that on the far side, there does seem to be like a large human-shaped hole that has bust through into the next room. Can I just real quick go over to the person that's covered in uh, eclairs and just give a little sniff? It doesn't seem like it's a person as you get closer. It doesn't seem like it's a person that was covered in eclairs, Ooh. more as it does seem like an eclair that was in the shape of a human body. Ooh. Like a, a pastry corpse, if you will. Yeah, how does it smell? It smells like a bunch of dried pastries and blood. Oh, oh gosh. You know, I was there for it till I smelled that blood. I was going to try and take a little nibble, see what it tasted like. But, you know, I don't really like to... As you're looking at the thinking about taking a nibble, you do notice that it seems like it ate off its own hands. Ooh, you know, I never thought about what would happen if a uh, eclair gains sentience if it think itself was tasty, but uh Oh I have. You know, I guess we got our answer now. But there is a door into the next room and then there's also a hole in the wall that is on the same side as the door into the next room, but it does not seem like any of the traps in this room are loaded and all of the dead corpses on here definitely seem of no threat because of how dead they are. I'm uh I'm not a big fan of this room. Can we uh can we keep going? Yeah. 
Well, let's go, guys. And I point towards the hole with the uh, arm from the other room. <laughs> <laughs> Which, uh, are y'all are y'all trying to go through the hole in the wall or the door? Ooh. I definitely want to go through the hole in the wall. <laughs> yeah, someone too. already went through the hole in the wall. Yeah, we know that's yeah. safe. If somebody's already <laughs> been that way, we don't it. know about this door. So, Cat, dude, you just jump through the hole in the wall and immediately realize that you're jumping into a giant room without any floor whatsoever. And so you kind of, like, jump land on a wall and then bounce off and then find yourself hanging on a rope because there's a series of ropes that you can use to swing across the room. If you open the door itself, you can walk out onto a small platform in the room and see that there's a series of ropes to get across. And in between, on the other side of the room, in between the door and the hole, you see a note that looks like it was drilled into the walls and it reads, remember... Holes will always be your friend. And then you hear a voice from the bottom of the pit itself just go, Why, hello there. Do you like all the holes? Oh, oh Greg, are you? <laughs> no, no, it, no it, 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 it's just me, Holes, man. I'm living in the hole. Anyone, uh, anyone have trypophobia? Would you like to come and see my hole down here? Um, I... I do kind of want to see this hole. It's kind of like a big cave, but like down instead of to the side, right? Yeah. Come on down and you can be friends with the hole. <laughs> Betchick, hold on a sec. Like, look, uh, in a lot of the other rooms, uh, I did notice something uh, that none of the people that were in here were whole. So we could also end up like that. I, that is true. I don't want holes in me. I want... To see outward holes. There's holes down here for you. <laughs> Don't like that man. His voice, it sounds like the, the man who killed my parents. I put my Walkman earbuds in my ears because I don't want to hear that creepy voice anymore. <laughs> Cat dude puts his Walkman headphones back in and then he just makes his way across on the, on the ropes to get out of this room. And Oh, okay. <laughs> Seems he doesn't like my holes, but it looks like you might. <laughs> Maybe? Hey, uh, Chuck and Larry, you know anything about this hole guy? Holes man? Uh, yeah, he was with the dude that made us horny, and that guy's pretty weird. So he was part of the sex team well, no, that made no, things horny, friend, and he's a holes man. His friend blew a bunch of this, like, kind of smoke-like substance. I don't want to know what he blew. I don't want to know. <laughs> and then I got horny. Oh, the holes man? I don't, I just wanted my spider idol to save the museum, guys. I'm oh, not interested um, in holes man. You're going after the spider idol too, are you? Yes. That's what I was going after too until I found this oh, hole. <laughs> Come on down and I'll show you how good this hole is. <laughs> and keep in mind, there's just ropes that anyone can use to get out of this room. You'd like <laughs> I'm gonna fly across and get away. Yeah, how far down is that hole? Cause I, I hate to tell ya, got a little bitty fear of heights. Oh well, the hole is endless. Goes on forever. Oh yeah, that does not sound like the place for me then. I, I don't like things that are endlessly down. Remember, holes will always be your friends. Yeah, mm, well, you know, uh, as as tempting as that offer of friendship is, I'm gonna have to stick with my buddies I already had before I came into this uh, creepy spider hole fill cave. So I'm just gonna take this here rope and 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 Spider Man just tries to swing across on the rope. Yeah, so you swing your way across and Spider Guy, what are you doing? 
Hey, holes, man, you, you said you're looking for the idol. Right? I was, and then I found this lovely hole, and I don't need the idol anymore. Hey, Chuck and Larry, um, you wanna go kill that guy? Not really, he seems weird as shit, and I kinda just don't want anything to do with them. I mean, if you want us to go kill him, we can, I guess, I mean, we guess we'll do it. You just, you said you wanted to kill some guys, and there, there's a weird guy down there, he's looking for the idol, I needed that idol, and I can't have anyone coming after okay, it. Okay, yeah, we'll go. It's an opportunity we'll see, for you. We'll go see if we can find him. When they climb off your shoulders, and they, they make, and it's fun too, because they're spiders, so normally they would just spin down normally, but what they do, since they have a human best friend, they make a little <laughs> repel rope out of the spider webbing, and they start to <laughs> oh, repel yeah. down into the hole, and you can hear them going very far down, and you hear Holdman go, Ooh, no, there's no bottom to this hole. Now, I've got two. Thank you. Thank you. Chuck and Larry, you no longer see as they are just spinning webs down this bottomless hole trying to reach the bottom and fulfill the mission you sent them on. Chuck! Larry! We're not dead, we're just going, we gotta find him, and it's a very deep hole. I will avenge you, Chuck we're and Larry! We're not dead! <laughs> just, just, we'll meet you later! Your death will not be in vain! It's probably better if we just go back to that room and wait for the dude to make us horny again. <laughs> this guy's weird. As Spider Guy is uh, mourning the loss of his two friends, some may say they are like parental figures to him. She walks up, she puts a, a hand on him, and she goes, I know. I know this feeling. I, too, watched my parents die. It was very sad. I, I'm sorry for your loss. Yeah, thanks a lot. They, I mean, they were just spiders I met today, but I just really like spiders a lot. Just don't want to lose anyone, you know? It's just a stupid, it's a stupid statue from my stupid museum. My dad's alive, and he said I shouldn't have started the museum, and I said, shut up, dad, and I did the museum. And now Chuck and Larry hey, are hey, dead. Hey, 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 buddy, hey, yeah. it's okay. Yeah. Listen, we're all going to get through this just fine and dandy. Ugh. Nothing's going to happen to any of us. You can come over. We'll have family dinner. You can meet my parents, Tomathan and Bertha. It'll be great. How do you know that name? How do I know what name? How do you know that name, Bertha? Bertha? Oh, that's yeah, my mom. That's my mom's she, name. <laughs> we have the same mom? What? No, the it same can't be. mom's name? <laughs> my mom's dad. The same mom's name? Whoa, that's so uh, strange. How could bad chick and super male have a mom, have two moms each, but but they have the same it's name? Two that moms, never one happens. Name? That's no crazy. one ever has the same name. No one ever ever has the same that's, name. That's just bizarre. <gasps> oh man, you know somehow I feel like I could like take on the world with you now, bad chick. Like we should team up together. Oh, isn't that what we're doing? Oh, you're right. Okay, let's keep going. Y'all made your way into the other room, and Cat Dude has been in here, and you see he's having a lot of fun because this room is a bunch of different spiral columns and there's no floor in between and some of them when you step on them do crumble and right now cat dude has narrowed down to all the ones that wrote crumble because he keeps just jumping across all of them but there's one he's not <laughs> jumping on because there is a dead body of a small dwarf cat dude is just kind of hopping around it thinking about because he wants to wait to push it into the hole until everybody can watch him do it. I think once once Spider Guy gets in the room, he points at the dwarf and goes, You see that? That's that's me every morning. <laughs> <laughs> you wanna know why I wake you up? <laughs> but yeah, what are the rest of you doing? I'm gonna see that it's a big, a big leap. I'm gonna reach into my mailbag. I'm really thinking about moon shoes. <laughs> yeah, you pull out a pair of moon shoes and you you pop those bad boys on. 
Yeah. Okay. Well, I think we're all set now. Let's go there, Gray. Yeah, Cat Dude. This is all uh, all good rocks over here that you got up here. He's totally not paying attention. He's just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. Just jump anywhere. It's all yeah, good. Okay. <laughs> good enough for me. I'm just gonna go to jumping on these rocks. Yeah. So you go to jump for a split second. You think, wait a minute. I didn't see Cat Dude jump on this one at all. Oh no. Is this gonna be one of the columns that falls underneath like a very traditional trap room? And you're thinking this, and you're like, oh. It feels like I've been in the air forever and like I'm not landing and because you realize these shoes that are designed for children to jump no actual further but give them the placebo effect have only allowed you to jump. Honestly, you you jump not even as far as you would have without the shoes because they kind of drag a little bit (laughs) as you just see Supermail just fall down to the bottom of this seemingly bottomless pit. Supermail, what do you scream out as your last words? As I fall down to the pit, I reach into my mailbag in my secret pocket of my most treasured stamps. And with the biggest throw that I can, I fling them back up in the air. And as I fall, I say, tell Jonathan and Bertha that I'm sorry I miss celebrating. And we'll never know what they were going to celebrate. Yeah, none of you see the stamps come up either, though, because they are just paper. So they kind of only go <laughs> about like a foot in the air. It's good that I don't see them, because if I had, I would have chased them. It seems uh, the, the situation is dire as Supermail has died. It's just like my parents all over again. Yeah, I got to Chuck and Larry loved falling. Oh, God. Did that male person just fall? <laughs> they suck at jumping. I fly across. All right, so yeah, you fly across, you fly over the, the dead body. Spider guy? Yep, I'm, I'm using my spider's grace to glide across the, the pillars. Yeah. I want to make a note that every time Bat Chick turns into a bat, Cat Dude makes a note of it, and he's like, his ears perk up a little bit, and he's like, hmm. He like kind of licks his lips. Y'all make your way across the room. Cat Dude has some plans for later. I sure hope nothing happens to Bat Chick. Oh, Cat Dude is for sure gonna eat her. What makes you say that? I mean, Cat Dude ate the zookeeper in the first story of Spider Day. Really? That is wild. I've never actually heard the first story of Spider Day. Then how do you know all of this? Time will tell. Or you could just tell me now. <laughs> so, we go back to space in 1998. We last left the spinner gaining the admiration of the crowd as he and Meteor fight the spider off, and Maxine and Celine are hiding. And so we go back to Celine. Your nails are just all just burnt off to a crisp. Some are cracked. Your hands look like you have just like had them dipped in just like nail polish remover overnight. It looks f- fucking brutal. Like you kind of make your way out because you had to get away from Maxine because she kept shooting your hands. <laughs> <laughs> the one person that I thought was decent, I yeah. have to fucking get away from now. And then, yeah, and so you start to make your way out and then you saw Meteor, they fell down. You start to just see this shadow growing larger and larger over as you look up and see that there is a giant spider leg bearing down on top of you, what do you do? I'm going to like try to dodge out of the way because I figure I probably took some like aerobics or jazz yeah. size glasses. I can roll across mm-hmm. the floor. <laughs> gonna dodge the leg and like just hit it with my purse. So you start to see you like <laughs> moving to wow. the left and right, like doing like, and you're like having to say the steps over to yourself. And sure okay. enough, you're able to just like barely dodge out of the way of the spider. And someone's like, that's very graceful. And so your odds go up a little Woo-hoo. bit. And then so there's a spider leg like right next to you. You're gonna, you're gonna blast it with a banshee scream. Yes, I am. <laughs> 
you blast it and the leg like it's it's insane how powerful this scream is because it actually like pushes this leg back and you could imagine this one leg alone is, is multiple times and so you're starting to like force it back it does like push back but then immediately like the spider like to ride itself kind of like whips the leg back in place oh, no. as you're then hit and you feel like you should be flying back but you actually get impaled by a bunch of the urticating hairs on the side on the spider's leg as they you're not dead but you do have a bunch of uh what can only be disguised as small punctures throughout your entire body that's the only way that's the only way <laughs> you can describe that maxine you see this happen what do you do so right before i'm totally in line with the jazzercise move like i'm yeah. doing them with her like yes yeah. that's how we do it uh-huh and stretch and stretch and squat like i'm totally doing the moves with you and i'm narrating what you're doing but then as i notice that the hairs might impale you i'm just gonna rewind back five seconds i'm gonna whip out a huge jar of vaseline and like cover your whole body so that when the, they try to puncture you, they slip off. You have this weird feeling of deja vu, like you were just impaled with with just hundreds of spikes. Ah, uh. And then you are just like, I, wh why is there Vaseline all over my body <laughs> as this giant spider leg whips back and hits you? And none of the none of the hairs actually stab into you, but you now are thrown back. <laughs> And you actually, Meteor was just standing back up. You get hit to the side of them. Oof. It doesn't hit Meteor as hard because you then just like slip off. I Where are you picture, going? I like picture like dust and rocks sticking yeah. to the Vaseline yeah. on me. And so you just slip off and you just like slide and fall on the ground in the rubble of the wall that was broken down. But once again, you have this weird feeling like you were just stabbed a bunch. And you don't really have a lot of road rash on you because the Vaseline just eased your way. Your way. Your way. But you definitely have a lot of bruises and it feels like some stuff has been broken as you just tumble across. My hair yeah. is so messed up. You're welcome. You can also use it on your baby hair. Spinner, what, what are you doing up there? You just cut through a bunch of baby spiders with the laser. What I'm going to try to do is to sort of run towards what is like the head of the spider. Okay. Then just as I'm kind of getting out of this egg sack area, I'm going to throw the sign like a boomerang to try and like... <laughs> Get, get as many as I can as it goes. And then once it comes back to me, I'm going to like jump okay. and land on I it love and try that. to like fly yeah. away. So you, you, you like run forward full sprint, you jump off and then midair, you like turn around, throw the sign it cuts through a couple of more spider eggs. Actually like takes a slice out of one of the legs on the other side of the spider itself. And then you land on top of the sign as you're starting to like fly down the ground. But then you do feel that there's some spider blood from the main spider on top of the sign that you just landed on. So the bottom of your feet are now burnt up as because you have one weakness yeah, you have chain mail covering your whole body uh, but only well yeah. i only covered to like the shorts yeah one, one because you have a like short that's set my... of chain mail yeah, yeah. 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 Well, well the uniform you, 80s, so. the, the yeah. Also yeah. uniform yeah, the, and there's goes cargo up to pockets here. in the chain mail shorts <laughs> too. Uh, your shoes are just normal they're not chain mail shoes so yep. it, it melts through the shoes really fast as the soles of your shoe kind of like burn in and oh, melt no. uh, to the bottom of your feet to where now it's very painful for you to walk and it kind of like throws you off you do land with your sign on the bottom of the ground right next to meteor and then oh. maxine you're still back in that side room the noise from the crowd above you kind of stopped for a little bit and you you don't really know why until you start to see 
a baby spider is like starting to crawl from the stadium down into the room and you do look up in the crack the thing that pulls your attention up there is there's some blood dripping and it seems like one of the baby spiders that got sent in the crowd did kill a lot of the people above you <laughs> and is now starting to make their way into the small cave that you're in i pull out a little aquanet like a little pump size version of it and yeah. i'm getting ready to go no no i'm gonna spray the spider with my aquanet so you, <laughs> this is a weapon yeah. now Hairspray. Yeah, um, <laughs> so you start to spray this spider in the face with aquanet and like it hits the spider's face and it like it doesn't like it and it's starting to like use its mandibles to try to cover its face off and then you hear the spider start making these like hissing at you and kind of the same like no no as, <laughs> as it then starts to spray you with a webbing <laughs> Oh, no. This one's about like a five foot like wide spider, so it's it's webbing is way more effective than your small cannibal. <laughs> yeah, and so like you're now like kind of caught in a web that's like spun up on the wall inside the cave, and the spider is blocking the exit. Okay, so I'm gonna yell out to Celine. I need your nails again, please, please. How far away is the cave from where I am? About sixty feet away. I probably can't hear you. <laughs> is there like chaos and destruction in the stands right now. Yeah, but like I said, it, it, people like it. Like, there's people, like, <laughs> fighting off the spider, and there you can see that there's, like, sub-betting pools for how many audience members die during this, like, well, and how then they yeah, how much collateral damage <laughs> is going on. To you, this is all fucking terrifying and crazy. To everyone else, this is just a good time. Like, people are loving it. Getting killed by a spider in the stands is the effectiveness of being on the kiss camp. <laughs> uh, okay, so she's 60 feet away from yeah. us. I'm gonna run towards the, the baby... The giant baby spider. Okay, Meteor, uh, come come with me. So I'm going to drag Meteor with me. I want you to throw me on top of the spider. No problem. And I'm going to take my shoes off, my high heel shoes. So when you throw me, I'm going to like stick them in its head and try to ride it. <laughs> so I pick her up like a javelin and just... To gently, and gently, like gently. <laughs> And I'm yeah. gonna like As you're trying to scream gently, gently, he just hurls you very fast. <laughs> and you sure enough, you are able to stick your heels into the spider as you're flying by the just sheer force of how fast you were thrown. I'm and, still covered yeah. in Vaseline. And these are still <laughs> so I feel like I let them slide oh, you, a little bit. If you don't catch this, well, you're yeah, so gone. Yeah. Is, I know, I'm trying to, I like, I rubbed yeah, the sand on my hands to like, you like, stab uh, the spider with your heels and you're still, you rub Vaseline off, but they're still like, you know, very fancy shoes. So there's not a lot of grip on them. I threw you really hard too. So, all you see, Maxie, is you just see what kind of looks like to be a blur. <laughs> the spider's about to like bite you and you just see in the back of its head, two red high heels just get stabbed and you're just like, what in the shit? And then you just see a giant splatter on the wall next to you. <laughs> As you see Celine just get thrown and hit the wall. Her insides are now out. There's a mixture of like spider guts and carcass. And you see your banshee lungs had enough capacity, even though you're dying, to have one last final saying. As you look up at Maxine, what do you say before you die? Wait, so my father hears about this. <laughs> and Maxine, the spider in front of you did die, but you are now still just kind of stuck on this wall. Do any of her nails survive? <laughs> you like pick up my hand. Can I reach a little yeah. bit and get a, a nail and try to cut myself loose? Yeah, there's one nail that was, there was a pinky nail that was longer than the others. Uh, <laughs> and solid gold. Yeah, and solid gold <laughs> that seems to have survived. And it's, you're able to reach it to where you can cut yourself out of the spider webbing so you'll be doing that. I'll be doing that sawing uh, myself. Yeah. Meteor, you 
you you watched this happiness you just saw that oh. you just kind of threw this person <laughs> to their death. It happens. I I did what she asked. I don't know why she's upset. So the spinner, uh, not to be deterred by my now lack of feet, <laughs> makes use of of my other talent, acrobatics, and jumps onto my hands, which is a trick that I use yeah. for like really for really desperate days. Yeah, when you're really trying to sell it. Yeah, because you spin with like your ankles and knees, not mm-hmm. necessarily the bottom of your feet. So yeah. you're now doing like a walking handstand. Yeah. as you're spinning around and the the crowd's loving it. Someone's just like, we we gotta get that guy in front of our space Starbucks. <laughs> <laughs> He's really good. <laughs> on the sign, I, 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 I say, like, hiring. And, and it's, it is ambiguous if I am hiring or I'm looking for work. Uh, yeah. I, I can't, it's really hard to manipulate yeah, that you, part with just my knees. Yeah, you put so. your pager number on there for people to... <laughs> Celine died doing what she loved. What's that? Screaming for people to do stuff. Are you really sure all of this is necessary for us to know? Like, I don't know if we need to hear all of the gruesome details. Oh, trust me. This will all come together quite nicely. Then couldn't you just summarize it for us? No. Now, back to 2001 in Valhalladale. We rejoin Feral, Beefy, Saul, and Melody as they track down the spider idol. Y'all four make your way into the next room. And this one, the walls themselves have what look like to be living arms coming out of the stone, grasping at things. And as you're surveying that itself, in the middle of one of the walls, there seems to be a body that has been grasped by these stone arms and then part of the wall and body itself is covered in this latex-like film with what can only be described as a spirit trying to escape a body halfway out of the chest. And that spirit itself is also covered in a latex-like film. And then on the ground, you do see a shriveled pastry-like body covered in blood and cream on the floor. No! What is with the food? Pastry-like, you say. And some of the arms themselves have holes in the middle and immediately start to shoot out poisonous darts and arrows at the four of you. Okay, and you said the arms are made of stone, right? Yeah. Because when you first said room full of arms, Feral got pretty excited, but <laughs> I'm going to turn back to my human form and then drop the arm from my mouth okay and then um (laughs) i'm gonna do like i'm gonna try to do one of those dope like 1970s spy movie type action hero stunts where i like backflip across the room dodging all the arrows and like poisonous darts and whatnot yeah great so you turn into your less dexterous human form and start to bound and jump throughout the room and then you do a really cool like gymnastics like nailed it landing Mm -hmm. And everyone only sees you from the front because you did like a backflip to land. And then you give oh, a no. thumbs up and then you turn around and then people see that there's about four arrows embedded in the back of Feral Fawcett. No! <laughs> but what's weird is you don't really feel it and you can only assume that these arrows that are poisoned also have some kind of paralytic on them to where you don't really tell. So unless anybody brings it up to Feral Fawcett, uh, she is unaware that there is poison arrows embedded in her back. Uh, do we... Tell her about those arrows. What arrows? Yeah, it'll be it'll be it'll be fine. <laughs> and then Saul walks through. <laughs> Just <laughs> underneath. <laughs> no, I'm like kind of like hitting, like waving my cane back and forth, trying to hit the arrows. 
and like knock Come away on, the hands. Come on, you can do it. It's the easiest thing in the world. <laughs> I'm attempting to send like a blast of like magic out of my hands to like destroy the arrows midair as they come toward me. It is blood red, just like the stains on my hands. Never forget. I can never forget what I've done and neither can you. <laughs> Great. Yeah. So you start using your magic to blast your way through. Saul is walking forward. And even though he's not trying to do like a cool move or anything, he's actually doing a good job at knocking a lot of the arrows out. But what takes Saul down is he actually slips on some of the uh, cream and blood that is on the floor next to the pastry husk and falls. And then you all hear a loud crack coming from Saul's hips. Oh, ow. You do believe that you have broken your hip bone. Oh, no. Beefy, I've, I've broken my hip. Can you carry me through? Uh. Yeah, I'll be right there. And Beefy is going to try and rush through the stone arms so that he, like, juggernaut from X-Men style, <laughs> just kind of snaps them off from, like, the wall. Oh, my God. Just breaks through the stone. <laughs> So what happens is Beefy realizing he doesn't have the ability to like dodge or do any of that. He tries to just (laughs) knock through everything and with the massive force of his body, breaks through all of the uh, stone arms and then immediately breaks through the wall leading into the next room. And Beefy, you find out that the next room before anyone enters it had no floor whatsoever as you then plummet down into a seemingly bottomless pit, and what is the last thing you scream out to your companions? Remember me for my strength of character. (laughs) Saul Saul Goodman yells, let go of me, you damn idiot. (laughs) (laughs) Were they both in the- He did grab Saul. Saul is like just barely hanging on on the other side on this. And so y'all make your way through and then see that there's a very small bit of flooring and that there's a series of ropes to be able to swing across in this- Wait, am I still with the group or not? No, you're still there. You're still there. No one's told you about your arrows yet. yet. You think you're fine. Right, but like there's a there's a paralytic. Am I like losing No, and so the paralytic is a localized one, so it do, you don't really feel oh, where the arrows went in, but the cool, poison cool, cool. is still coursing through you. So you look over and you do see that Saul Goodman is hanging on to this ledge and that Beefy had fallen down. And then you see on the wall that right next to where the hole that was broken, it seems like somebody has drilled into the wall a message and the message reads, remember, holes will always be your friend. And then you hear an eerie voice from the bottom of the pit say, Hello, do you like my hole? What? Uh, what do the three of you do? Help, someone Someone, help me up. I'm, uh, help. Honestly, it could use some work. Your hole. Oh, that's me. What, what, what the hell are you talking about? Just get me out. Get, get me out of here. But this was the hole that was made for me. <laughs> No, no, thank you. Uh, Yeah, so what do y'all do? And this voice seems to be coming from like the depths of the hole. And then because you still hear Beefy's scream, but it's just very distant. (laughs) I cannot emphasize enough how much Melody is Audi. She is mercenary. She's not here for anybody else's safety. Yeah, so you you just fly across the room, don't even bother with any of the ropes themselves, and you're on the other side. I don't give a shit. Saul Goodman and Farrell Fawcett, what are the two of you doing? Saul, you're, you are still hanging on. Farrell, you gotta, you gotta help me out. I, I have so much to live for. Right on. I feel really great right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think I reached out and tried to pull you up. 
Yeah, you're able to uh, pull Saul up. And like when I bend over to like grab your hand, you can absolutely <laughs> see like six arrows sticking out from my back, just like over my shoulders. <laughs> yeah, so Saul, you're able to make your way up, but you definitely do have a broken hip. Yeah, it does not feel good. Ah, oh, thank you. I think those backflips yeah. must have cracked something in my spine. I feel amazing. Yeah, uh, you, uh, sure, yeah. We'll go with that. You know, I was going to schedule an acupuncture appointment, but now I don't think I need it. But yeah, so the two of you are faced uh, uh, with the obstacle of getting across this room, and there's a there's a series of ropes that you can swing across. What are you doing? Well, you have a broken hip. <laughs> yeah, I do. Uh, but, you know, I uh, only need these arms to get across, and I, I'm going to throw my cane across <laughs> Sorry, the room. And I flex a little bit. <laughs> How are you going to the first rope? You're going to throw me. Why don't you just climb onto my back and I'll swing across? Well, yeah, the thing about your back is, uh, well, uh, it's a little complicated. Just throw me. <laughs> okay. On the other side of the room, Melody calls, Have you tried flying? It's a lot easier. Yeah, shut the hell up. Uh, yeah, so you do throw Saul and you kind of like wince because you imagine like you're just going to be throwing your friend uh, to the same phase, <laughs> Beefy. But sure enough, Saul uses like the force of the throw grabs under a rope, it swings forward, and then swings back, and then he just uses physics to actually be able to propel himself across all the just ropes. sheer upper body strength. You know, it's what Beefy would want. Oh, it's what Beefy would have wanted. I'm doing it for Beefy. Uh, with the loving memory of Beefy in your head and the faint screams. I can still hear him in the distance. It's like he's right next to me. <laughs> uh, you make your way across the room, and Farrell, what are you doing? Are you just going to use the ropes? Uh, yeah, I'm just going to use the ropes. I'm going to, like, step back a few steps and then do like a very athletic like jump and then sprint to the edge very like perfect form grab onto the ropes and swing my yeah, way and across. you do that and you feel like you got like a real good arm workout because it kind of feels like your arms are burning a little bit and there's a little bit of numbness mm -hmm. but you know it's just that feeling you get after a good after a good workout you're on the other side of the room you hear a voice from the bottom before you leave so you don't like my holes oh what a shame there's never been a good way to answer that question. You just do what any person would do and immediately leave, so... I really hope Farrell's gonna be okay. Well, she's clearly not. She got shot with arrows. Well, maybe she'll end up like Beefy. He died. Or did he? No, he for sure died from falling in a bottomless pit. Ah, damn, that's rough. Moving on, we go back to 2004 with my great uncle and his friends. Now that the team was finally back together, it was time to do what they do best. I'm not entirely sure, but that spider could be part of this place. I might have seen it around already. Do you live here? The spider doesn't say anything. It's just like webbing up storage unit Steve. And then the unit 69 next to you does open up. There is another uh, six foot tall spider in there. But like inside of there though, it looks like it's a bunch of webs and stuff like that. So you would assume that it is a spider unit and that they live there as well. Hey, nice. <laughs> Hi neighbor. Yeah, uh, well, living is a strong word, you know, um, I'm just, you know, going from place to place, having a lot of things on my on my hands right now. Look, if you need somewhere, to, if you and... need somewhere to crash, like you can crash at my place. Oh, pff, well, pff, I mean, <laughs> okay, we, yeah, sure. I mean, if you insist. No, no, definitely. I mean, look, I've got I've got space, and you take all the time that you need. Okay, I think it's eating that guy. I think we need to probably. Oh, oh no. <laughs> hey, Steve, is that a friend of yours? Steve's head falls on the ground. Ah! Shit, okay, let's let's get in there. Deliver immediately grabs his arm, grips it 
from his own body, it hurts, and then throws his arm at the at the big spider. <laughs> Just like the like the old times, huh, guys? <laughs> Your arm gets thrown at the spider, and it immediately starts to try to bite it, and but then you see the liver's hand starts to punch the spider in its face as it's eating it from the bottom down. The spellbook is opening up his flesh pages and reaches the spell Eviction Notice and wants to cast this on the spider. You cast the spell Eviction Notice and then magically a large pink sheet is summoned and then on the other side of it there is a, a large tack big enough for the paper and you start to see it magically get nailed into the front of the spider. Um, this spider um, has fallen dead. I would like to run forward and sort of like Iceman from X-Men. I vomit nacho cheese in front of me and like slide on it and then I reach into the pouch on my belt and just pull out some black olives and just throw them at the eyes of that spider. It doesn't actually do much. It's just very unpleasant. But I do slide by real cool on my cheese. You nacho cheese slide and you're just getting the whole alleyway in this row of storage units just covered covered in that cheesy goodness <laughs> and then you throw olives and it's fun too because what happens is they do hit the spider in the face and they hit its eyes it looks like they have eight olive eyes and it's real fun and kooky <laughs> what an idiot the liver's arm has almost been eaten fully and so it punches once and then grabs an olive and flicks it up in the air for the liver to catch so he, uh, he can finally have some food you know I don't need to eat or sleep but it's, I sure miss those things and they sure seem to help my mental state. Uh, the rancher is just going to lean over to Steely Joan. Do you ever feel like our powers ain't gross enough for this team? I think having lack of gross powers is very good. I think after this, you and I should do something else away from these weirdos. I can still hear you, you know. And she just looks very sad. Yeah, at this point, uh, Nacho Man has vomited so much cheese into the spider's mouth that it's now suffocating. Oh, God. As you all assume that this was a, a one-off event and it was just some angry neighbors of the liver. Yeah, th this has happened before. There were even giant spiders before, too. This is not even weird. I'm not really worried about it. And so you can now make your way back to the steer-led truck. This is a very fashionable vehicle you have here. Thanks. I'm so happy I'm going to call my handsome and loving little brother to see if he picks up. You call, and this time um, it rings twice, and then you get sent to voicemail. Ugh, weird. I guess he's busy. But you know, he's always looked up to me. And as you're driving away, Nacho Man, you realize now with the steer, you don't really need the rear view mirror to like look behind you, so you do just check to make sure that you have cheese in your teeth. Mm. Mm, mm. Yeah, yeah, you want to make you sure it's there much. for sure. None of you are looking behind because, you know, why would you? And so what you don't see is the storage unit is now just covered in various size spiders. Mm, yeah, there's that glossy yellow look. Yeah, I like that. Can I turn on the radio? I, I need to check some uh, some lottery numbers that I bought. Yeah, sure, buddy. I assume maybe the battery. I don't know. Uh, there was some uh, weird uh, gas situation, which is why the car's not actually on. But I'll, I'll try to turn it on so you can uh, get the radio. Yeah, you turn it on and then every station, it just sounds like it's the emergency broadcasting noise no that's weird uh, that's probably nothing. I'll, I'll just i'll just google it if you if you, any of you can lend me your your phones and i i take out like five different phones that i have in my bag yeah i hand one i hand one to him i take very long to actually go to the internet in this old ass phone and check the numbers oh my god guys 
I won the lottery. <gasps> oh my God, that's amazing. Oh, that's nice. This is incredible. Tomorrow I can go get all this money and turn my life oh around. Oh my gosh. Well, you know, winning the lottery always ends up going really well for the people who win. And I can only see how your life is going to go up from here. Yeah, right? This excitement from the liver actually makes uh, his arm start to regenerate even faster. It goes from like, you know, like a three month old to like, you know, a toddler arm in, in just a matter of a second. As soon as he gets that hope and vigor back in his life. Ah, the baby arms are my favorite. All of you would find it weird that like it feels like the ground is shaking but it actually like this truck itself isn't shaking because it's being pulled by six steer so you don't really notice that there seems to be like a tremble every 20 or so seconds and like kind of a series as if like eight legs were walking towards the city don't notice i feel a constant tremble in my gut at all times so i, I think nothing of it Okay, uh, reflux. Nacho, so what's the big plan? What's what's the big emergency? Uh, well, I my intel says that there's going to be some crimes happening uh, around the mayor's office. So we got to we got to get there and make sure that somebody's able that somebody is able to put a stop to that. And I and I check my uh, my shirt pocket to make sure that the artifact that I have reclaimed is still on my person. See Nacho man looking his uh, in his shirt pocket, and the only outline you can see is a uh, hard case for some glasses. Where are those for? Uh, a friend? <clears throat> uh, reading. Uh, oh, Nacho, these aren't the thing we discussed the other day, are they? They may or may not be the thing that we discussed. Nacho, man, look over there. <laughs> the, the, the time when you were like, yes, I mean, if I were to hypothetically find an artifact to give someone pizza vision, what would I look for? Mm. And I was like, yeah, possibly some glasses because vision, right? I can look it up for you, but you know, mm -hmm. it's all hypotheticals and I'm well, not obviously sure. Very hypothetical, yes. This this isn't it, right? What, you think I actually found pizza vision glasses? What kind of idiot would want pizza vision? I mean, yeah, that would be ridiculous. I but... open up the case because I, I have in this time. Yeah. Swiped it. For sure. This makes sense. Yeah, so you open up the case and then not your main, even though like the steering wheel of the truck doesn't do anything because it's not connected to the steers whatsoever. Makes me feel good. You do start to feel that cheesy goodness uh, and some crust under your fingers as you notice that Steely Joan has the pizza vision goggles on and has now turned the steering wheel of your truck into a supreme pizza. Damn it, Joan, you don't know the power that those wield, and I try to uh, grab them. It seems the power's pretty cheesy. <laughs> Damn straight. As you are uh, wrestling the glasses back from Joan, they then immediately send pizza bolts into every direction, and so parts of the truck start to turn into pizzas. And then some of the rays hit the outside mirrors, hitting the two back tires of your truck, immediately turning them into margarita pizzas as the <laughs> back of the truck then falls down and is dragging and sending sparks out everywhere. Look, there's only one man I trust with a responsibility like this, and it's my little brother. All right, all right, I hand him back. The liver is hitting the, the steering wheel. So as this is happening, the steer, although very powerful and mighty, can no longer cart this truck anymore, and it doesn't have back wheels anymore, so the steer no longer able to pull it. So the steer stopped after they like were having a hard time pushing, and then they turn around, unlike the five of you, and then see it and then you see like the steer are now trying to run away again as they looked behind them you know what johan this is the weirdest thing do tell that has ever happened to me and that's saying something with this here team but this is the weirdest thing that has ever happened to me and i guarantee that no matter what happens for the rest of the day i will definitely remember this 
and definitely mention it again. Oh, most most certainly. It's it's gonna it's gonna be ingrained in my memory. And will what's happening today? Stories we're gonna tell for years to come. You all look to the liver to uh, get some insight, and then you see that he is now eating the margarita pizza wheels. You okay, bud? Um, yes, yes. It's you know sometimes uh, it, it was like six months just reading the label on an empty meat can it was like eating you know for me but it didn't really get me there and now all this pizza you're welcome thank you y'all not your man puts the glasses back in the protective case and then snaps them closed and then once that happens all of the things that were turned to pizza begin to take their original form does that happen in your gut (laughs) yeah as you start to see the livers like chest and stomach start to pop out in weird shapes oh not again. As a tire just rips the liver in half. Ah, fuck. Oh, no. Oh, jeez. Oh, that was bound to happen. I did Oh. Oh, well. <laughs> Gosh, shit, that's what? gruesome. Damn. Damn What are you gonna do? No problem. No problem, guys. This is what I'm talking about. It's just pain. It's only pain. Just pain every day. Spray through it. That is why only the strongest in the Jackson family can be trusted with these. Holy shit. Are those actual pizza vision goggles? Can you turn this rock into a pizza? You tell me. Jerry, that's just going to turn back into a rock later. Sure, but like, how much later? Ah, well, uh, never mind then. Now we go back to 1998 in space. Mel Keller was putting on an open house while Carol, Puddles, and Monsieur Abattoir fight below. What are you doing, Carol? Well, Carol just makes a beeline for the shrimp. The shrimp. Carol, you're trying to make your way up there, and Mel was able to get up the webbing itself pretty easily because she was able to rip herself out of the webbing with her super strength. But Carol, you are just finding yourself kind of caught up in the webbing leading up to the auditorium as you're trying to make it to to shrimp. Okay, does anybody have any goo gone? Do you know nobody keeps it with you? What about some WD-40? I could spit on you. Like I've been spit on my whole life. I know that you were saying that is like a sarcastic thing, but actually, do you want to try that? I'm okay with that. This takes several minutes. Yeah. Carol, you're stuck, and then Puddles is still bouncing, so you can just, you hear them making the gargle noise, and then they bounce back up, and it kind of gets quieter, and then it gets louder, and it's quieter. And then and then I say my uh, Puddles catchphrase, looks like rain. Patooly, my yeah. spit rains down. There's a comical amount of spit just flying all over <laughs> the auditorium. Wait, is it like, like, is it like a, uh, like a solid loogie, or is it one of those sort of embarrassing spray? I like to think that the curve of the earth broke it apart. I'm very high up. And so there's actually enough of it to where Carol, it, it's all the actual like leftover like bourbon and tobacco that actually breaks down the webbing for Kale to be able to escape. Monsieur Abattoir, you actually are about to jump back as uh, some of the spit covers on you and it just barely loses your footing to where you had a really good, you know, you're going to jump back and hit the exact same spot on that second spider leg. But what's actually happened is you've now tumbled kind of in the sky. You get like scraped across the back with these urticating hairs on the spider leg. Oh, and my then you healing fall- factors could have a real workout with yeah, this. And so you fall down and all, all of you do see, it cut deep, but luckily you see his impregnatable bones. They're just really exposed. Very well, I have an idea. I ran over to Mel Keller. 
And I say, Milkiller, ah, yeah. I need you to use your super strength to throw me at the face of this spider right into one of its big bulgy eyes. You must throw me in, I will, I will poke it with my finger knives and all the knives that come out of me. There's a little backstory. He was the only guy to ever get Mel Keller below list. And so she... She sees this as an opportunity. Yeah. All right. She's going to play along like, oh, absolutely. This is this is a great idea. But secretly, she's going to aim poorly. Okay. So he, you're asking for like on the back? No, no. I want it right into the eye. Like right right so in the eye. Right uh, in its face. You know, she's just going to, I mean, and obviously with dice. her super strength, she's got precision. Mm-hmm. So she's actually going to lob him toward the maw. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, it's sort of a revenge toss. Yeah, so... Well, and, he, you know, he's a villain. He's probably killed quite a few heroes. Yeah, and, so... Uh, which he sold houses to, or could have sold houses yeah, to. Yeah, you, you use your knife fingers to crawl up the side of the Coliseum wall to get up to the stadium, and then the wall itself, can, you, like, the knives stick in there, so you keep having to grow more knife fingers as it's kind of, like, left in your way. But I, but I want her to throw Yeah, that's yeah, what I'm saying. Yeah. So you make your way up to her. Yeah, yes. yeah. And so, I will have some shrimp as well. Yeah, there is. Yeah. And then, there. Carol, you finally are able to get your way out of the webbing and you do see uh, Monsieur eat the last of the shrimp. Oh. Mm. Yeah. It was not very good. It was room temperature. How long is this shrimp been sitting at room temperature? I oh, wonder. that's definitely, I would imagine, turning away a couple of my clients. Yeah, there's a few people. Yeah, there's a, yeah, because first of all, oh my God. You know, there are people that were there just for the shrimp and he ate the last of them. And then they, he mentions the poor quality of of the food itself and so there's some people just oh, like you see one one person's trying to like act like they're not throwing away your business card but you know they are oh my god those cost money you know you didn't even leave any cocktail sauce and i was really looking forward to that and jiminy crickets i'm just i'm real upset right now i wouldn't buy a house from here anyway the duplex i bought had silver fish oh no that's real bad that gets on your uh your forks and your knives yes yes all right now then all right sir they throw me at this thing as i have told you to do eh? and then i will get us home after i've murdered this thing oh with pleasure monsieur abattoir and you see her uh sort of unbutton the top button of her pants and this sort of like bank strength abs like, you just kind of get, they sort of get a little more space to him, right? So he just crunches down and lifts up Abattoir like a feather. And then, you know, just kind of uses that spank strength to just spring, uh, launch him toward the uh, spider. Now, I'm probably not aware of where I'm heading yet, so I think I'm just going for its eye. So I will deploy all of my knives from my fingers, but... Now, in flight, I will achieve my final form as knives shoot out of every pore on my body and all of my follicles as well and out of the little con the sclera of my eyes and I'm just all the big, like, knives sticking out everywhere and I'm like, ho-ho! Vive la France! You start to feel your bones are just producing so many of these knives. You never produce this many knives that you actually are kind of running out of your own bones themselves. Oh, yeah. Uh, I will take you with me, yeah. Spider! And so you're kind of on like the up part of your arc, and you're like, oh, I'm definitely about to hit the eyes of this spider. And then you, on your downward descent, you realize the trajectory that Mel had sent you no, on. No, no. It's, it's just barely no, off. Le you, pas de yeah. bouche, pas de bouche. As you begin to just ascend into the maw of the spider itself. <laughs> and at first, like the spider can tell like you're covered 
in these scary knives. So from the spinner on the very back, like it tries to shoot you to like kind of get you out of the way so it doesn't swallow just a thing covered in knives. But it actually, your knives are just so sharp, it just cuts right through the webbing itself. But then the webbing then connects to the knives that are part of your skin and your bones are so frail that what actually is going to kill you is the fact that the entirety of all of your skin is going to be ripped off because the knives are embedded in the webbing itself as you just kind of come out of the other side. And what's pretty funny to everyone else is you think, oh, the spider's about to get fucked up because he eats all this knives things. And you just see a wave of webbing go over amongst your repertoire, and on the other side is just his skeleton. <laughs> uh, but what is, what is the last thing you say before you die? Ah, shit, my pain. And then you just see bones just fall <laughs> in the ground. <laughs> and as the bones crumble, you just hear. I'm kind of scrambling because I feel like everybody's left the open house. Yeah, that you thought they were turned off by the idea that somebody didn't like your shrimp. They're definitely turned off by the idea it looks like you did just throw someone to their death. I'm a brutal murderer. Yeah. Uh, I think this is the point at which Mel the Killer Keller snaps. Okay. Because although she murdered her nemesis, she also just lost a client. Yeah. So I think that this is the point at which her psyche splits. And I think that she rips off her blazer wraps it around her neck and says, I am the end. And she starts just sprinting toward the edge of the uh, audience seats, launching herself into the middle of the arena because the spider represents everything that stood in her way. And she's going to fall flat on her face, I'm imagining, because she doesn't have flying abilities. And you do have, you know, super strength. So you get like a good, easy, like probably <laughs> 20, 25 feet, like out from the wall itself, as then you just kind of fall on the ground. It turns out, although his most of his bones were very frail, the impregnable bones uh, left over were still very sharp themselves as you fall and your legs get stabbed with the bones of Monsieur Abrator oh as you fall on the ground. You're not dead. You can't walk for sure because your legs have just been stabbed. It does seem like it has ripped your Spanx. Oh, that was a mistake. That's where you blew it because you see Mel's... Uh the hormones have kicked in now. And so now the spillage coming out from between the, the shredded openings of the Spanx, they're starting to create their own sort of creature. So that there's no longer a, a human shape here. It's it's more of the form of regret and frustration. And I don't know that it can be defeated, to be honest. <laughs> oh, look, that, uh, that looks like regret. Yeah. <sighs> Match dark oh. oh god, she's on the prowl. I've seen this before. That just goes to show you what I was saying earlier about the importance of an open house. What does Mel killing Monsieur Abattoir have to do with an open house? You, um, need good shrimp? I don't even know why I asked. Me neither. So, we go back to 2004 and the villains that were up to no good. We last left the arsonists stealing a car for Blindside, Taxman, and Nitwit to make it to their next location. The arsonist has stolen a car. Where are the four of you off to next? This is a good start, but, you know, burning down only one building isn't really a crime spree, so to speak. Brainstorm, how can we burn down a lot of buildings at the same time? A balloon factory. What about a mall? A mall? A that's mall. like 30 stores at once. 
Y'all make your way over to the Heavendale Mall, and there's a Sabaros that's like one of the first places when you walk in. And it's not, it's one of the Sabaros that's not connected to the food court. I throw some texts <laughs> at the Sabaros employee. <laughs> Please don't do that to the, the purveyors of fine the quality no, pizza. I'm sorry they've left yeah. my hand. There is a, you threw some texts, and then there was a, an employee on his break, and he was about to take a nice bite of that Sabaro pizza as he just gets a mouthful of texts. <laughs> oh. Yeah, and he's like, oh shit, I didn't didn't put this on this pizza. And then they see four villains standing in front of them and their tiny 16-year-old face goes pale white. (laughs) Also, there's a little blood coming from their mouth because they did just eat tacks. I want to turn invisible and sneak up on this kid. So you turn invisible in front of him and then you try to make your way yeah. over there and then you you fall and tip over on the counter and fall on some tax that the tax man just threw. <laughs> God, I hope this doesn't become a trend for today. <laughs> you're not full, because uh, there's tax embedded in you right now, so you're not fully invisible due to the tax given away where your body is. I'm going to shove this kid's face in his pizza. So yeah, you shove this kid's face in his tax-riddled pizza as you then pull it up and his face is bleeding and he's shoving it again. It's also on a counter, so you're just shoving his yeah. face into small, <laughs> to like these tacks. And so it's not killing him, but it's definitely hurting him a lot. Yeah, and then I'm going to whisper to him, there's no reason this is happening. <laughs> <laughs> Are you are you invisible or not while you do this? I assume you can see the outline of a body with all the tacks in it. Yeah, and uh, some pizza grease, yeah. yeah so like, There's like a sheen, so your invisibility kind of looks like the predator. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm, that I makes just, sense. I just want this kid to know, like, he doesn't have yeah, to take it. Yeah, yeah, so you uh, torture this 16-year-old kid and then tell them that none of this is, this is happening for no reason, and they, uh, you definitely just, you can tell they just piss themselves immediately. They're terrified. The nitwit leans over the counter, fills something up out of the soda fountain, a, a Diet Mountain Dew, and uh, looks over the kid and says, he's right, you know, there is no actual meaning to the universe, and starts to knit up a tentacle army to go to restrain people in the food court. So yeah, you. I think what's happened is the first thing you did is you, you just got a couple straws so you can set the Diet Mountain Dew down on the table and drink from it as you're telling this kid about, you know, chaos theory and just sewing tentacles that are just r- reaching yards and yards length very quickly as it's just wrapping up every citizen in the mall. The arsonist, what are you doing? Looking for those OSHA signs. <laughs> <laughs> so the mall doesn't have as many like flammable signs because ideally an entirely retail and just consumer-based place isn't super flammable. But you definitely do know, having burnt down many a building, that malls in general aren't really built with the best material. So most all of it is flammable, especially, you know, if you have some like napalm and things like that. There's a myriad of ways you could try to figure out how to burn this place down. It's kind of, you know. You know, the deep fryers in kitchens are just all pretty much just bombs waiting to happen. Oh, yeah, because <laughs> see, right now you're not in the proper food court. This is like a little satellite Sabaros. But there is like a food court that I would say is like in the kind of the center of the mall. Sure, it's the heart of the mall, the Tum Tum. The first thing I want to do is like, oh, like call down an elevator and throw like a, a bomb in it. I want to do that with a couple of elevators, just you know, just because. Yeah, there's a couple of elevators on your way that you you just send bombs up, and so you're like walk as you're walking away, you know, you hear them explode on the second or third floor. 
It's a lot cooler to not look, but of course the arsonist turns around and looks. And luckily looks no so one's cool. with you right now. It's just you, so no one can tell that you looked. Because you definitely... Because what's the point of making fire if you can't look directly into it and see your, see your parents, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> I think I will look, like, make my way towards the food court, but if I see any, like, security signs or signs, you know how, like, at a mall there would there will be, like, the sort of back hallways or whatever, the staff areas? Yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe make my way into those if there's a door that's apparent, or if not, I'm going to head... There's, there's a few of them, and every time you look down one, it just kind of seems like... It is just kind of a straight hallway for back entrances and employee entrances to different actual shops. Okay, I'll keep going. Yeah, so you are in the food court. There's so much good commerce and capitalism going on. Everyone's just really happy and no one's really paying attention. So, you know, there was some chaos at the front of the mall and the nitwits tentacles haven't reached the food court yet. So you definitely have a little bit of time while everyone's still very relaxed and their guards are down. What's the greasiest restaurant here? <laughs> There's a Captain D's. And because this is in 2004, so hybrid restaurants aren't big yet, but this is like one of the first ones. So it's like a Captain D's mixed with a Panda Express. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I'm looking. For, I'm going to go straight for the fryers. This is like probably one of the biggest ones. This is 2004. People didn't know that, you know, eating food was awful for you, especially one that's made to kill you. And it's pretty mm-hmm. much just like the whole thing's a giant fryer in the back. And there's one especially large fryer. They do have a four foot tall egg roll. That it's kind of like it's like a it's served like it's like a family fun meal. But so they but that's the that's the egg roll fryer. So it's just this giant like six foot in diameter fryer that you see back there. I want to just leap over the counter. And as fast as I can, uh, you know, like fling hot oil into the faces of all the employees that I can. I just want to burn people. You just like run and you just like push back through all these people. And there's someone giving out free samples of uh, catfish lo mein. And you just push push the tray over, <laughs> hop over, pick up one of the fry, fry baskets and starts flinging grease on people. And then one thing that you do... You still have the wallet of the volunteer firefighter in your pocket, and you start to think about how much you hate dumb firefighters and how they use water so much, and water's so stupid. But then you do remember what happens when you put a lot of water into hot boiling oil, and you do see that there are uh, industrial like strength hoses in the back because they got to hose off all that grease. Oh, I get excited. I make sure the fr- I turn the fryer all the way up. Like, how, however hot it gets. Yeah, because you definitely made, like, all the employees, like, immediately run. They were the first ones to get hit with all the hot fryer grease. I turn it up, I add more oil, and then I start, yeah, I start adding water to it. All right, great. So we're I gonna, don't really care if I get hurt. Yeah, we're going to cut back to the front of the mall. Blindside, are you still torturing this one kid, or have you no, moved on? No, I feel like there's... I've already done more existential damage than physical damage could ever cover up. So I'm just going to go to the Urban Outfitters and shoplift. So yeah, you're just shoplifting yeah. at the Urban Outfitters. There's a guy that comes up to you. He has like the swoop, like faded tips haircut. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's like, um, I think you're stealing. What are you doing? I ignore him and I turn invisible and just carry around. Just, <laughs> just an armful of clothes. Yeah, okay, and he just starts to try to take the clothes away from you because the clothes themselves aren't invisible. Right. He can see them. I just start wiggling while I walk away. <laughs> I don't really know what he's. I can't really see him either. Okay, so you're having not even a fight. You're doing your thing. Uh, tax, tax man, what are you doing? Tax man is standing by a large fountain. 
in the middle of the mall um, and he's holding one single tack and he looks at the tack and then he holds it close to his chest and closes his eyes for a, mo for a moment and then ping just flicks it into the fountain and then he throws a bunch of tacks at a field trip <laughs> <laughs> middle school class on a yeah, field trip to the mall. Yeah, there's a bunch of middle school kids also flipping in like pennies and stuff like that. And then all of these middle school kids just get a face full of texts. <laughs> gotcha, by the text man. Yeah, and then their teacher starts to ask, what are you doing? But before she can do anything, these fabric tentacles just start grasping her arms and legs. <laughs> and like they try to like wrap around her face to where she like to stop her from screaming, but she can still scream through it. So her muffled screams are heard by this group of middle school kids that just got a bunch of tacks in their face as they see their teacher just getting pulled back towards the Sabaros and all they see is a passed out bloody faced man who has soiled themselves. Remember kids, the authorities are powerless to protect you. <laughs> <laughs> and I throw another well-timed fistful of tacks at the children. Yeah, as I say, at this point, all the nitwits tentacles, there's like 32 in total going out. They've actually reached the food court. We cut back in and you pretty much just see the arsonist is just like double fisting hoses as they're just spraying inside of fryers and it's just overflowing and splashing people. And you're now just going through and turning fryers up in every place because the inevitability of the fire sprinklers going off any minute now or is about to happen. So before you get soaked in your mortal enemy of water, what are you doing? The food court is now just terrified. Before the sprinklers go off, I quickly set little like minute time bombs at each of the fryers so that they'll all explode. Yeah. And so this time you can tell that people are looking at you because I think blindside, you weren't able to steal anything. Weirdly enough, that teen was way, way more <laughs> aggressive than you. The three of you are walking your way towards the food court. There's tentacles just coming from every which way of nitwit. Text man is just throwing text by the handful again. Blindside feels a little defeated. You all just see the arsonists looking cool as fuck, and with the arsonists knowing that all eyes are on them, you just see them, like, click a little button, and then fryers start to explode uh, all around them as they do not look back whatsoever. You walk by an electronics boutique, and it has one of those cool, like, you know, 20 TV displays on in the front. There is a news report, uh, and it seems like somebody is reporting that the synthetic fabric factory has been burnt down, and that there's apparently a attack from what is suspected to be the same group of villains at the mall currently. Oh, hey, guys, we're on TV. We better cheese it. I think they're on to us. Is there fire on the TV? Well, yeah, because they did show that the synthetic fabric factory is on fire. There was just like a stock, like an old photo of the mall. It doesn't seem like they have live footage of the mall, but the mall is on fire in different places. Let's find a new, new place to hit up. Uh, as you say that, you do see, because you guys are leaving the mall, you do see a pamphlet in the front, and it's a reminder that it's the monthly puppy in the park day today. <laughs> we could cruise through the park and what's the biggest landmark in Heavendale that we could burn down? The world's largest ball of lint, which is actually remarkably flammable yeah. right in the middle yes. of town. Yes, I've tried many times, but the, the it's very well guarded actually. <laughs> it's always under lock and key, but the mayor has a key to the city. <gasps> we can steal that, burn down the mayor, then burn down the lint, and we'll live forever, metaphorically. <laughs> Maybe literally. I don't know what makes a ball of lint that big. Maybe literally. That sounds good to me. We can't rule it out. We got to go through the park on the way, right? 
Yeah, yeah. Well, actually, as long as I'm holding, as long as I keep my needles, I'll I I will never age. So, but yeah, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yes, let's yeah, let's go do that. Darius just says, I don't care whether I live or die. <laughs> let's go. Yeah, as they say that, they just throw the bomb behind them. They did not look to see what was there. <laughs> Who doesn't love a group trip to the mall? I'm gonna go out on a limb and say all of the people got attacked and killed, right? Well, let's not focus on them, Jerry. Hot on the trail of these villains, we reconnect with Jane Jenkins and her group of ragtag heroes, the Pied Piper, Silver Moth, and Son of Bone Daddy. We last left them heading to the mall. I wonder what they'll find. We call it the mindfulness CD, but is it just en- is it just Enya? Yeah, Jane, you can tell that they've listened to this Enya CD so much, to where all of them like have the same like sway motions during different parts. <laughs> like they they didn't plan to synchronize; it's just kind of happened over the years. Wow, my eyes are closed. I'm really taking in the sounds, mm. just kind of like getting that focus up. Yeah, absolutely. My eyes are closed. I'm really. Drifting into oncoming traffic and then swerving back. Right, no, yeah. wait, right. you must no. drive. Right, yeah. We all take turns driving so we can close our eyes and listen to the Enya. Uh, ah. Y'all pull up to the mall, but the Enya song isn't the track that it's on right now. Isn't done yet. And Jane, you are in the back seat. You have to let. You have to get somebody to let you out. None of them will get out of the car until the song is done. You know, guys, I'm beginning to think that maybe the real story is the friendship. Uh, sorry, sorry. Just, just you could share. you give us just two minutes? Okay, sorry. What were you saying? You know what? Let's just uh, let's just get let's get in there. Let's get in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's yeah. yeah. Okay, I'm feeling, yeah, I'm feeling centered. Let's, let's do go. this. Yeah. yeah. Next next time we listen to Return to Innocence. I, I love that. So one. y'all get out of the car, and the parking lot itself just seems like it has just been ravaged. It looks terrifying because it looks like cars have just been thrown all over the parking lot. And Silver Moth, you pick up on this. There's a bunch of trails of yarn left out everywhere. Oh my God. Okay. It's oh, I can't believe it. I can't believe it. It's, it's actually day. happening. An it's enemy that will be it's vulnerable happening. to moths. It's happening. You can do this, Silver yeah, Moth. I'm We're so, so excited this is for you. Day. You can do oh, it. Okay. Okay. So you go inside, Silver Moth. You're excited because like something can finally be affected by the moths. But what you see is just a series of webbings of yarn everywhere, and uh, throughout it are just people that have been strangled and choked out by the yarn itself, and that there is a. Sabaros right when you walk in and then there is just this teenager who has what just looks like small punctures all throughout his face burns with some cheese kind of like encrusted in it and he's streaming about chaos theory and how nihilism is the only true okay. way to live and there seems just to be chaos all over and the, the so you don't walk into the food court the sabaro is a satellite sabaros and the food court you all know is a bit deeper in that's where the frogert would be but you do walk into just an utterly terrifying thing turn to the other heroes for a second just be like okay i should probably use my powers to free those people but i, I kind of want to save the the moths for the bad guy. I, I feel like that's 
maybe more of an opportunity for me to show my show show what I can do. Have you mastered your ability enough to uh, only release like uh, four or five to start freeing the people? Save like ten for the the bad guy. But once I open the valve, I I mean I don't really know how many are gonna come out. That's fair. That's fair. No, like that. Know your limits. I just I don't want to yeah, use yeah, it, yeah. and then and yeah. then um, Yarn Man or whoever we're dealing with then shows up. Maybe our plan of action here. Now this is just a mind map. Mm-hmm. Nothing's mm-hmm. in stone. No. No, no. Right. Spitballing, yeah. Spitballing. What if we went and found the yarn man or whoever, mm-hmm. took care mm-hmm. of them, and then used any leftover mods to get these people down? Okay. Is this, sorry, is this before Ogre or what do we? Before. Oh, okay. it's, it's before. Okay. It's no, before. I was just, it's I, before. I was just checking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was yeah. just checking. It's before. Yeah. You're such a decision maker. I really like that. Yeah. Uh, no, you you're trying to plan things out, and yeah. remember that was our problem last time: is it not was. Uh, not planning things out. That's a great point, Pied Piper. Let's find Yarn Man. Man, I wouldn't want to be that guy today. Let me just let me tell you that much. So, under the assumption that that Yarn Man is here and not like Cheese Man or someone who would be like completely immune <laughs> so, to moth-based You're talking crazy, son of Daddy, like yeah. Cheese Man. <laughs> Get out. What else could possibly produce these spider webs right. of yarn? <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So, like, it's a solid, educated guess. The Yarn Man. So we go find Yarn Man. We we defeat. Yarn Man, and then yeah. roll over those leftover moths and Perfect. just, like, keep the momentum going. You know what I want to say, Son of Bone Daddy? I love your uh, positive uh, actualization. You, you say we will defeat the Yarn Man, not we might. And I like that. You, you know, thinking, that, uh, that means a lot yeah. to me. Just to say again, like, you always push yeah. the mind map, and it just it helps us so much every time. Like, I would feel lost without it. Every time. As they're talking, I pick up the end of a string and start following it and bowling yeah, it. Yeah, so you start to follow it, and so it seems like it had started right outside of the Sabaros and it starts to lead you towards the food court itself and you're just finding just so many people tied up strangled by it and you do come across a group of middle schoolers who are cowering as they're terrified and they're talking about how somebody named the nitwit killed their teacher with a yarn monster and somebody called the tax man threw texts at them as they were trying to make wishes in a fountain, and these kids are covered in small punctures that look like they were made from texts. The entire food court has just been flooded with boiling grease everywhere, there's fires, it seems like there's explosions, and it does seem like the frozen yogurt stand uh, has been destroyed. Pied Piper, come out and check out these kitchens. Kitchen is your thing. When was the last time you were in a kitchen? Like, you are the kitchen, you don't... Right. Uh, like I'm, like I'm more, you, They're completely like the, redundant, you just don't need them. The cupboard is my place to go but maybe the kitchen has I can refill some of my sacks yeah that's a good idea that's a good one Jane uh, you're thinking ahead and I value you as uh, as an ally I need to tell you thank you thank that warms my heart son of bone daddy you're hanging around in the back you're so close to the Sabaros you know trying to mind map out everything and then this uh, teenager that has just been screaming about nihilism now has two pizza cutters and starts screaming at you as he's running towards you screaming this is happening for no reason as he's trying to slice you with some pizza cutters what do you do just scream i'm not i'm not prepared yeah you start getting you start getting sliced up with these pizza cutters oh this is painful why are you doing this bone daddy i'll save you and then i i crouch down and begin summoning moths 
it takes several minutes. I appreciate you. Son of Bone Daddy is just getting sliced up by these pizza cutters as as this person is just starting to scream about how they just want to work today and they didn't want any of this, but this is how it has to be because nothing makes sense. So Jane, you, you had told Pied Piper to go check out the, the kitchens and you go back because you realize it's Son of Bone Daddy and the Silver Moth haven't joined you. And you just see Son of Bone Daddy has slices all across their body, their arms especially, were really sliced up. You could tell they were blocking their face, but eventually their arms were sliced up so much by the point that they couldn't even like hold up to defend themselves. And so they just are covered in all of these bloody marks. You see Son of Bone Daddy is slowly bleeding out. The silver moth has started to produce two moths so far. Here we go. Two moths. Uh, ah! Oh my God. Hey, teenager, stop it. Yo, nothing happens for any reasons and everything, no, nothing has any sense and I just wanted to work in a suburb. Why is this happening? I agree with you. If anyone has a right to be depressed, it's me. I'm in a dead-end job. Every single story I try to track down turns out moot. These people, I thought they were going to be my big break. And look, you're slicing up with pizza slicers. I agree with you, okay? But you can't just go slicing up everyone. You have to figure out a way to deal with it, man. Jane. Yes. Get this teenager off me. I'm trying. I'm trying. Son of Bone Daddy, you you are bleeding out. Jane, you've reached this teenager and they do break down the ground sobbing, saying that they don't really have any direction in life and they don't have any parental figures. And today, the first person that ever told them something that stuck, stuck too well. And then now you, another adult, are saying things to them. So they have very conflicting views on the world and they ask why everything isn't just so simple and black and white. Son of Bone Daddy, you are bleeding out. What are your last words? Jane, please let Pied Piper know he can have my pre-order of World of Warcraft. Oh, what? Oh my. <laughs> yeah, as soon as you say that, Silver Moth was busy summoning moths and he screams, oh, what? And the moths just disappear because he's just so distracted and angry. Uh, Jane, I'm going to have to I'm going to have to start again over here. Should we bury him? What you can tell, too, is the reason why he actually died so quickly is immediately as he was being attacked, he started using his bone growth power on himself. And so his bones started to grow. And actually, this is crazy, too. You can't really you can't tell it, Jane. But Son of Bone Daddy knows he actually got up to 20% bone growth on this one. So pretty much the most supercharged he's ever been. But it's actually made his bones stretch so much that it's now like just pushing all the blood out of his body faster. So it's actually <laughs> sped up the bleeding out process. But Son of Bone Daddy, you do know you died on top for you. What a wonderfully satisfying death sigh. Yes, the Son of great, Bone yeah. Daddy lets out a final sigh. Pied Piper, you make your way back from, you've now stocked up. And I just go, oh, Silver Moth, I saw a poster for a movie you might like. It's called The Butterfly Effect. Uh, it's dying, it's dying that guy from the TV show. Uh, what? Uh, what just happened? <laughs> that, that, that's like Ashton Kutcher? No, sir, no more uh, talk about I Ashton I'm Kutcher. I'm so happy that his career is going somewhere. That's Oh, listen, I have some bad news. I'm seeing what's happened. Um, I want to put a nice spin on things first. I was watching Son of Bone Daddy, and I think he just achieved up to 18% growth. That is amazing. Yeah, yeah, now he is dead. Oh, no. Yeah. He was my friend. Well, at least it can't get any worse. 
I don't want to be mean-spirited, but I did feel that Jane was very unhelpful in the entire ordeal. What? Yeah. You know, it's it's okay to criticize, but uh, v- what do we talk about during our meetings, which is, uh, it's okay to criticize, but bring some positivity, you know? Um, yeah, at least give me a sandwich, a compliment sandwich. You know, or, or a, a helpful criticism where it's like, I know, oh, she I didn't guess, do I much. Guess, well, I, that's, I know, that's not I, know I guess right. I just, How I was trying to do everything improved? I could yeah. in the yeah. moments. No, we... We saw, yeah. we see that. We see, oh my God, I'm being sucked into your thing. Okay, no, no, no. Okay, look, somebody just died. Okay, so um, Silver, Silver Moth, uh, um, important question. Did he mention the the World of Warcraft pre-order? Because, you know, we were going to, we were uh, going to no, play he, together, he but he got that. into the beta and I didn't. No, not a, I play oh, on my tape recorder, no, his dying words. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm really over, a lot's going on right now emotionally. And so I must, uh, I must have missed that. But um, listen, we can we can sort that out another time. Who does and who doesn't get? You're right. No, that was that was selfish of me to think of that at this time when he died. Okay. Well, now uh, things have gotten real. You know, that was our second act low point where we just you know we our friend is dead. Now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so absolutely. We must rally uh, for the big victory, right? Is that how it works? Yes, that would be great. That would be yeah, great. As you all talking about this, the team that cut up son of bone daddy to death is crying and mumbling about how there's no second act in life could i go over to them for a second and i just want to crouch down put my hand on their shoulder and say young man would you like to see some moths no oh oh okay uh never mind so was that your whole plan there were stages (laughs) what were they first i was gonna i was gonna produce some moths this doesn't sound like a plan you do make some moths the moths start to follow the trail of yarn that is going from the sabaros up into the food court and then wrapping back around and then and you can't necessarily speak to moths oh no but you do kind of pick up on their body language a little bit and you can tell that this one moth is trying to tell you like these villains are long gone from the mall even before you got here and that the trail of yarn that was in the parking lot actually will lead you to them. Yarn man. Silver Moss, what, what are you picking up through their, their mothy moves? I sense that Yarn Man is no longer here, no doubt fleeing in terror once he felt my approach. So we should we should definitely as uh, in uh, continue that pursuit? Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Let's hop in the car. Let's Yo. all get in the car. I'm just happy the son of Bone Daddy was able to achieve such greatness in his last hour. Why did he have to die? Well, we all die, Alex. But like, he didn't do anything to stop it. I I just... You promise this will all actually serve a purpose? Does anyone actually live through this? Yes. Yes to what? Back to 2001. Let's go back to our first group hunting the idol. The frat controller just got out of a sticky situation, while McCheesemo, Vape Nation, Mr. Limited, and Holesman were waiting for him in the next room. Y'all enter the next room. The floor in here is just like a bottomless pit, and there's a series of like squares that are up that you can like hop on to try to get across to the other side of the room. But there is large gaps in between each one. I look at this bottomless pit, and it's just an idle thought. I just say it out loud, and I'm like, man, this this pit really should have a bottom around like waist height. So you say that this pit should have a bottom about waist high, and then immediately all of you are stuck as the ground grows up around all of you, encompassing each of you to the waist. That, that was kind of obvious. I'm sorry yeah, about that. So all of you are stuck. As he starts to apologize, you then see from the ceiling, swinging blades start to come down and slice across each of them. 
And so all of you are very close to getting cut. Each of you, what are you going to do as you're stuck in a newly formed bottom of the pit? I, I feel like the, the swingy blades should be really short. You say, uh, I feel like the swingy blades should be really short, and they do shorten a little bit, but they still were long enough originally where they were going to slice beneath the stepping stones like they were down. So they're actually, they still are able to hit. So Mr. Limited, you get one of your hands sliced off as you're trying to duck under. Uh, if, I'm, if I've got one hand, why do I even have two arms? Then my arm just pops off. <laughs> oh, yeah! So wait, did you pop off both your arms or just one? Just one. The one with the cut yeah, off Yeah, so hand. You've, you've now just lost your arm and you're still stuck. What are you doing, Holzman? Holzman is going to... He tries to reach into his pocket in the ground and pulls out his Black & Decker uh, drill and then starts to make little holes around himself to get out. It takes a very long time. Oh, yeah, so you start to make a hole to where you can get out of it. What is everyone else doing? I think it's about time to shed this machismo disguise. So machismo, before your eyes, starts breaking apart into a flaky pastry. (laughs) And out comes a very (laughs) small person, just kind of chubby. They go, behold, it's actually me, your arch nemesis, Quimpuff. Crime Puff? What did you do to Machismo, dude? Not Crime Puff! Crime Puff, hi. How are you doing? It's been a while. Yeah, no, it's been a little bit. What did you do with Machismo? He's trapped at my lair in a cage surrounded by tasty pastries just outside of his reach. And surely if I'm to die, he would be there all alone to suffer for all of eternity. So watch them words, Mr. Limited. I take Mr. Limited's arm that popped off and just lob it at Crime Puff. Uh, Crime Puff is not that mobile because they they are just pumped full of cream. My cream! With Crime Puff being so small and getting hit with the arm, it actually does knock Crime Puff ahead in the room and just barely misses all of these shortened blades in this waist this waist-high bottom pit, and so Crime Puff is actually able to get ahead of the group. So long, suckers! Uh, sorry about this, Eve, but can I mind-control you to eat yourself? <laughs> I mean, theoretically, how, how drunk are you? Are you drunk enough to mind-control Crime Puff? I'm gonna take an extra risk here and inject some absinthe directly into my veins. You reach in, stab it into your neck because you think that's the, you know, you want it to get it into your throat and that's the fastest way to get it in. So you stab yourself with some absinthe in your neck. Your eyes start to turn like this green color as the shimmer just glows off of you. And you look at Crime Puff as they're running towards the other door and you start mind controlling them. To eat themselves. Crime Puff, what are you doing as you have the overwhelming urge to have a tasty treat? Crime Puff is still rushing forward. They just like jam their hand in their mouth to take a bite. <laughs> like, oh no! I'm just oh, so delicious! Oh, sweet and sticky! But you best be careful because if I die from this, Machismo's gonna suffer all alone! At this point, Crime Puff is eating one full hand and has started on the other hand. 
I, I'm not sure that uh, uh, the frag controller is uh, conscious enough at this point to uh, <laughs> do anything but continue. Yeah, so the frag controller, you're, you're just using your mind powers to <laughs> make Crypuff eat themselves. Uh, so, Holesman, you're, you're now out. I'm going to scoop some of the cream off the floor and lube myself up and then slide out of the hole, slide along the floor like a penguin <laughs> so I can slide into the next room. <laughs> you're gonna regret that because later you're gonna be so sticky. <laughs> yeah, so you slide, penguin slide into the next room. Vape Nation, what are you doing? I've reached down into my utility belt and grabbed my quick release coiling wire. And what I want to do is try and swing it around these blades that are swinging and sort of climb up over the blades. Oh, yeah, that's badass. So, yeah, you do that. You you throw, like, the, the release coil. Leave it to the 15-year-old kid to figure yeah, it out. Yeah, you throw the coil out of, like, your, your fucking vape rig, and then it, like, pulls you up. You're, like, blowing smoke because your lung capacity is still outrageous right now. So these clouds are so thick and fluffy, you can actually step on them for a second each. So you're just blowing out yeah. clouds that you're stepping on as you're just running right over the blades. So Holes Man and Vape Nation have made it into the second room. What is Mr. Limited doing with his one arm? I'm, I'm clutching my arm and I'm going like, man, I really wish I had three arms instead so that I could lose one and be fine. And then that had sprouted in an arm, and then I was like, oh, God, I've got too many. So I'm just surrounded by arms now. And at this yeah. point, I just use one of these many scattered body pieces of myself to jimmy myself out of the hole and limp towards uh, the next room. I'm, I'm sliding across the penguin track, holes man <laughs> left behind. Whenever you do grow the two extra arms, they grow on the side that you already had an arm. So there's three oh. arms on one side, and then the original top arm gets cut off as you're trying to get through. So you do only have two arms, but they're coming out of your right side of like around your like a little below, like your rib cage and a little below. <laughs> yeah, this sucks. This really sucks. I'm not having a good day. Crime Puff, you were eating yourself and you still want to, but now Holes Man and Mr. Limited are covered in your creamy goodness. So you are also um, wanting to eat them as well. <laughs> well, I, I imagine that cr Crime Puff is also being deflated. Yeah, this how big is Crime Puff at this point? Like, you're kind of like a skin husk. They're not like shrinking and getting shorter. They're just like getting skinnier and skinnier and skinnier and skinnier. Like, kind of baggier. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like there's a lot of loose flake on them now. Like a lot of loose flake plastery. Frat controller, what are you doing? Are you still trying to mind control? Or are you honestly after the absinthe shot directly into my vein? How much do you think I'm doing? I mean, right now you're on the verge of uh, of alcohol poisoning and vomiting to death. <laughs> okay, so. I do want to. <laughs> I think I'm just gonna try to walk past the blades, honestly. How hard can it be? So, everybody is like waiting for this to happen because, like, somehow in your super drunken state, you just kind of like go limp and are able to like wiggle out of this hole. It's very impressive. <laughs> and then everybody stops as they can tell you're just gonna walk forward with these shortened blades uh, flying at your face. And you are able to make it across because Ooh. you've had a lot of practice doing the, oh, I'm not drunk officer walking a straight line. <laughs> but out of just sheer muscle reflex memory, you always have to walk the straight line back. Then you see the frat control so he makes his way all the way up and everyone's like, all right, let's go to the next room. And then he touches his nose and turns around and walks forward and immediately just has his head lobbed off. <laughs> no! But right before you turn and die, what do you want to say to the group as your last line? Party on! 
Y'all hear the frat controller say, party on, as he turns and immediately gets decapitated. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, his body just kind of falls over. It would fall into an endless pit, but y'all are really close to it because the pit is now like waist high and it's, uh, you know, where it ends. So there's just a decapitated body of your teammate. And it's also like the blood is starting to mix with all the cream. And right before Uh. Crime Puff starts to eat it, they are no longer compelled to eat themselves. So if they do it, it's now their own choice and not mind control. <laughs> uh, I think I want to scoop a little bit up with my stuff. <laughs> like, a, like, a like a little vestigial baby hand. Yeah, so you, you scoop a little bit. <laughs> Who even saw that coming with the frat controller? I mean, we did. Because you told us about it in the other stories. Ah, damn it. Do I tell him out of order? Yes, clearly. Well, I thought it'd be fun to you know, mix it up, you know, like y'all can connect the dots. Didn't you say this was all straightforward a few hours ago? You can't prove that. So now we go back to space in 1998, but this time high above the arena. The last time we left Bone Daddy, Baron Slime, and Big Baby Schwab, they were placing bets on the spider fight. You don't want to make any side bets on guess how they die or anything like that. There's a wider range of stuff. You'd be surprised how many people actually kill each other before the spider can even touch them. It's, it's honestly pretty common. Ooh, I'm going to put in a side bet on on Meteor dying of a broken heart. Wait, can I get any sort of backstory on these people or like visually? Have I like any sort of context clues on who I would want to bet on for what? Bone Daddy, I thought we were the no questions crew. Yeah, you're asking questions, Bone Daddy. Seems like your bone control has made you look like an idiot. I start waving my gun in his face and I'm like sweating now and I'm shaking. Don't you dare tell me that I've been asking questions, even if it's true. That's my gun, asshole. I use my nose tentacle to slime the gum out of his hand and back and put it back into my little holster. And as soon as he does that, Big Baby compels Bone Daddy to pick him up. I go and I say, no, my my bones, my bones, my, this is my, my one thing. And I use, I say, and so while I'm picking him up, I go, oh, actually, I'm choosing to do this. This is what I want to do. I'm glad that I'm picking him up. No, no, I'm making you do no, it. I'm, I'm making you I'm do actually, it. No, he's making you do it. He's making you do it. You can't prove that because I'm, I'm saying that I yeah, want to do it. As all of you are having this barren slime, you were trying to put the gun back up. And you start screaming about how Big Daddy Swab is making Bone Daddy do this. And you actually drop the gun and it falls down and it shoots you in the leg. Uh, ouchie! Ouchie! I start jumping up and down, uh, holding holding my leg. Someone call a doctor. Yeah, you call for a doctor and this person walks in. They do seem like they're not a squid controlling a human, but they do have like a squid-like body. And their whole body is very slimy. They have a lot of tentacles. And they come in, they're like, someone to call for a doctor. <laughs> oh, fuck my man. How you doing, dude? I'm good, but here I'm the doctor. <laughs> yeah, I got hurt, but how the fuck you do, my man? Tentacles upon my brain. I love it, my what do you, dude. I mean, these are just my appendages. <laughs> and these are mine. I open my mouth and four more come out. You're, you're, oh, what are you, why are you in that person? What? What do you want me to fix? You want me to take you out of this person? No, 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 no. I choose to take over this person. I hurt my little leg, you see. Shut it with a gun. Do you want me to, like, cut, you, want me to, you want me to cut it off? <laughs> no, no, fix it. Fix it, please. I only, I only really cut things off. I'm kind of a, I'm a doctor of cutting, and he hands you a card, and you can't read it because it's in an alien language. Baron Slime, you're losing a lot of blood. As Big Daddy Swab says that, Big Daddy Swab realizes because Baron Slime had 
uh, as you realize he has cut your leg off. Oh, damn. Now I only have nine legs. <laughs> so the uh, tentacle from my left nostril now shoots down and is acting as an artificial foot. It wraps around, you know, the thigh, and then it's now acting as an artificial foot. Cool, so I'm going to shout, that's cheating, and I'm going to dive at him with my switchblade drawn and start trying to cut at the tentacle. Whoa, put me down. No, I still have your... Um, I'm taking out my other tentacle, and, I, and, I'm, and I'm wrapping it around Bundelli's throat. And then as this is happening, you do hear an announcer say, Monster Eberpar has, has died. died. Bonetti's trying to cut through Baron Slime's tentacle leg, screaming about how yeah. he's cheating. And so I'm being strangled right now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, cool. I'm like, that's fine. I actually don't mind it. I like the, a mixture of pleasure and pain, just like the movie Hellraiser, which came out 11 years ago. I love that movie. The sentient gun is just like looking at y'all as like, because you, you're still getting strangled as you're trying to cut through his leg and you're having a very casual conversation and he goes y'all seem like you're not friends but you kind of have like the the banter and like rapport of two friends that have known each other for a while i lunge at him now with the uh <laughs> with the switchblade like you take it back and i start trying to guess it like where his neck would be so i can like strangle him are you just trying to strangle a gun and you're just grabbing it and it's yeah, it doesn't so I'm, like, seem to be doing the gun off yeah, it doesn't seem yeah. to be doing anything cool i wrap a tentacle around the gun as well also strangle it i got my hand around like the trigger of the gun and the gun is like pointed right at my head and i'm like trying to pull down on the trigger you just barely turn right out of the way as you do pull the trigger and this just giant blast, like this disintegration blast, just like barely misses you. And but it does actually hit the other, the right leg of Baron Slime, and your right leg is now shot off. Oh! And now my the right tentacle wraps around the uh, the leg over the wound. Uh, wraps down to the foot and is now sort of being an artificial brace. And then I try to punch with my human hands the gun for for uh, shooting me. Stop it, so I didn't shoot you. Your friend shot you with me. Stop, don't do this. Hey, Baron, can you switch over to your host for a second and see how he's doing? Oh, okay. You want to hear my host? I guess yeah. I'll let go of his brain for a second. <laughs> Help me, help me, please, help me, please. I, I, I'm not a Republican, I'm a Democrat. No, and I punch him right in the jaw. Oh, kill him. And I, I'm gonna go for this guy's neck now. <laughs> you just start choking him. You actually are able to like choke and suffocate this host body. As he's like choking up, he's starting to regurgitate the sentient octopus inside of him. <laughs> As Bone Daddy is still holding me, Big Baby yells out, Yeah, choke that commie bastard. So out of the host form comes, This is an octopus with scars all over its skin. It's got eight legs. Each tentacle uh, has like different like tattoos all over it. You haven't noticed it before because it's like more in the in the forearm region of it. And then also you notice its beak. It sort of protrudes a little bit lower than the other ones. And it's got Nasty. A, a, a lip ring, a lip ring in it. And now it's walking on its hind tentacles over to you. No, now you see the way I really look and the way I actually sound. Fuck you! And then I leap 
at the gun. You just get shot by the gun. It doesn't kill you, but it does like blast. It blasts like two of your tentacles off as like the hind ones that you were standing on. And the gun's like, stop! I just wanted to do space drugs with y'all and bet on people dying. And as you hear that, you hear an announcer voice go, Mel, Mel the, the killer, killer, killer killer has, has died. died. I'm sorry about that. Oh, can we do some more drugs now? Then also, just to keep in mind, the host body is just dead on the ground. Bone Daddy was able to choke out the host body. And so his legless body is just dead on the ground. Hell yeah. Upon your request of more drugs, the robot holding the gun's chest opens up. Um, I'm taking any uh, painkillers. Yeah, you just you just start grabbing anything that looks like a pill, and at this point, you can't even feel the fact that you lost some of your tentacles. If I had a million dollars, I had a million dollars. Does nobody know the bare naked ladies? I told you I was a roadie for them, but I didn't listen. Their music was not for me. I know it quite well, but not a real green dress that's cruel. There we go, my man. Finally something we can agree upon. Fine, if, if you want, I can learn all about the bare naked ladies. Let's see what this does. And I reach in to the robot and I grab a little vial that it, it inside of it, it looks like it has like an entire universe in there and I like pop the top and I like put my thumb on it and like shake it up and just down it really quickly. Yeah, so what you start to see is what you would imagine the actual birth of a universe and you watch from this kind of weird like omnipotent sideway where you just start to see planets being born and die. You see whole lives and civilizations and then the, the really the thing that really gets to Bone Daddy is like the common mistakes that are made throughout the galaxy and universes that you've created upon yourself are shared across even though there's no real connection and so it's pretty much you have just understood the futility of life but you also feel high as shit holy shit power is an illusion also in that universe i learned all about the bare naked ladies bare naked ladies is a canadian rock band formed in 1988 in scarborough ontario the band developed a yes. cult following in canada with their self-titled 1991 cassette initially a duo of ed robertson and stephen page how do i know about this ah and i start like getting a nosebleed yeah you're you're getting a nosebleed and all this bare naked lady knowledge is just being spewed out and you do hear the announcer say maxine has, has died, died. I used to hear my grandfather tell me stories about how much Bone Daddy loved talking about the bare naked ladies. Let me ask you something. Is your grandfather a good person? How can you even judge that, Jerry? Morally. Well, you know what they say, tomato, tomato. That's not a saying. Now we go back to the heroes of Heavendale, who were hot on the trail of Bone Daddy and his crew. The last we left Sundowner, the Objectifier, and the Great Auk as they were heading to City Hall for answers. The three of you roll up on your chainless bikes and you're now at the steps of City Hall. Sundowner again uh, is, is not remembering where or why they came there and he's, 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 he's burning through synapses trying to recall a motivation for, for being at this place that he vaguely remembers to be City Hall even though he's lived in the city of what, like 78 years? Finally something connects and he just bellows at the top of his lungs, uh, Bone Fellow! We need to we need we need to find Bone Daddy. We should uh, maybe we should just start asking people if they've if they've seen Bone Daddy around here or for any or any like sort of nefarious doings going on. What is the Greg Ock doing as he's instructed to? 
tell people or ask people if they've met or seen Bone Daddy. You know my name, uh, so I'm called the Great Auk, and it's a double entendre because Auk, obviously, like you imagine, A W K is the first syllable in the word awkward because I make situations awkward. But it's also a reference to a uh, a, a large flightless bird uh, from New Zealand that was hunted to extinction by humans. Now, the megafauna of of the Antipodes they grew away from humans so long that when humans showed up, they really didn't have any natural fear of them, and so yeah, they just got they got wiped out. Yeah, you're telling this to a hot dog vendor as people are just like walking up to his stand and you're in front of them in line just sharing this story and they immediately just leave. All right, well, we should uh, maybe go inside City Hall. Bonefellow! Is there uh, is there the sort of a district selectman we could talk to? Is the, the, where, where's the, the Heavendale Alderman? And there's somebody that walks away from the hot dog car. He's like, I'm, I'm, what's up? I'm Terry. I'm actually the alderman. I was going to get a hot dog, but that guy's just talking about like, I'm not bird. So, but yeah, what do you need? Uh, do you, are you, you know, do you, do you want to make a, a donation to my campaign or are you trying to? I'd like to. I, I would love to make a donation uh, if you accepted um, Funko Pops for Beanie Babies as, as payment. I mean, they, they, they I mean, will we, appreciate I, the I can't accept Beanie somebody. Babies. We, we're already past the Beanie Baby boom, but I'm hearing great things about these uh, these uh, Funko Poops that my, my kids love them. Yeah. No, they're, they're, they're good stuff. They're going to, they're only going to skyrocket in value. But listen, uh, you're an elected official. We're the town superheroes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The, the objectifier. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. The, the heroes of Heavendale, of course. Yeah. yeah, we were just the Russian baths, and there were some shady guys there talking about a uh, Bone Daddy's plot to um, like, do something sh- why, why, the city. Why, why, why are you saying Bone Daddy like that? It's just so loud. I mean, this you're being real cavalier here. I mean, I know you're all the heroes of Heavendale, but you can't just speak Bone Daddy like that. I, I, I fear no villain. We fear no villain. Wait, if you think he's a villain, that you know what? I should, I should probably be going then if the heroes of Heavendale think Bone Daddy's a... Yeah, so anyways, I gotta go... I do whatever an alderman does, because I definitely know that, because that's my elected position. <laughs> and he starts trying to walk away. Well, okay. Well, yeah, listen, buddy. Not so fast. Fr- friend objectifier, is this besuited gentleman? Is he, um... Uh, is your friend okay here? seems like he's, uh, he's struggling. When, he, um, when he's doing something that doesn't, um, you don't enjoy... Um, do, do we know this man? He's, uh, he's, he's hiding something. He knows something about Bone Daddy. Bone Daddy. Oh, and on Bone Daddy, uh, uh, Sundowner just, uh, lifts the alderman up by it, by his, off the ground, by his shirt. Listen, listen, alderman, you got, you got two choices here. You can, uh, be melted by Sundowner. I mean, that may happen accidentally You know you're anyway. heroes. You can't just murder me out in public like that. That's no. Okay. All right. Well. Okay, well, you're option two. I manifest the uh, steering column of a uh, 1983 Nissan Stanza wagon and just, you know, sort of beat you with that for a little bit. Or you could just, you know, fess up. Tell That's us what's also, going on both of those Daddy. are crimes. You do understand that, right? I thought you're all heroes. Those are both we crimes. D- we decide what the crimes are around here, young friend. I, we're the heroes, buddy. This is vigilante justice. Help. Someone help. Well, there wouldn't be a need for vigilantes if politicians like you, you know, put criminals away or just executed I've them. Pl- I've wouldn't put plenty of people away for, for, for white collar crimes and I let them out pretty soon afterwards because they're my friends. All right. So, I mean, if it's not my fault. Only minorities get put in jail. Well, I kind of is because I did vote. And help to put a lot of the 
Judges is so technically, I guess, kind of directly, yes, it is my fault. Anyways, help! Someone help! I'm 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 a white man, help! Uh, what are you doing, great Ock, as you see this going on? You know, a lot of people assume that hentai uh, is directly <laughs> tied to the post-war Japanese culture, you know? Uh, the U.S. invasion, the nuclear attack, Godzilla, that stuff. But actually, yeah, there were uh, there were Japanese erotic shunga uh, woodblocks <laughs> from the early 19th century uh, depicting all sorts of uh, erotic encounters between uh, cephalopods and humans. The most famously, of course, is the dream of the fisherman's wife. And what's really driving this home is the fact that you're just like double fisting hot dogs as you're saying this. Mm-hmm. And you just you just taken the whole tub of ketchup because the hot dog vendor just left his cart. So you're just dipping hot dogs in ketchup. And kind of, and you're talking with your hands a lot, so you're slinging stuff around. And the alderman's like, "Okay, you know what? I'll just find, yeah, just go inside." But there's there's some people in there. They sent Bone Daddy to space. Something about a spider. I don't know, dude. This is weird. They just told me, you know, to to make sure to get ready to be buying up parcels of land. Just okay. Can you? Oh, why is there so much ketchup on your hands? Stop touching my face. <laughs> send send you to. We're going we're going to send you to space. Well, seems unconventional, but fine by me. And uh, the sundowner throws the alderman into space and he's just like no as you just see him just get thrown up into the air and sundowner after doing this um turns to his fellow companions and uh, like kind of dusting off his hands being like well we sent that gentleman to space just like he asked seems like a good days afternoons what time is it? All right, so let's 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 go inside city hall. So yeah, you make your way inside, you're in the lobby of city hall. It's three levels. They have the little directory telling you where everyone's different offices and stuff are. Who should we talk to here in City Hall? Should we uh, speak to the mayor? I I remember when I used to come down here and uh, the mayor used to have a special button on his desk that he would uh, press to summon me. Uh, now, this this is back in, uh, in, in about 1972. This was, uh, are we, uh, is this the train station? You say that as you're stepping off the elevator because you started to go to the mayor's office as you're just trailing on with one of your stories and the three of you are standing outside the office of mayor wallace h dale but none of you have gone in all right let's 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 go into the office let's burst i burst through the door of mayor dale's office and say mayor it's objectifier here uh bone daddy is is, is gone to space and is going to destroy the city what, what can you do for us what do you have you heard about He's this just like well uh, here's Oops. a heaven deal well, i wait 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 you aren't you aren't the mayor i thought the mayor was jonathan katz Winterthop. I've been the mayor since 1980. Jonathan Katz hasn't been, well, I think, what was it, like, around, like, 75s around then? Yeah, well, me, me, and, me and Mayor, mayor Winterthop, we, we used to, uh, he used to take me down to every, every, every cutting for every, every, every church opening, every wall opening. We, 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 I'd be there right next to him, uh, Sh- shining my beams. That's easily 20 years ago. What do you, I mean, I, once again, I thought that here's a heaven deal kind of like out of retirement. Like, I, you know, y'all hadn't really been in the public eye for the last year or so. I mean, Sundowner, I heard you weren't doing great. And the objectifier, I'm, I don't want to, you know, talk up, you know, tell tales, but I heard that you kind of had some troubles, you know, with, with your, your personal life. And then great awk. I mean, listen, mayor, uh, you know, yes, I've had my troubles, but you know, let's not forget that in the past, shall we say, I've, uh, given quite generously to the coffers of your re-election campaign. And once again, I, I told you, I told you I knew it was man, drug money and I couldn't like, take you it. Know, briefcases full of, uh, briefcases full of solid gold ingots. You know, I don't think the, uh, you know, the, let's say the IRS would uh, look too happily on 
uh, manifested that's gold. Why, once again, that's why I did not take the gold from you. I kept repeatedly telling you, "Thank you for what you do for the city." I can't take this money. It's not. It's not. Re- it's, it's. It's. It's illegal. Y'all came in here real hot and heavy. You started screaming something about space, and now you're talking about space. We're talking about. We're talking about space. We're talking about the Bone Fellow. The bone and he's fellow? in space. So when he's way up in space, we gotta, we gotta find, we gotta reach up and get I'm him. Be, I'm gonna be honest. Just out of respect for y'all's, you know, station in town, I'm, I'm like, I'm happy that no one's here to see this. But like, y'all don't seem to be doing that great. Uh, the, you're, you're screaming about bone people in space. Why? Okay, great, Ock. What is the deal with this outfit? You're wearing a kilt and 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 flip flops. Uh, see, most people when you th- hear the word psoriasis, they think of plaque psoriasis. That's the most common form, of course. I have something called pustular psoriasis, <laughs> uh, which causes small red pustules, mostly on the homes of your hand and on your feet. So it's one of the reasons that the utility, in, in addition to honoring my Scottish heritage, of course, <laughs> the utilitel comes in handy. It just lets things breathe so the pustules can get a little bit of air. Well, okay, so once again, what do the three of you need from me i don't i i don't know anything like we don't really have like a space program and i don't i don't know anybody made of bones mayor we're not as maybe we're not as good of a superheroes as we once were but you know we're still trying to help and as a token of good faith for you i i've i've i, I manifest for you a like sort of gigantic novelty size stuffed garfield <laughs> It's like it's like six feet tall. Here, look at that. Pretty cool, right? <laughs> He's like, you know, I love Garfield. That's my dude right there. He goes, you know what? That's okay. Listen, I started this town as a haven for heroes, and who am I gonna, t- you know, to tell three of the greatest heroes we've ever known that they can't do it? So you know what? And he pulls out three badges and throws them to you. He goes, y'all are deputized, and I want you to go find this bone, Daddy. I want you to crack this case, and we're gonna solve this together. Because if there's one thing that I love more than Garfield. It's saving this fucking city. Uh, yeah, that's more like it. Have some expired far side page a day calendars as well. Those are, <laughs> oh, those are, good. oh, this those is are, great. You know, if you wait, if you wait, if you wait around long enough, the dates yeah, will line up. Yeah, 1987 was a good future. year for far side calendars. Thanks. So yeah, like I said, y'all three go get, go out there, get it. If anyone asks, just fasten those badges. You, you got the full reign of the city. The mayor is on your side, heroes of Heavendale. Excellent. Sundowner picks it up is is like finally I've obtained my my lifelong dream is to, is to be a deputy a deputy policeman because I I, I, I when I was a kid I, I used to look up at the the policeman and say if only one day I could I could be as strong and as as powerful and do what they do and fight crime and I and I never got to live that dream but now now I have that dream in my hand and for the first time I can fight crime myself. Well, I mean, okay, we've been deputized by the state. That's good. <laughs> I mean, certainly for, you know, my, my legal troubles, you know, whatnot. I'll be letting my lawyer know about this, see if he can do anything for my various pending civil cases. But we're still not really any closer to solving this thing or uncovering what Bone Danny's plot is. Um, what, what do you think we should do? Uh, I think we should go uh, to a local playground and just eat watermelon <laughs> uh, un- without anybody else no children just sit on the bench and eat watermelon and, and look at the park oh it's it's been such a long time since I, since i've had a delicious sweet slice of country watermelon that sounds like a great idea yeah y'all are walking out of the mayor's office talking about going to a local park with the playground and eating watermelon you're standing up next to the elevator and you hear a voice from behind you be like, here y'all three are looking for Bone Daddy. Yes, we are. You got, got any information? We've been uh, deputized now. We're on the oh, case. Oh, deputized. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let We're me here for you. Oh, you got the- We're here for the city. Oh, let me check out the, those badges you got there. What do, what do you want to What do you want to know about them? You, you can see them. They're yeah, all, that's, a, that's, a, right that's a real nice badge. And the guy's like, get it in real close. And, and he 
grabs the objectifier's badge. He's like, that's real nice. And then he shoves something on the objectifier's chest. The two of you see the objectifier blink out as if he was just teleported away. And then before you can say anything, each of you feel a hand on your back and then you have a similar object put there. And you, the three of you find yourself falling through this portal. Not again. <laughs> if only our heroes took more time to notice who they were talking to, I'm sure they could have figured out something before they got sent into that mysterious portal. It seems like they're just being sent to space. How'd you come up with that? Logic and tracking? Yes. Well, those are both great skills to have, Kim. Now, to finish up these stories, we go to where we started in 2001. Holesman, Vape Nation, and Mr. Limited were stuck working with Crime Puff as they continue their way in the cave in search of the spider idol. Yeah, y'all make your way into the next room. Well, as soon as I get this spider totem, I'll have eight arms for making pasties. You want me to give you eight arms right now? I can do that. I'm Mr. Limited. Well, I am a will- like, if, if the whole reason you're fighting us, we just had a guy die. Like, if you'll just help us get out of here, you've clearly got abilities of some sort. I will give you eight hands right now. I am Willie Delirious from Queen Loss right now. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, yeah, let's go ahead and do it, Mr. Limited. I kind of put my hand over my eyes and I say, yeah, that looks like it. there should be eight arms on that. So you point and since your eyes are covered, you point to Holes Man. <laughs> <laughs> As you said, it looks like there should be eight arms on that. And Holes Man, oh. you start to feel invigorated as you start to see giant holes in your flesh rip open, and you're so excited, but then you realize they're I fake holes because they have things inside so of them, as arms start to pop out, and so there's you have six extra arms all around your body, there's no rhyme or reason of where any of them popped up at, so yeah, you do have eight arms, and you now feel annoyed that there were so many fake holes that lied to you. I hate fake holes, they make me sad. But now I have eight arms to make eight holes. Thank you. Wait, wait, what? No, no, not him, no! I, I, I point directly at Crime Puff. I'm like, eight arms, there, right there. Right, just like, right, eight arms. <laughs> so you say eight arms right there, and Crime Puff, because they're now a little thinner and waftier with the, the draft of this air, kind of like falls Ooh. to the side a bit, and then the walls of this start to just spout out eight arms because you kept screaming, eight arms, eight arms, eight arms! So now this cavern wall has, like, rock arms reaching out. There's holes in each of their hands that are now starting to shoot out projectiles of darts and arrows throughout the room. I think those projectiles should not have any sharp pointy bits on them. You say that <laughs> as soon as an arrow, like, hits you in the head and so the arrowhead itself turns into just like a blunt rock end instead of a sharp one so instead of piercing through it does hit you in the forehead and you start to bleed from the forehead but it did not pierce through your skull vape nation what are you doing i'm crying in the corner what the hell is going on here people crime puff you're gonna bring back machismo believe me he was my mentor i love that cheese and what are these arms everywhere? It's it one wheel cheese. It was the processed cheese product. It's not. It's not a real thing. You take that 
back. He was more cheese than you'll ever be. You're a fake dairy product. Okay, so Vape Nation in a fit of rage plugs in a new cartridge and this particular cartridge um, uses like a kind of latex field bandage technology and he just blows it in the direction of Mr. Limited to help seal up the uh, his bleeding head. Oh, hmm. Oh, 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 what is this? So you get covered in this latex vapor, and at first it starts to like feel like it's healing and covering the wound on your head, and then immediately all of it encompasses your body as it then starts to close all the pores in your actual skin itself as your body is covered in a skin-deep latex as you're slowly starting to suffocate. Oh, shit. I shove my my hand into my into my mouth so that my mouth will still be open so I can say things. You shove your hand into your mouth because you think that's a good idea. <laughs> and the last thing you all see is the vape smoke is starting to dissipate as this latex vape smoke has bonded Mr. Limited to the ground itself. And there's even a few of the stone wall arms that are stuck on Mr. Limited as he's like being like pulled back into the wall and through your bit fist you can say your last line before you suffocate to death and are bonded completely with the latex and the stone wall. Uh, I never told everyone this but I think it would be really cool if everyone was, was ghosts and didn't like feel things so that we wouldn't be hurt anymore. So with his dying witch, <laughs> Holes Man, Vape Nation, and Crime Puff now see their corporeal bodies on the ground next to their feet as the three of them are ghosts. And then the last thing that happens is Mr. Limited's ghost started to try to uh, escape their body as well. But then the latex smoke just like formed on it. So what you see is Mr. Limited's body forged into the wall with a bunch of the stone arms holding it. And then a ghost spectral form half out of its chest reaching out for help as it's then just covered in this latex. And Mr. Limited is dead. A ghost bubble. Holtzman, Vape Nation, and Crime Puff, you now find yourself as spectral versions of your formal selves. What do you do? What? Now, hold on a minute, dear. <laughs> How am I supposed to uh, make a pastry be all creamy? This is the greatest gift I've ever been given. I'm one with the vapor. I am vapor. As soon as Vape Nation says that, he uses his enhanced lung capacity and starts to inhale himself <laughs> without any control as a good vapor would and you smoke yourself to death. What are your last words, Vape Nation? Just say no to cigarettes, kids. And it's weird, too, because he just started, like, because you all have, it's like the Casper the Ghost thing where none of you have legs. It's like you have normal human, like, looking top bodies, and then the bottom, it just kind of, like, tapers down to where he started to, like, inhale, like, his ghost bottom part first as you just start to see, like, this kind of spiral within himself as it just, he sucks himself into nothingness, and then there's one last vape cloud that just disperses amongst the room. Crime Puff is going to try to reoccupy their very deflated body. Why would you do that, Crime Puff? You have the ability to be anywhere now. I must be one with my queen again. What is life if it isn't creamy and good? So, Crime Puff, you uh, immediately try to get back into your body to be one with the cream, and you're able to do so, but the cream itself is not interacting well with your ghost form, and it is hurting you, so your body is actually rejecting all of the cream. 
so you are just continually trying to grab the cream and put it back in yourself and the ghost form of yourself with Mr. Limited's powers is very confused so the your body then starts to reject the the ghost outside of the cream because it can tell that the ghost is the one controlling the cream and so instead of you ejecting all of your cream you then eject your ghost body which is effectively your spirit and soul and you die no <laughs> what is your last line to holes man as you're screaming about you got to be one with the cream again i might not be able to take the cream with me but you won't be able to take machismo with you <laughs> and then you start to see this ghost form drip out of cream puff's body as if you ever went to a soft serve ice cream machine that wasn't fully mixed up as and then so it's just kind of like oozes out with no dignity whatsoever as Holesman, you are left alone and you enter into the next room. Holesman progresses into the next room. Alright, so you progress in the next room. There is no flooring on this one and it seems like just a series of ropes across, like rope swings. You're saying there's a hole? Yeah, it's just a big giant, like there's a big giant hole where the floor would be and there's a <laughs> bunch of ropes. Holesman thinks for a short while. And he goes back into the other room and gets the Black & Decker drill and lifts it up and brings it back into this room. And he writes on the wall, Remember, Holes will always be your friend. And Holesman looks back and he thinks about all of his friends who have died. And he looks down at the hole and goes, This is where I belong. I belong in the hole. And then I float gently down into the hole. And I live out the rest of my ghostful life in the hole. <laughs> What a crazy twist that Holes Man just went to live in that hole. It's wild that you have all of this information, but it's like you're hearing it for the first time. <laughs> wild, right? How do you think I should take that response? Now, to go back to 1998 in space, but back on the ground floor. Mel Keller is on a rampage that Puddles and Carol seem to be on the receiving end of. Yeah, so at this point, Carol, you do see Mel as just turning into this terrifying blob of regret and anger. They're just screaming all the regrets that they have in their life. They're not about you, but they are directed as you, as you do see Mel is making their way towards you. All right, Mel, this, no, it's okay. Just step into my office. We're going to have some Cheetos because everybody likes Cheetos, right? You Nordstrom Rack is a sociological myth. Uh, it's terrible. They don't have any plus size sections, and I'm very miffed about that. But here you go. Tell you what, Mel, I want you to come to my book club on Sunday. Oprah was bought by the establishment. Well, she does have a very nice movie career, and you got to sell out somewhere. I think Mel is starting to shiver from the kindness. Uh, it may be too much for her. Yeah, that's definitely your weakness is sincerity and kindness. Yes. As quick as your body expanded once the spanks were lifted off, uh, your consciousness itself is starting to retreat where you are now becoming more of a feral 
realtor instead of a laser focused one that you've always had to be. Mortgage rates are down by now before the spring. This is a buyer's market. Ah! Yeah. And at this point too, like her her body is just expanding in ways that, that just do not make sense. They're starting to just absorb with the ground beneath it. There's signs coming out of her pockets. Yeah, I imagine she's like shape shifting yeah. into like tiny homes. Mm-hmm. Various various shapes of yeah. tiny homes. Like parts of her body are starting to forge and you can just see like different like multiple box house like you know streets what are you doing puddles as you're watching this go on well i've been in the air for so long that i'm starting to get lightheaded uh so as i'm coming down i know that nothing good is gonna happen if i hit the ground i open up my very broken in very cool leather jacket and i drop it's a nuclear bomb but it's like you know it's really cartoony one it's very round and like it it has a little bubble like shiny so i'm gonna drop this cartoon bomb i don't know what's gonna happen i've never gotten this far i've never gotten anywhere right before i hit the ground what i'm gonna attempt to do grab carol's chardonnay bottle from (laughs) earlier Chekhov's chardonnay bottle i would break it I would stab myself in the gut. It takes you a really long time to die if you get stabbed in the gut. And I'm going to use my own blood and the tip of my little lemur tail to draw a wily e. Coyote style train cutout. I'm going to paint that in blood and I'm going to try to go through it before the blast hits me. <laughs> so I can die in peace in a corner with my father's name on my lips. Why, father? You do your final spring up uh, with your lemur tail. You're at the highest point in the air. You take a atomic bomb out of your jacket and throw it up, but then it gets stuck on the jacket itself. So where the atomic bomb has now, it kind of turned- Oh no, my misfits yeah, yeah, badge. The, the jacket itself turns into a parachute for the bomb where you actually fall down faster than the bomb itself. <laughs> So then what happens is you do exactly as you plan. You fall, flatten like a pancake, put your thumb in your mouth, blow yourself back up, crawl, grab the Chardonnay bottle, stab yourself in the stomach, start to paint a giant hole on the ground as you just see this bomb is just slowly floating down and you're so excited because you're going to kill this entire stadium and finally everyone feels like you will, which will be nothing. You just see the bomb is about to hit and you notice you did use your cartoon ability to make a hole in the ground and so the bomb just floats into the hole and goes past you while not exploding as you are slowly bleeding out a very slow and gruesome death because God, I hope nothing kills me faster. Yeah, because the Chardonnay, like it's, it's very, a coagulant, it's keeping me alive. Yeah, it's, so it's really deep in there. It, it burns a lot in your in your gut wound that you've given yourself. It's like two buck chuck, isn't it? Yeah, it's 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 fucking Carol, garbage. Treat yourself. You're worth it. Carol is very heartened by that. You know, she has a lot of trouble loving herself, especially with a family to take care of. And you know, she was a middle child, so she looks at Mel and goes, "God, Mel, I'm so sorry." I didn't want to have to do this. She pulls out a stapler from her jacket. It's just your regular stapler. And she shoots a staple at Mel. I mean, at this point, I imagine that Mel is probably a small live-work-play condo. What happens is the staple, I would imagine, lands perfectly in that keypad that everybody has to use to get into the building, and it never fucking works. And I think the reason why, sort of universally, is because of what Carol's about to do. She shot a stapler into that keypad. So for, like, eternity, if anybody lives in a condo and that fucking keypad is not working, it's Carol's fault. It gets hit, and then because the powers that Puddles have just used, their kind of cartoon physics-breaking abilities is spread across, 
You see this go into the keypad itself, and even though her body itself shouldn't be producing electricity, you do start to see sparks come from this as kind of like yes. this this rainbow ripple goes across the universe to just make all live workspace condo keypads just ineffective, fucking just fucked. Useless. And then you start to feel as if you've finally done something to really affect the real estate world itself. And then you think it's time to revert back to your former self and you're kind of stepping back. You find that you've lost your footing as you're falling backwards into this seemingly endless hole. And then right next to it, the last thing you see is puddles just kind of bleeding out as they watch you yeah. fall and into I, this hole. And I say, you know, gates don't keep people out. They keep people in. Pool parties at 11, so... Uh, oh, sweet, I'll be there. BYOB and weed. Is that the last thing you say as yeah, you're falling? Yeah, yeah, I think she's still throwing a party. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's a couple people that do hear pool party, and uh, they don't put together that it's a endless pit, so they there's a few of the people watching, they do dive in. Um, and eventually, though, a few people stop, though, because they're here, like, is there Cheetos down there? And then no one responds, because all of you have fallen down so right, far. Right. Puddles, what are you doing as you're you're, um, you're slowly bleeding out? I'm gonna shakily reach out a paw towards Carol. <coughs> Carol, it never could have worked. A gal like you and a guy like me. You, gamefully employed. So beautiful, so sensibly dressed. Me. I've got two sets of animal genitalia. Don't want to talk about it. I got one lemur one, one fox one. Anyway, get closer. There's a secret I want to tell you. Okay, okay, listen, hang on. <coughs> There's not much time. <coughs> what do you got to tell me? Take off my head. What? Grab my head and take it off, Carol. Uh, no time to explain. Okay. Oh hey, my. Uh, yeah, it's James from work. I, uh, There's a subculture, a burgeoning subculture called furries. Didn't want you to have to find out like this. I am a furry. I've been dressed as puddles the entire time. Oh, James. Yeah. Uh... It's not. There's nothing against it in the employee handbook. No, no, James. I was never going to dock you for that. I just, I, well, you know, I've had feelings for you for so long, and I brought you a couple of casseroles, well, Carol, and I. You, you did. Well, yeah. What did you think the casseroles were for? I don't know. Like to share in the break room. Oh, Carol. <laughs> I want to be very clear. Me dying is real, but maybe. Before I go, we could have a uh, inadvisable employee-to-employee kiss. So long as you don't tell the boss. I literally do not have time to. <laughs> it's, a, it's a very cartoony kiss. Yeah. Our lips yeah. extend like three inches. Yeah, because you were talking across the, the hole. Oh, yeah, my lips <laughs> go across the floor like snaking, yeah. like, you know, the Grinch going around the presents. Carol, you, you get a kiss. You're so thrilled and, and you feel so happy even though you're going to, you know there's a lot of paperwork for inner office romances you're going to have to fill later and that makes you even happier because you fucking love paperwork. And can James die? Can I die with my lips still fully extended but they just go limp yeah, like a hose yeah, you, laying you, yeah, in the you, sand? You used up a lot of energy to extend your lips All that much it. and then as you extended your body it actually thins out your blood so you're bleeding out even faster. Your lizard-like extension lips just fall with you as you die on the outside of the hole itself and carol you're feeling like you're on cloud nine right now oh james i'm never gonna forget you that kiss will live on forever in my heart and probably also in my dreams and my quiet times well there's still a spider so um carol walks toward the spider 
and um, pulls out a couple of post-its that are actually ninja stars. They're just kind of bladed on the side and goes, okay, I can't tell anybody that I have these. They're super illegal and I got them on the black market, but I thought they would be useful. And she shoots it at the spider's belly. Yeah, so you start shooting with the spider's belly and it does seem like the, the underside of the spider actually doesn't have as like, tough as skin and you hit it and you feel pretty good and you feel pretty confident about it and you go to go tell James about how good of a job you just did and then you remember that they just died and you turn back towards the spider and the last thing you see is this giant sign spinning seemingly from nowhere as it just comes and decapitates your head. <laughs> and so what is the last thing you say as you turn back to go fight the spider one last time? This has got to be some kind of violation. I love the idea that even though they never interacted with the other group, Carol was taken out by the spinner sign. You love that she got murdered? <laughs> oh yeah, I'm from the future. My concept of reality is severely warped due to how normalized hyperviolence is in my everyday life. Well, I can actually relate to some of that, so I, I guess I get it. All right. Now, to go back to 2004 and follow Jane Jenkins as she sees if the Silver Moth and Pied Piper have what it takes to move on without Son of Bone Daddy. We last left them following a yarn trail. So you start to follow the trail, and this yarn trail leads you to just a burned-down house. Every time, am I right, Pied Piper? It's like we're just we just never get there on time. It's kind of it's oh, uh, a penny short and a minute late uh, every time. Have uh, but you know we were we were men of yeah. action well, it's this like, time. It's we like the old it's, it's like the old hard. saying goes with life saving. It's the thought that counts. That's As right. they're having this That's conversation, right. Jane, you definitely see that the yarn trail you're following is shaking a little bit. And it does seem like a few blocks ahead that there is just this wave of yarn carrying cars on top of it. You notice it just because you have senses outside of yourself. Hey, guys, look at that. Huh. I, I, I'm comically looking in a completely other direction. What are you looking at? The, the yarn? The yarn wave? The wave yeah, of yarn? You mention it. That is a little unusual. Yeah. Humble suggestion. What if we headed that direction? And as we go, why don't you start producing moths? And by the time we get there, we'll have 17 times two moths. Uh, I, I can, most I can only do it while like, staying in the one position. Man, this is, this is the kind of thing we would really could use a mind map for. Oh, Lord. Okay, how about this? Uh, I take uh, from one of my pouches uh, a very large mason jar. I say, Silver Moth, what if, uh, you know, I'll, I'll drive this time. You concentrate, start putting moss into the, the jar, and then you can open the jar when we get there, yeah? <gasps> that is the most brilliant idea I've ever heard. Thank you. You do put together that this yarn tsunami was headed straight towards the park, and all of you know that today is the monthly Puppy in the Park Day where orphans get to go see puppies. Okay, I'm just sitting there filling the jar with moths. Twelve? I'm driving the little geo. You're doing such a great job. Fourteen? I'm working on the story and I'm typing, several children and puppies died in a terrible, terrible yarn tsunami accident. And there was nothing to do but watch as the life left their bodies. Okay, guys, I'm really excited. I'm really excited about this plan. Seventeen? 17 months! This is as much as I've ever gone! It's just like you, it's a, you've reached a new power level. You're so strong. You've been working on it. 18! 
yeah! And I get so excited, I swerve a little bit on the road. Just, no, yeah, you yeah. swerve a little bit, and then you you just barely miss what can only be described as a Katamari steer ball that's coming barreling towards you on the road. So Pied Piper and Silver Moth, you're both a little spooked out by this Katamari steer ball, but you do make it to the park, and it seems like, once again, this is the hottest on the trail you've been, but it does seem like the villains you have been chasing are gone. In the wake, there is a pavilion that was covered in yarn that is now set ablaze. There is a dead clown on the ground. There's a bunch of cattle that seems that the, the steer ball itself was knocked out. And there's singes everywhere. Uh, that, that dead clown is really creeping me out, guys. I don't know if... Um... I don't know how much longer you guys want to stay. Like, do you, did we ever get the frozen yogurt? Like, what what are you guys thinking? Yeah, it's it's a, it's a creepy yeah, it's, uh, juxtaposition of a dead clown. Yeah. Okay, so there's there's death, there's fire, and so I start I start to feel like the nerves. I start to feel very nervous, and when when I get nervous, when I get uncomfortable, I I make pies. I make something that that really calms my nerves, which is technically a pie. Um, I get some uh, some cream cheese out. Uh, I make a lovely cheesecake. Okay, Pied Piper, I know you only make cheesecake when you're nervous, but don't worry, buddy, because we got this. And I just show him the jar of moths. No, I don't like this. You, we've, I know we have the jar of moths, but it's something... And I'm slicing into the cheesecake and just... Something is not As you're right. slicing this cheesecake, like a gust of wind hits and it carries the smell of cheesecake. And then you start to see, like, rustling in the bushes and trees around you, a swarm of now rabid orphans come out as they scream, Anything I steal today is mine! And they start to just, like, rip apart the Pied Piper as they're trying to get it to cheesecake and all the bits of uh, baking goods inside of his pants pockets. I'm just furiously, like, opening pouches, like, lemons, apples, of uh, I can't get any of the ingredients in the bubble. And you're so terrified, your pie-making abilities are, like, going off, and so you're starting to throw, like, yeah. handfuls of flour-hitting kids, and then, like, so part of their skin gets hit with flour, and it turns to, like, a crust. There's, like, apple parts falling out, and it's just, like, you can tell, like, the apples are going inside their body, and you're getting their organs, and you're just making this. And it's just infuriating the kids as they literally just rip you apart as if you yourself were a tasty pie. What are your last words? Uh, inaudible, slightly uh, Eastern European gibberish. Just a second, the fight of Heisen, go for I'd like to turn to Jane and just be like, uh, I'm not really sure if we should use the jar now or save it for Let's later. Let's save it. Yeah. 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 Let's and save that's kind of what I was thinking too. Yeah. Oh boy. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't like seeing, I didn't like watching that. I have to say. Not at all. When kids attack someone, usually that's the villain. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And like a kid, while they're like eating part of Pied Piper's organs, a kid just looks up at you and they're like, an adult told me everything I steal today is mine. Crime forever. And then they go back to eating. He's not wrong. Yeah. We should, uh, we should probably move on. They're going to. Probably. Yeah. 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 Hey, you get the World of Warcraft uh, passed on to you, right? You know what? I didn't want to say anything, but that is what is kind of putting a yeah. bright light on yeah. this whole situation. Yeah. yeah. I'm I'm pretty I'm disassociating real hard right now, so uh, <laughs> that actually also makes me happy. So just cut back to the car, and you're playing again, just two of us now. Yeah, yeah. So it's the two of you. It's very quiet, and you start following the the yarn trail again, and it seems like it's leading towards City Hall itself. Sure enough, you do come up. And it seems you just see this just giant just wave of yarn that's engulfing a few cars and it's been left a few blocks outside of City Hall. Hey, you still have that 
jar of moths. This is it? Yeah. Oh, I, I wish I wish the guys were here to see this. Um, we were a superhero team for 17 years. That's big. I, you know, I got to be honest. When I sat down with you all today, I... Well, frankly, I didn't expect any of you to uh, be a hero, but I really did not expect you to be the last one standing. So. Well, check this out. I step out of the car. I look up at this giant tidal wave of yarn and I say, take this, you fabric bastard. And I throw the jar. It smashes on the ground. The moths flutter away. I silence for 10 seconds. And I just turn around and go, I really don't know what I was expecting to happen there. And as Silver Moth says this, the yarn almost with a sentience of its own just like reaches out, wraps the Silver Moth in uh, and just yarn everywhere and engulfs them into this giant tsunami of yarn that you can also tell had was set ablaze on the other end of it. As the yarn is starting to burn, getting towards Silver Moth yourself, what are the last thing you say to Jane Jenkins? Jane, if could you maybe... I'm done. <laughs> and Jane, you're watching this all this happen in terror, and then the Channel 4 news team van pulls up next to you, and they're like, Jane, we've been trying to hit you on your pager all day. There's a giant spider attack in town and the mayor called us to City Hall. We gotta get the team back together. Oh boy. What were you doing here? This seems, was something happening before this? No, not at all, never mind. Today's the Jane Jenkins day. Oh. Aw, I'm happy to see it all worked out for Jane in the end. How? She got back together with her old news team. Oh, I forgot. You don't know the first story of Spider Day. What does that mean, Jerry? Nothing. Let's move on to the next one. Just keep, go just keep going. Okay. Back to 1998 in space on the other side of the spider. Selena just died, but Maxine, the spinner, and Meteor were still in the fight against the giant spider. What I'm doing right now is just after doing that, just trying to flash her, Maxine, to like come and come and circle up so we can yeah. try to take this guy down. And then I'm looking and I'm thinking that the only way we're taking this giant spider down is by cutting off those legs. And I certainly have the blade. I don't know if I have the speed or the precision and I'm pretty precise, but that's a lot of legs we have to cut through. I, so I, I can tell you real fast. As you can see my handiwork. I, I don't look. <laughs> <laughs> that's probably for the I'll best. Yeah. I'll take your word for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I think I think we, we, we need Maxine. Yeah. If we screw this up, I think she's the only yeah, way. Yeah, Ma Maxine, one. you're, able to, get, you're right. able to get your way out of I'm the I'm able to get free. Yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. So then I get my way free with the nail. I put the nail in the fanny pack. I grab the remnants of the shoes, and I'm running <laughs> over to where Meteor is. I'm like, we're going to get Get this right. We're gonna get this right. Yeah, and then uh, you're running over, and a similar thing. You start to see. It looks like a one of the spider legs is like lifting off the ground to then try to smash you as you're running over. So I am gonna um, say to Meteor, throw me at the leg that's coming down, and I'm gonna use these shoes as a weapon. Uh, are you sure? Last time I threw someone, it didn't exactly work out like plans. So if it looks like it's not going to go right, I'm going to click to time back and I'm going to adjust your angle. Okay. And we're going to do it again. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. So <laughs> you, are you doing it? Uh, totally. Yeah. yeah. So you, you throw Maxine up and sure enough, you're able to like stab the shoes into the bottom of the spider leg. You're like, ah, I did it. And then you start to tell that you're just kind of holding onto this spider leg <laughs> as it's just like still going on the ground. And I'm like slowly sliding down the legs with the, uh, the shoes. 
What, what about all those hairs? Because <laughs> she, she's at the bottom of it. And oh. so what, what the thing, it's not as oh. the hairs, it's the fact that she's just like stuck herself into this and did like land the shoes in there, but she's now on the bottom of this foot that's like quickly, oh, oh, no. quickly uh, coming towards the ground. And I begin just spinning around on my hands. It's not very fast, but just to try and get enough like momentum to boomerang this thing again and cut that foot off. Uh... Uh, before it just impales her on the ground. So what happens is Maxine starts to see this is going bad. She's like, oh shit, I better hit my trusty watch with my hands. And she goes, <laughs> she, she goes to like hit the watch and then she feels like she's no longer like falling uh, attached to this spider leg and she like falls on the ground and sees like the leg land right next to her and she's like, Ooh, I made it. And she goes to like wipe sweat off her forehead, then then notices that your sign cut off her hands at the wrist. <laughs> and then underneath the spider leg itself are now just detached hands, but the hands themselves have the watch. Have the watch. And so what's funny is because like we said, the way that the effect works, oh, it doesn't no. affect and like it, you know, the effects can like transfer. So all that kind of happens is you guys all this weird deja vu feeling of just seeing these hands get smashed time and time again. And so it's like a weird time temporal <laughs> loop until eventually the watch gets smashed so much that it's just destroyed. And Maxine just looks over and sees that like parts of this watch that she's used to like control time 30 seconds at a time is now just shattered and she's now just bleeding out because her hands have just been chopped off. You done fucked up. <laughs> yeah. So Maxine, you, you feel like you don't have long for this world as you're bleeding out <laughs> and you're trying to grab your to-do list out of your <laughs> out, of, out of your fanny pack and what's <laughs> And you just I'm using my mouth like, yeah. and, like and it's so hard too because like you it's a very meticulously laid out list, all paper, so you right. just keep covering it in your own blood. What do you do as you <laughs> as you're slowly bleeding out, covering all of your your notes in your own blood? I'm just gonna look sadly and say blood was not on the agenda today. They looked like such strong hands. Yeah, the last thing you hear her say with like just two bloody stumps is go, they look like such strong hands. As she kind of just passes out from blood loss as Maxine dies. From my handstand position, I'm not, I'm not liking your odds. I, I still like my odds. Really? For the, for the, well, <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I do have a lot of money on the, writing on this. That's fair. And there's now like another subsection of hero on hero death. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> even as far as yeah, I can tell. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> this just became a tournament. Like, the, the spider's just background. <laughs> or the spinner feels ambivalent about that, but he has a competitive spirit. Mm -hmm. You know, he really pulls himself up by his bootstraps. And, I can respect And that. he wants to be a Quiznos Baron. So he's, and he's also determined you, And now. also, you really, you really got to win this thing now because, like, Celine died. That nest, like, the, yeah. like, yeah. Yeah, I'm like, fuck. Like, what? that gun right there, you can't really convince her dad to buy you a, um, a fleet of Quiznos. I killed the person who she died trying to protect. Yeah. Like, they're the asshole, definitely. <laughs>
<laughs> Meteor, what are you doing now? Is that, is that the actual look you gave me? That like, oh, I'm gonna have to kill this guy. Oh yeah, and it oh. is a silent look. And I am upside down. <laughs> <laughs> but you, but you just completely. Ri I, you can just see while I'm wet, like. I'm like looking at my sign, which is like still spinning back. I'm like, it's it's like someone like about to like go for a gun, yeah. you know, that's between you. And for somehow, despite I, it seems like your social reading skills are moderate. Sure. Uh, yeah. Uh, you you this is communicated nonetheless. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, yeah. Me Meteor, what are you doing? Oh, I won't catch that sign. <laughs> Spitter, you're just like, yeah, I'm gonna fucking get this rock, motherfucker. That's right, eat the sign! And then, and then they just, like, Meteor just holds up their rock hand, grabs the sign in midair, it does nothing to them, as you see them just rip it apart. <laughs> the tiny, the, the, like, tiny spitter on my chest just stops. Then just on my, on my hands, just turn around and begin waddling away. Oh, no, you don't. You get back here. Right, what's a, what's Meteor them. doing? Oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pick him up. Since you like flying, and I'm gonna throw him at the spider. Oh my God. After I throw him, I throw both halves of that sign after. So you, so you like threw me up towards the spider? Yes, totally. Uh, well, you gave your first mistake was giving me my sign back. No, uh, no, you went first, uh -oh. and then both halves went after you. Yeah, as much as I use a spinning sign, I myself have become a spinner in myself. So oh, I'm, wow. I'm like trying to do like a spin, trying to stabilize yeah. myself and like slow my ascents just enough that I can reach out for them. But those, I assume those sign halves are kind of spinning on their own. Yeah. Uh, and I, I guess uh, I grab, yeah, I grab them like just as I'm over the spider's maw and I just sort of have them and I'm trying to either do like a bird, like flapping <laughs> wings thing, maybe just try and like spin around and get like a corkscrew. Yeah. But I'm out of my element. Yeah, so you, you grab the two sides of the, of the sign and you were spinning and then you grab them and they were spinning. And so you were doing like a counterclockwise, they're doing a clockwise. So you're able to like kind of write yourself as you're just like, okay, I'm gonna do a cork spin in the air, build momentum, and I'm gonna get this rock motherfucker. And so you start to ascend down and you're kind of like slowing your movement a little bit to get a precision strike. And then uh, what is the last thing you say before the spider just eats you like a snack in midair? Uh, let it rip. <laughs> Meteor, you're just like looking up as this happens. You sort of go, let it rip. And then you see him get eaten in midair. Um, but the signs are still spinning. And so what happens is the spider on the inside of its mouth kind of gets like cut up in there and Ooh. it starts to spit out some just acidic blood that immediately just covers your Ooh. rock body. Oh, no. And even oh. though you are made of rock, it starts to just immediately like corrode and break down. Oh, so it's, you're not like melting, but like the outer, outer like part of your body it's just kind of like, you know, as if you were at the bottom of a river for a thousand years in an instant. <laughs> oh, no. As it starts to just corrode away. And your body's really fun, too, because, like, where we have, like, joints and appendages, they're just, like, small little rocks that, like, are, yeah. like, held together. And that's how you can, like, bend and move as you start to, like, lose the ability to, like, move any of your appendages as you just... And this thing, like, it looks like you got it real good in the mouth. And so, like, it's starting Ooh. to just spit out a lot of acidic blood all over you. What are you doing? Oh. It's slowly turning into gravel, it sounds like. <laughs> I don't think it's slow. <laughs> I think it's a million years in an instant. <laughs> You're probably right. I mean, there's worse fates in this world. At least I won't be alone. Yeah. 
Yeah, you kind of just resign yourself. You're like, you know, that's what my dad always told me. You start as gravel, you end as gravel. <laughs> as you just don't fight back and just kind of let yourself become one with the arena floor. Yeah, that was good to me. Uh, and the camera's on you, too, as, as, as you know, you're the last of your team. You have one last chance to say something to, the, to all the fans before you die. Fuckers, I got the best seat in the house. You know, if you think about it, Meteor is still alive, because they're with the rocks again. But they were a sentient rock, and now they're just sp spreading to gravel. Uh, well, when you put it like that, I guess they technically are dead. Eh. Now, to close the chapter on 2001. Well, not really, because there are still two more groups, but, uh, fucking whatever. Why would you word it like that? This is already a lot to keep up with. Because that's comedy, baby. What? Oh, yeah, warp perspective. Sorry, go on. We rejoin Feral, Saul, and Melody as they move on deeper inside of the cave in Valhalladale. Saul, you're feeling pretty good. You you made your way across. You proved to your- <laughs> Is he? I mean, my hip is broken, but you know. Not physically good, <laughs> but like you feel like, you know, your, your morale is high because you're able to make it across. Yeah, back in the action. But now you're faced with the next challenge, and it does seem like this is a- Another room with a seemingly bottomless pit, but the only way to cross it is a series of columns that are up that you would have to jump your way across. Oh, God. Oh. So again, it's the same thing. You're on a little platform in the beginning, and there's a series of columns to be able to jump across. There are multiple columns to be able to take different paths. Seems to me then like some of the columns are probably bad. Oh, man. I mean, I think my initial thought would be that I'm better at jumping in my werewolf form, so I'm probably going to transform back. Mm -hmm. I don't know what that means for the shrapnel embedded in my body, but <laughs> yeah. I think first I'm going to look at Saul and I'm going to say, are you going to be able to make it across on your own or do you need a lift? Uh, I think I'll do just fine. You go on ahead. I'll catch up. All right. Well, as long as I know you've got my back. <laughs> that's a, yeah, that's a, a good one. And then I, uh, I am going to try to transform into a werewolf. Yeah, so you transform into a werewolf, and mm -hmm. what happens is that your body itself transforms, and then the mm -hmm. actual metal arrowheads that were embedded in your back then become part of your transformation to where your the entire back fur covering your body has mm -hmm. now this, this like metal razor sharpness. Ooh. Oh, I'm glad I didn't get on that. And you feel like you're going faster because you're able just to like cut through and you're hopping from one to another, and sure enough, you do land on one column, and with, with like, immediately, it crumbles underneath you, but with your werewolf-like agility, you just hop back over, and you're able to, like, land on a safe one. So you do make your way over, and it's now confirmed that some of these columns will crumble. Uh, yeah, so do you stay transformed when you get to the other side? Yeah, I think I do. Okay, great. So you're you're now over there, and your entire body, you just feel so pumped up, like adrenaline is rushing through mm -hmm. you, where you just can't <laughs> feel anything, and, like, you could defeat an entire army. I love that. My tail is wagging like crazy. So are you going to... Are you just going to fly right on over there again? I mean, yeah, what else would I do? <laughs> All right, well, uh, uh, I guess go ahead. You just see her fly away, but she does it like flying backwards as she's just holding up like a magical girl <laughs> peace sign, making direct eye contact with Saul as she just floats away. As she floats away, she lowers her index finger and it's just, <laughs> and she's just flipping him off. Oh my God. Well, I, I was going to swing my cane and like try to grab onto her like waistband or something so I could like catch a lift. Yeah, so you, you're able to do that. Like she's doing it in like a real mocking, like slow flyback. <laughs> she's an so, asshole. So 
yeah. So you feel like a little bit of weight underneath you as you do notice that Saul has put his cane into your belt loop and is able to ferry himself across. What do you do? Okay, so I'm kicking my legs out because I'm scared he's going to weigh me down and like fuck this up for us both. So I was just kind of kicking my legs at this little man who's hanging from my belt while trying to keep flying. Hey, hey, just... Just keep I keep am playing. not a taxi. Saul, you fall down, and as soon as you hit one of the columns, you feel it like shake a little bit, and you get terrified, <laughs> but then realize that it's it's not going to fall down, but you are now stranded on a column in the middle <laughs> of this almost floorless room Damn. and have no way Ugh. to get to, and you're like, pretty much in the middle of the room, so you're not close enough to either side. Melody, you are able to make your way into the next room as you... Perfect. Nailed it. ...leave Saul... To die. So, Saul, what are you going to do? Hey, uh, Melody, get back here. Ah, shit. He's going to think about it. Does he think that he can make that jump with one leg? I mean, you tell me. You're Saul. How wide is the gap? The closest one to you would be about a four foot gap. Oh, he can absolutely make that. And he goes for it. You push yourself up on your cane and then you muster up all the confidence you can. Once again, doing it for beefy. And you are able to just run and jump. And then even with just one leg, like because part of your hip is broken, you land and then immediately feel your other hip crack. Oh, damn it. Oh, shit. As, as oh. now you're pretty much temporarily paralyzed from the waist down as you cannot use your legs due to both, both sides of your hips being cracked. But you did land on a column that didn't fall, and you see there's only four more columns to go until the next room. <laughs> only four. Oh, oh, no. I don't know. I think he's just going to, like, roll over on his back and, like, accept his fate. <laughs> He can't do this. Uh, and what's the last thing that we hear Saul say to himself? I wish I could have seen Shrek one more time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, we move into the next room, and uh, Melody and Farrell Fawcett are standing there together, and it does not seem like Saul is coming. What are the two of you doing? What's the next room look like? Yeah. There is some pebbles on the ground, and there, it looks like to be a hopscotch set up. Well, I don't think I can play hopscotch as a wolf, so I think I'm gonna I'm gonna shift back. Tell me how that goes, Joel. Uh, so you shift oh, back no. into your human form, oh, no. and then immediately feel all of the pain that oh, you no. had not been feeling, as the metal has now merged so much with your body that parts of your body are just kind of like these weird holes. <laughs> where the metallic God. form has seemed to no longer merge with your body and it's kind of liquidating as you are slowly just seeping out all of your insides. Oh, cool, 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 cool. Figured it would be something like that. Cool. Oh, that's what Melody says. You pick up the, a rock and try to throw it to play hopscotch and it lands on the number uh, six. What do you do? I do? Yeah. <laughs> with like my insides yeah, yeah, seeping yeah, yeah. out of me? Do <laughs> Not I mean, you notice it, but you got like, you got like, you can do like one more thing. <laughs> cool, I better make my last act hopscotch. I think I look down and I'm like, wild, I don't remember doing LSD this morning. Oh, buddy. And then I try to take a few steps toward the hopscotch board <laughs> no. and I think I just fall on my yeah, face. Yeah, so you do not land, you do not follow the rules of hopscotch and you land on the wrong number and you fall down and you would assume that what is going to kill Farrah Fawcett is all the, them losing all their organs. But as soon as uh, they fall on the wrong number, uh, an explosion from that tire will burst their body covering the entire room in Farrah Fawcett's oh, 
<laughs> like liquid metal and yeah. organs everywhere. <laughs> Looks just like my birthday party in here. Yeah, and then Mel- Melody Sparkles, you're left alone and uh, you can still fly. Okay, well, here's the thing. I know I can still fly, but even though I'm a cold-blooded killer, I am still a 15-year-old girl with a sense of whimsy, so I think I might want to play some hopscotch. Okay, great. Uh, so yeah, pick up a rock and you throw it and mm-hmm. it lands on seven. I do what you do when you play hopscotch. And it's hard for you to do because you have to remember because you're starting to try to remember like how do I play hopscotch? What are the rules of it? Because every time you think about that and you're trying to recall any childlike (laughs) innocence you have, you're having flashes of murdering the wizard that you ate the heart of. Yeah. Sometimes I see his memories. And you see like at one point like, you know, him him with his wife and kids and talking about how he's so happy to have used all of his magic to help the world and you know and then he was talking about as soon as soon as we have this this retirement party I'm going to dedicate my life to curing all forms of cancer because for some reason magic is around and no one has done that yet my young grandson loves to go to this playpen so we're going to go there and hopefully no child kills me and eats me for my power but that's <laughs> And sure enough, though, you're able to make it over. You hopscotch perfectly. Oh, I did it. Yeah, you do it. You land and, uh, you know, you go to you go to give a thumbs up to your friends. And then, you know, the only part of Feral Fawcett that didn't get fully exploded is a hand that falls down. And you do see it do like a thumbs up. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. And then you enter the next room, which just appears to be uh, a hall of mirrors. And as soon as you walk in, you start seeing reflections of yourself that are weird mergers of you and the wizard that you killed. Oh, my God. And you then start to, as you're walking further in the room, it seems like this is a a seemingly endless hallway because you can't find a direct path without bumping up into mirrors and walls. And every time you bump up into a wall or a mirror, you start to see flashes and memories of uh, of the wizard's life. And then some of them seem like things that happen. Some of them seems like things that were destined to happen but never could as you start to, with every step, hear the a more intense beating of a heart. Stop. You're not real. You're not real. Uh, so yeah, what are you doing? I'm beating my fists against the mirrors and screaming, you're not real. Uh, yeah, every time you uh, punch one of the mirrors, the blood stains on your hands start to spread further and further across your body as shards of glass are being broken on the ground. And you just now see streaks of red covering your entire body as it's just covered and started to go up into your eyes itself. I mean, at this point, I think I'm going to take lift off and try to fly out, but I can't see super well because my eyes are full of red (laughs) and visions of the past. So, yeah, you just bust through a series of mirrors, making your way into the other room, shards of glass embedded all over you as you then enter a what just seems like to be a dark tunnel with a light on the other end. And you see standing in front of you a five year old version of yourself. I, I would stare the child down, confused. Hello? Yourself just looks back at you and says, Give it back. (gasps) And then opens up their shirt to show that, like, the heart within them has been ripped out. Give it back. Oh, my God. (laughs) Give it back. So, uh, driven mad by the things I have seen in my only act of contrition in all my 15 years, I crack my sternum open. Rip out my still beating heart and hand it to the child. It's broken anyway. 
You whisper that. Uh, I think the magic inside you sustains you long enough to where you are able to rip out your own heart and speak that. And as soon as you say that, the entire blackness of the tunnel that you're in disappears and it appears that you're just in a room alone by yourself as your body falls on the ground, grasping your own heart as you die. You know what? I don't care what anyone says. That Melody Sparkles is pretty cool. I kind of hate to admit it, but she is pretty cool. Right? Oh God, I'm starting to agree with Joanna. Can we move on? Can you move on? We jump back to 1998 in space. Bone Daddy is filled with bare naked ladies knowledge, while Baron Slime and Big Baby Schwab are still riding out their highs. Big Baby Swab, the gun's like motioning for you to come to the side because Bone Daddy's just spewing out bare naked lady facts as Baron Slime is very interested in it, but you can tell the gun's trying to get your attention. Great, I very gingerly climb out of Bone Daddy's arms so as to not disturb him during his stream of consciousness and I- Yeah, I'm uh, sort of like I, hugging my knees now and I'm just muttering like Bare Naked Lady's second album, maybe you should drive, released in 1994, fared considerably less well with the Canadian public. And I walk over to the gun. Hey listen, you seem, you seem like you got your shit together. You seem like, you, are you in charge here? <laughs> no one's in charge of me and I'm not in charge of nobody, gun. Once again, I'm not a gun. And I'm not a baby. And yet, that's my name. Big well, baby my name isn't gun. Your name is a, you, you're the one- Sorry, your name isn't Gun? No. Why have we been calling you Gun this whole Y'all time? Y'all are very rude people. You had, none of you have asked what my name is. You just kept calling me Gun. Oh, um, yeah, we don't ask questions. All right, that seems like a weird kind of stand. I mean, you've also asked a lot of questions. We're inconsistent guys. What can I say? You did say that about yourself. You did. Here, let me be inconsistent now. What's your name? Oh, I don't, I don't know whatever you want to call me, but just not Gun. I'm just, you know, kind of it's a sore subject. Wait, 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 wait. You raise a whole big stink about not being called Gun, and then I ask you your name, and you say, you say, you can call me whatever well, you want. I said want. Well, you can call me whatever you want except for gun, you know? I'm kind of like a, you know, I got one rule. This guy. This guy right well, here. Anyways, oh anyways, so what I'm trying to say here is, you know, I know, I know, you know, your friends over there, they're doing stuff. How about you portray them and we go hang out and we do cool stuff, all right? I mean, what do you need a spider rider for? How about we take this spot? Let me, let me just cut you off right there. My entire reason for living is betraying my friends to go and do cool stuff somewhere else. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm there. I am okay, there. Okay, well, the, the way you're kind of giving me that look, I thought you were going to say no, but it seems like you're kind of a, I thought you were a cool guy. I'm incredibly inconsistent. <laughs> hey, that's what I, that's the kind of thing that I like in a friend, you know, anyway. So how about, how about me and you, we team up and we go kill them. Love it. I love it. Okay, well, hey, but, but real first though, go go tell that go tell that octopus man I got to talk to him for for an unrelated reason. Oh, for an unrelated reason? Yeah, yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah, I bet it's to help set up me killing him later. Of course it is. Of course it is. All right, hold on, just a sec. I got you, man. Big baby crosses back over to Bone Daddy and Baron Slime. He turns to Baron Slime and says, "Hey." Hey, Baron. That, yes? Hey, um, uh, the gun wants to actually talk to you over there. Not a gun! He has a- I got it! I got it, okay? Yeah, so his name is definitely Gun. Make sure you call him Gun. Oh. And don't back down if he says otherwise, but he does want to talk to you. Okay! I, uh, waddle my tentacles over. Oh, uh, hello, Gun. What do you want? I'm not a gun. What do you want? You wanted to talk to me. You know, he knows all about bare naked ladies, but he didn't even say how the song Brian Wilson was about how the piano player was 
an invil sick in bed when they were going on their first tour, and that's why they wrote the song about Brian Wilson. I don't know who bare naked ladies are. You know, I was gonna try to get you to team up with me and kill your friends. Be honest, I just you're I don't like you. Lying in bed just like a Brian Wilson did. I'm gonna be honest. If you sing one more Bare Naked Lady lyric, I'm gonna kill you. Some fantastic, you know, it's true. And then he shoots Baron Slime in the head as he's just singing Bare Naked Ladies. What are your last words, Baron Slime? It's been one day since I fucked the rain. And then I die. Yeah, you just die and you're in in your in your weird octopus body just kinda like shrivels up. I wanna make it very clear that it rained yesterday and so Baron Slime was really like into it because he fuck he likes he likes to fuck the rain. We got we got that. Okay, yeah, it, we it all, rained yesterday, because that's why it's been it's been one day since I fucked the rain. Just yeah, the gun sure. shoots you a couple more times because you're you're telling this to everybody. You're saying it like you're because it it's been it was yesterday when it rained and I don't know if anyone's aware that I get sexual pleasure from the rain. Yeah, it just it just bl it blasts you. There's no body left. There's nothing. There's nothing left. It's surprising how many words you got out. Bone Daddy, you're just kind of on the ground. You're you're having to deal with the fact that your brain is just filled with bare naked lady facts, and you do hear over the loudspeaker, "Puddles has died." That was my bet. I've got my like hands on my temples and I'm just sort of like like just in, like the scream like in agony uh, the group also had a cameo in the Canadian film the wrong guy with Dave Foley and then I like come to to like point at, uh, at big baby and I go ha ha your bet got fucked up I'm back baby in a big way you suck bone daddy yeah the only thing I suck is a robot's butt earlier and I think it got me high yeah, and then the robot kind of wiggles his butt for you a little bit, and then starts to just secrete some smoke, similar to what the gun did earlier. The high of this is kind of cutting the uh, universal knowledge of uh, bare naked ladies that you were just bestowed. Ooh, there we go. Nothing cures being high like getting even higher. That's what we've always said. The gun motions for you, Bone Daddy, to come over towards him. Uh, cool. I just like I I walk right over. I go, "What's up, gun?" No, I'm not a gun. I don't. How many? Why? This is a whole th Why would you think I'm a gun? I just, you shaped like a gun. You got sort of a gun way about you. Anyways, okay. I mean, you're here for the spider rattle, right? Do you know what it does? You know what it does and all that? No, I didn't ask shit about it. I just know I got to get it and bring it back to this one guy. Okay, well, I, I'm going to guess you don't ask questions. Nah, I don't ask a single question unless I feel like it. And right now, I do. What's the spider idol do? Oh, I thought you didn't really care. No, I mean, I, I'm curious. You piqued my curiosity. All right, all right. I mean, yeah, like I said, it's, it's a pretty simple thing. Like, we see, you see down there. Uh -huh, and like uh -huh. there, like he points to like the gun points to a monitor, and you do see that there is this idol that's on top of the arena. It goes, yeah, all you do is you know, there's a there's an idol that's connected to each adolescent spider, and that down there is just a little baby spider, and that's gonna make him go crazy. And as we all know, you can't, you know, that spider's gonna kill everything down there. You know, there's no, there, all your bets are pretty much meaningless. This place, the house always wins. Ah. Should have bet on the spider. Yeah, that's the thing. No one really thinks bet on the spider. But uh, so, with the, and then and then eventually you can't stop because as soon as you summon a spider with the idol, it's going to go crazy. It's going to kill everybody and there's no stopping it. So then its mom's got to come and just kill it because that's the only thing that can kill a son is his mother, you know? Oh, boy. Story of my life. Yeah, I'm, I, okay. So anyways, so what I'm trying to say here, you already spent all your money. How about we, how about we just kind of dip? And you go betray your friend and you team up with me. Done. And if you ask yourself, uh, oh. Wait, is there more? 
I mean, only to try to convince you to say what you just did. We'll sweeten the deal a little. Oh, I was just going to say we can hang out, and I like people that will betray friends so later I can get them to betray other people, you know? I like shady people that do shady things. Oh, I'm basically a shadow. Let's go. It was really easy. Yeah, let's go. All right. I don't like this guy. And the other guy, he's dead, and I love that. Big Baby, what are you doing as this, uh, as this is going on? I am, like, just tossing my knives in the air for my own entertainment and just imagining they were my fingers. Uh, and then you do hear from the loudspeaker, Carol has died. Good. Bone Daddy, what are you doing? Uh, I'm moving my bones around, you know, I'm, I'm twiddling my fingers. I'm making my spine go all sorts of different ways. Uh, and I, I lean into the gun. I'm like, oh, let's get out of here while this... This moron's looking at all his bets. Okay, well, is he gonna come after us? Nah, probably not. How about you get his attention? Ask him if he's gonna come after us. All right, big baby. Yeah. Hey, if I as you say that, the knife that you were just throwing falls down and stabs yourself in the throat. Ugh. Ugh. This never happens. Oh God. Oh, somebody else. Yeah, I'll come and help. And I run over and I just like jam the knife deeper down into his throat. <laughs> I say, no, that's not helping. That's the opposite. And then I compel Bone Daddy to pick me up. All right, I start picking him up. I go, oh, I want to. I want to do this. This is my choice. Whatever. Just stop pushing the knife in. I use my bone oh. control to pick you up. But I, I hold the knife with my other hand, so I pick you up more into it. Blood is cascading down my body and onto Bone Daddy, and I yell out my signature catchphrase, That ain't no donut! Big Baby Schwab expires. So I look back at the at the gun, and I'm like, Alright, better safe than sorry. Let's go! And then you hear over the loudspeaker, The, the spinner, spinner has, has died. died! Fuck! Motherfuck! Well, this was real fun. I'm gonna be honest, I don't really have anywhere to go. I'm just kind of bound here. The people that run this place kind of control me, and I'm, in, you know, I'm trying to... So I just wanted to see if, honestly... I get real bored, I'm kind of a toxic person, and I got a lot of anger that I vent out, and I- Hey, same here, only, well, actually, no qualification, all of those things apply to me, too. Y'all seem like I could convince you to kill each other, and honestly, this wasn't even, like, sport for me, this was literally, I just- I've been in this situation before, there's a classic amateur, but what you need to do is you get, like, one evil man and two moral men, and then, or one moral man and two evil men, and then you see the, the moral yeah. man as he decays, that's what it's all about. This is pretty, this is pretty intense, uh, so you, yeah. You, like, uh, you released a bunch of birds into the air and you shouted fly at them, that's what, we're, we're evil to the bone, we're gonna kill each hey, other. That, that's, that's fair, hey, hey. You do hear an announcer goes go, Meteor has, has died, died from, from crumbling crumble and, and a, a broken, broken heart. heart. <gasps> You do see in Baby Swab's hand a a side bet that actually is saying that, that Meteor would die of a broken heart. And then Baron Slime, the ticket in his host body's hand, said that the money was on Meteor. And since Meteor was technically the last hero, you would get half of the money. Hey, looks like you killed the right two people. I guess so. Yeah, I didn't even think about it. I mean, that's like an added bonus. I run over to their hands and I use my switchblade to very slowly cut their hands off of their bodies instead of taking yeah. the tickets out of the hands. Yeah, you cut the hands off of the bodies and then like as soon as they're severed from that, like they kind of like convulse and then drop the tickets to where you still have to pick them up separate from the hands. Yeah, I, I, with great effort, I try to put the ticket back into the hands and like wrap their fingers and it's just like not yeah, working. With your, with your precision bone control, you grasp their hands at the, like inside of yours and you use your bone control. And so you're holding both of their hands in your hand. Uh, holding tickets as you go claim and you're just covered in blood and at this point you and this not gun just kind of do the rest of the the drugs and the robot as uh, as the robot goes hey listen so you've been doing a lot of stuff you probably aren't going to remember much of what happened here yeah fair enough 
Do you want the spider idol? We got, we got enough money for you to bring it back. And then also, we could do a bunch of crazy space stuff here. I mean, we got, we got, we got all of them. We got, you know, there's a, there's a space orgy going on. There's a bunch of, there's a place, you saw spiders kill them. There's a place, you can just go kill men. You can go pay to do it. Hell, I just, I killed men for free just now. I'll, I'll absolutely pay to kill some men. I grab the robot by like, if it has like robot lapels, uh, I sort of bring it, my face right up to it. And I say, now you listen to me. The idol, I can bring it back or not bring it back. My number one priority, I want to do every drug inside of you until you are bone dry. And then I want to throw you a husk of a body on the ground and go get involved in that space orgy. Bone Daddy sure enough does that. Woo! The portal that was left open for y'all to go back into because this was supposed to be kind of an in and out job. Bone Daddy just kind of throws the spider idol through it and then goes off on his own and then spends the next year on this alien planet just enjoying himself. You know, I wish I knew what Bone Daddy and that not gun got up to. Does anyone else think the not gun sounds familiar? You say that like you've met a gun before, Jerry. Well, not to brag, but I do live in America, so... No one from my time would think that's a brag. Now, tumbling through a portal, we rejoin Sundowner, the Great Auk, and the Objectifier as they head to an unknown destination. You feel like it's almost an instant that you're through this portal, but you also find yourself having all of the time in the world as you finally get to reconnect with your old self-objectifier and really find out the true you. The group kind of even comes together because you finally find kind of a kind of a cherished moment for the great Ock. But as this goes on, you're also in there longer and the sundowner, you feel like your senility has just gone full full force as every- Yeah, I'm I'm actually, as we're falling through this, I, I'm just having a sweet memory of uh, of necking with a, with a sweet dame while watching It's a Mad, 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 Mad World. Yeah, <laughs> and that's actually one of your powers first manifested because it, it was really, it was really terrifying because you blew the door off of your dad's Cadillac. And so you're kind of in that moment as you just you know you're you're necking and you let out like a blast from your your arm cannons as the portal opens and the three of you find yourself in what it can only be described as an alien coliseum as there is a 150 foot tall spider in the middle of this giant open fighting ground of coliseum sundowner you let out like a blast and you just blow this spider's head off as the three of you <laughs> land on the ground. Inside of this Coliseum, you see on each side of the spider, there are like in total eight dead heroes and the entire crowd just lets out like a giant scream and a roar. Uh, as he releases his beam, he's like, sweet Spencer Tracy. Uh, it's commonly believed that George Reeve, the first Superman from the CV show killed himself, but there's actually some interesting evidence that he might've been murdered by his wife to get uh, some money. I don't know, really know. Uh, one way or another, he, he was shot in the head. As you're saying this, there's a giant gate on the other side of this arena. And then you just see this spider that's over 300 feet tall just come out. And as the great Auk is talking about this, you know, possible murder for money, he just is squ immediately squished 
by one of the legs of this <laughs> of this second larger spider. Uh, the great auk, what do you say as you die? Frankenstein is actually the name of the monster. Uh, it's the name of the. It's not the name of the monster. It's the name. It's the name of the doctor. Uh, yeah, uh, you say that, and the spider takes a couple extra smashes on the ground just to really make sure you are dead. The sundowner and the objectifier. You see your longtime teammate that you thought could live through anything just immediately get squished to death. What do the two of you do? I go. I go. Christ! I thought he'd never <laughs> shut the fuck up. I I, I turn to objectifier uh, as this. 300 foot mo uh, spider is uh, uh, screaming. If we leave right now, we, we can still get that good corner booth at the Bob Evans. Uh, <laughs> we have to leave right now because because the, the, the lot, it, it really fills up right about this time. We, we really need to get there right at 405. All right. I didn't want to have to do this, but, you know, one of our heroes has already lost their life and, you know, we're facing a, a gigantic spider that is, you know, preventing us from going to Bob Evans. And honestly, I could, I could use like, you know, some scram scramby eggs or something. You gotta get, you gotta get the country gravy. I'm getting my powers back. I manifest just like, a, just like, a, like a handful of white powder. Just stick my face straight in it, and I'm like, woo! Objectifier is back, baby. Got my old, got my skills again, and I, I manifest a, uh, a tungsten rod, like, t like in the, at like the outer atmosphere, right above the spider. And just drop it. <laughs> yeah, you manifest just a fistful of cocaine, shove it in your face, start just taking giant, beautiful breaths as you just make a tungsten rod appear in the atmosphere and you just start summoning it down. And it's so beautifully wasteful because, like, you summon a fistful of cocaine, throw it in your face, summon another, throw it in your face, like... There's so many people just fiending in the crowd that wish they had that much as it's just getting more all over you. It's been too long since you had like any kind of drug use, let alone this bender. So you immediately go into cardiac arrest. <laughs> 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 what do you say to the sundowner as your left arm starts to go numb and your chest feels heavy, but your brain is happy due to all the amazing cocaine? Sundowner, don't tell anyone I went out like a complete bitch. Uh, Sundowner Sundowner's like Now on Tuesday They do cherry pie But that's only If you get there Before <laughs> six uh, But Wednesdays Now that's the day Where the chicken fried steak That's half off uh, What day is today again Because I really think that, uh, that, that if it is Wednesday We should try to get there Even earlier than four Yeah you say that To the objectifier Asking what day it is And then that's when You are realized That he's been dead For five minutes <laughs> And you start to look around and there's a spider this just giant spider is just like coming down to just take a bite out of you and you start to charge up your beams and then you hear the roof of this arena start to crash in and you look above you as a giant tungsten rod is coming crashing down on top of you the sundowner what do you do he just under under his his breath uh in a scared confused out of place uh whisper says malarkey wow they ended up in the very same arena as the rest of the heroes and just a few hundred yards away from bone daddy who could have seen that coming we did we kept saying it mm, i'm pretty sure i would have remembered that why is this still going jumping back to 2004 Nacho Man, blah, Steely Joan, The Rancher, Spellbook, and The Liver were hitting some speed bumps in their trip back to town. 
So yeah, you now find yourself ripped in half. Your legs are walking around an aimless direction as you see a webbing gets tied around your feet as your disembodied legs are beginning to be pulled away. Oh no, not again. I, I can still feel some of my legs in Kentucky. No. Nope. I shoot nacho vomit at the web to try to, to break it. <laughs> You do a projectile nacho vomit and it covers the entire webbing in nachos and seemingly has no effect as the liver's legs are now covered in a cheesy crust. You all look behind and you see another six foot spider. What's it with all these spiders? I'm sure it's nothing. Ah, shit. Okay, so hold on, and I, like, want to just pick up the liver and uh, sort of have his torso piggybacking on me. Uh, just to be like, okay, yeah, yeah, come on, get up. Okay, okay, okay. The liver was definitely um, crawling halfway to eat his legs that were now covered in a crusty cheese. <laughs> no, you know I love the baby legs. This will be fine. They're so cute. Yeah, yeah, we, I, I love them too. It's not no pain at all while they grow. And at this point, the rancher, all of your steers have been freaking out so much where like you can tell the ropes that were tying them to the truck have started to snap and they're about to be released. He gets the psionic lasso and just ties all of the steer into one giant ball so that the legs are all facing outwards, kind of Katamari style. Everyone on top, everyone run this way. The steer will roll that way. We'll make it in no time. Looks like we're hoofing it. And I do what he said. Yeah, all right. Yeah, so yeah, you make your uh, Katamari steer ball and you all jump on top. Nacho Man, your phone starts to ring and you retrieve it and immediately a spider web shoots out grabs the phone, and then whips it out of your hand before you could even see who was calling you. Ah, shit. Uh, that was probably my baby brother who I love a lot. Joan, can I get one of those phones? Yeah, sure. Here you go. As you hand the phone over, you start to notice that there's lots and lots of cars left unattended, and there's lots of lost things in them that you could find. Can we, can we, can we take a pit stop here? I think I found something that belongs to me. You call Yeehaw, and I'm just on the phone. Oh, absolutely, I don't see why not at all. Whoa, and the ball just stops dead instantly. <laughs> and, of course, Yeehaw is expecting this. Everybody else is just thrown. Ah! Yeah, Yeehaw is expecting it, uh, along with everyone else, but uh, Steely John was, was so transfixed on all the um, stuff that was hers in those cars that she did not feel it coming, uh, and so you do see Steely Joan get thrown off of the Katamari steer ball. Ah! Sorry, Joan. <clears throat> Ow, it's fine. Good hang time. My car here broke my fall. You fall on top of a car as you're retrieving your lost goods, and not your man, your brother, Jonah Jackson, answers the phone when you call from a different number. Uh, hello, Mayor here. What can I get you? Jonah. It's me, your loving older brother. Look, uh, we're on our way uh, downtown. Oh, shit. Yeah, hey, what's up? I, I, you know, I've missed you so much. I haven't, we haven't gotten to get together in a little while. And, uh, you know, I've just did been really new, excited to see you number? and to catch up and uh, do what? Did you get a new number? What? Oh, uh, my number got taken. There's like a weird uh, spider thing. You know, it's it's just some hero shit going on. But don't worry about it. Look, uh, we're, we're headed downtown. We're coming to your office. Look, I think. Uh, oh, my. Uh, oh, man. Today's not a great day. Yeah, I've got, I've got a present for you. I was going to bring you a present. Oh, uh, oh a present. Yeah, um, present. I know. I know how you love presents. You know what? I was meaning to call you. How about how about you come on downtown and you you give me that present and then um hero stuff. What was what was that, Kaylin? Oh, fuck it. That is a giant spider. Okay, you know what? I got a job for you. Come down to City Hall, and then I'm going to send you to the hospital. But you got to get here right now. Whatever you're doing, just, just fucking barrel on through and just get here right now. Hell yeah. Everything else is bullshit. I'm coming to you, buddy. I love you very much. And then he hangs up before. <laughs> He's always looked up to me. Yeah, and so uh, Nacho Man immediately starts to run 
to where the Katamari Steel Bar starts to up and uh, the love of his little brother is propelling him so fast. Also, all of the nacho vomit that is like slicking up the roadway in front oh, yeah. to where the Katamari Steel Ball hits like outlandish speeds. We're nacho planing. As Steely Joan, you see a giant six steer Katamari Ball barreling towards you. What are your last words if you, as you have found all of your goods? You know, I should have expected this. <laughs> <laughs> And that's the last thing anybody hears from Steely Joe. Actually, no one really hears it because every time a steer has somebody step on them, they make a noise. So it's definitely just just lost to that. As you all make your way about like a mile or two before anyone even has the question in their head, what happened to Joan? I have a singular focus. <laughs> hey, guys, I think my legs are being digested. I think this spider thing might not have been uh, just a neighbor in the storage unit. What? 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 Clued you into that, the fact that there were more of them, even though we got further away from the storage unit? Yeah, mainly. And uh, hey, where's where's Yon? What? Stilly, Stilly Yon? Well, she's probably finding something, I don't know. Yeah, it's what she does, right? Yeah, you're right. That's what she always does. Yeah, she, yeah. she just finds stuff. I, she, she, she probably just hopped off because she she found something. That was probably hers to begin with. But did, what did your brother say? What are we doing? Apparently the giant spiders are not just a localized thing. I should have probably mentioned that when you mentioned that you said that you thought that the spiders might not have been your neighbors. There are uh, apparently other uh, giant spiders and I'm just now making this go. Ah, shit. There's, it's just, it's like a day full of spiders. I don't fucking know, but we gotta go. Damn it. Y'all make your way into town and you're almost back at City Hall. And then the four of you are knocked off the Katamari steer ball ah! as a giant Molotov cocktail hits you. It's all going according to plan. And then Nacho Man, <laughs> you look up to see the four villains that you hire to ransack the town of Heavendale. Was that a giant Molotov cocktail? What is happening? I subtly like look up at the arsonist and wink and do the like, nice. And the arsonist winks back and then gives a thumbs up and then throws another Molotov cocktail at y'all. <laughs> and starts to make their way towards City Hall like you had told them to. And then the liver, you only having the top half of your body, we're not able to get away from the second Molotov cocktail. <laughs> Because still, there's just a bunch of cheesy goodness that was all over the ground, too. So you've been just covered in this cheese reflux. And with the combination of this flash burn, you're essentially getting fried into a tomb that you will live forever in. So right before the cheese hardens around your mouth, uh, what do you say? While the liver was trying to call for help, instead of doing that and probably getting himself out of the situation, he starts eating the cheese and his arms. Until he's just frozen in cheese. Y'all were right outside of the uh, park of Heavendale. Luckily, it was close to where the Puppies in the Park Day was. You all think maybe you should move that now makeshift statue out of the way. But you'll think, oh, it will be there tomorrow and we can definitely get rid of it. And you don't want to disrupt the Puppies in the Park Day. You all bid farewell to the liver. As you know, he'll live on to tomorrow and uh, wouldn't you know, be sucked into any kind of portal or anything like that. We'll definitely have a chance to sort this out later. Love you. Yeah, he's gonna be okay. Oh no! There's crime happening! That's weird. We should go do something about that. And I run toward the mayor's office. The three of you get up and you see your brother in his truest form, which is given a press conference as he's directing the heroes of Heavendale on which team they will take to fight against a giant spider. And he tells the three of you to go and defend the hospital. And you are trying to get his attention the entire time. Spellbook and the ranger, you can tell the mayor is definitely making an effort to not 
not look in your direction. But Nacho Man cannot tell this as he tries to get the attention of his brother and then thinks, well, I can talk to him after we beat this giant spider. If I can't get his attention, he's he's working and his job's very important. I just flag down Kaylin. I put the uh, glasses case and the note in her hands and I say, whatever you do, make sure this gets to him. I trust you. I know he trusts you more than anyone else. Definitely more than his wife. But I need you to give this to him. And she looks and he goes, I'll put it in his office. We'll definitely find it. Perfect. See, everything worked out fine. I'm sure Steely Joan will live to steal another day with the liver. Okay. So after this, I'm going to sit you down and tell you the first story of spider day okay and now we go back to 2001 with spider guy cat dude and bat chick these three are the closest anyone has been to the spider idol out of all three groups that went after it you walk into a room and it looked like there was a bunch of hopscotch markings on the ground but it looks like there's some explosions on the floor itself. But they're detonated? Yeah, it seems like there's detonated, and there's a bunch of just weird metallic-looking blood covering the walls. And then, Cat Dude, you do find a canine on the ground that seems similar to the bite of the dead arm that you still have on you. Hey, I am still carrying this thing around. I throw it down the hole. You throw it, and it hits one of the hopscotch things, and it thinks that it's one of the stones, and and a, a number six lights up. Oh, I done hopscotch. <laughs> I want to do the hopscotch. Yeah, you go and do hopscotch, you land, and then nothing happens, but that seems like the intended thing, and then the door in front of you opens. Oh, I do easy. like a little somersault, and I... Ta-da! And then I give the middle finger to the dog. <laughs> I mean, it's dead, so you just kind of give your middle finger to the room, yeah, I know. To the room itself. It exploded everywhere. <laughs> the other two of you, it seems like only one person had to hopscotch across the room to deactivate it. I fly across just in case. The three of you make your way into the next room, and it looks like what it used to be was a hall of mirrors, but there's just shattered mirrored glass everywhere on the ground, and there's a bunch of blood throughout the shattered mirrors, and as you're like looking down at different mirrors, you see different versions of yourself, some happier than you are, some sadder, and it seems like it would have been a real mind fuck if you had to walk directly through this hall of mirrors, but it seems like somebody has just shattered all of them, and you're just kind of having to be mindful of stepping over broken glass and the sm- shards are so small that it's not drawing your eye too in to all the terrifying other possibilities that life has. I've got to say, it seems like um, these rooms would be really, really hard, but someone already came and messed it up. There's only a way we could listen to those adventures and... There's no way. No way to know those know adventures. In this room. The three of you walk into the next room, and you immediately don't see any of your companions. Spider Guy, in front of you, you start to see your dad telling you that opening the Spider Museum is a bad idea. Cat Dude, you see somebody that keeps moving you around and telling you you can't take a nap. And then Bat Chick, you are seeing your parents die all over again. And it seems gratuitous, too. Like, it seems like as if every time you meet somebody, you have to envision your parents dying, even though a bunch of people know that's a big part of your backstory. But you just keep seeing it. And so there's a bunch of different versions of your parents dying again and again in front of you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sounds about right. What are all of you doing? You're, you're, you're having a hard time, it seems. 
This being that won't let me take a nap or sit wherever I want, do they have they have any like laundry or anything anywhere? Yeah, there's a they they had just put down a big bag of laundry and they sh- and they're just shooting you off the couch. I'm gonna puke or piss on that, which whichever one I have a brewing. You got you um, you you, you like do. do a little you do a little like cat cat crouch down to take a little piss, and then it's coming out <laughs> so nice and easy that you get you get a little good hairball with it. Um, and then as soon as you start hairballing, and then they're going, God damn it! The room starts to appear in front of you. And you see your two companions standing there looking terrified. And on the ground, it looks like there is a 15-year-old girl with her own heart in her hand. And then there's a hole in her own chest. Oh, hey, that, that guy in the out of the room, he'd like that. You should show him that. Yeah, and you say this to the corpse and it does not respond. <laughs> Spider guy and bat chick, what are the two of you doing in your, in your hell memories? No, it's going to work, Dad. I, I, did, I did the math. The, it's gonna come. There's people like spiders, okay? It's like you, you can't just do an arachnid in general thing. You got to make it specifically spiders. I mean, like that's it's gotta be spiders. That's a real niche thing. There's just spiders are real hot yeah, right but now. Just, but think about it. Just make it arachnids. You Dad. can have a spider, like a spider wing. You know, spiders don't have wings, Dad. You're so stupid. You're so stupid. This is why you, you don't get it. You're right. You don't. You're get right. It, I'm Dad. dumb, and that's why your mom left. And then you see your father start crying. Yeah, she said it every day. You're so stupid. And you're and and he's just like shrinking as you're getting larger. Scream, you're stupid. Until eventually you feel a hand on your shoulder and you look up and it's a very it's the face of a very proud mother. And she goes, "You're right, son. Your father's a dumbass." <laughs> Thank you. As you're, as you're embraced by a hug and you're thanking her, you the room clears up. You see that cat dude is trying to talk to a corpse on the ground, and you see Bat Chick is just comatose. <laughs> we just go to Bat Chick's head. Bat Chick sees her mom and dad as they are dying, sometimes in a very dramatic fashion where you don't see anything, sometimes where you see the whole thing, you know, over and over again, different ways. Pearls flying everywhere. She just screams in into the vision of her parents. Not again! I can't keep watching this! I, I, uh, and she starts to try and run past them. You start to try to run past them, and so the two of you that are now out of these visions uh, are seeing Batchick try to run in place, and it doesn't seem like she can do anything, and then she poofs into her baby bat form and starts just flying around the room frantically as Cat Dude is sitting there and just eyeballing Batchick, and Spider Guy is so distracted by the fact that there is a body and cat dude realizes that this is his chance. And so sure enough, cat guy just jumps up and spat chick. You finally feel like you've run away from the hundreds and hundreds of retellings of your parents dying throughout the ages. And then eventually you feel like you've escaped for a brief second, come back to, and you're now in this room. The last thing you see is the teeth of Cat Dude wrapping around your body as he bites your head off. What do you say right before you die? I always knew it would come to this. The bat and the cat. And it's weird because Cat Dude, you hear that being said as you take the final bite and the bat head in your mouth stays like a normal bat head and you do chew it up. But then the rest Mm -hmm. of the bat body transforms back into the human form of Bat Chick as it just falls on the ground. And Spider Guy, you thought 
one dead body was creepy, but now there's a second dead body that's fallen on top of it as you look over and see that cat dude ate the head of bat chick. I instantly start vomiting. <laughs> oh, so when you do it, it's fine. I've, <coughs> I've never eaten the head off of a friend. God, cat dude. What are yeah. you doing? Yeah, you know, that's... Oh, God. Oh. That is kind of messed up, like, you know, eating my teammate. I hope that doesn't become a habit for me. Hope oh I never God. do that again. Oh. This this mission was a bust. We got to get out of here. Cat dude, come on. We can't, we, we cannot, we cannot talk about what happened here. We're going to get out of here. We're going to form a new team and we're going to do good in this world. Okay. We gotta. We're gonna move past this, and we're gonna be closer for it, you know? There is a door on the other side of the room. Let's go. We gotta get out of here. Let's go. Yeah, y'all open the door, and you hear, like, a little, like, fanfare horn, and it goes... Congratulations! Congratulations. You, you have, have reached, reached the, the spider, spider idol room. room. Please, take, take it, it if, if you, you want. want. Is that... Do we want that? Is that, what, um, is that what we're doing? It's this crystal giant spider... And what's amazing about it is like the hues and colors in it and it's just glorious and then spider guy you feel just drawn to it like there's just this immense power coming from the spider idol itself. Yeah, dude, I think that's it. That's it. That's gotta be it. I got I'm gonna go get it. I've been working on a stand for this. I got I had so much rhinestones I glued on with hot glue and there's you know, I got some really cheap shiny wrapping paper from the Dollar Tree and I just did it up nice and it's gonna look great on there that oh that was wrapping shine. paper I thought that was bedspread okay yeah no yeah hat dude come on and I walk up to the to the spider idol slowly with cautious optimism you're checking around you're using your spider grace and it doesn't seem like there's any traps and you pick it up and are a little scared but as soon as you pick it up it doesn't even seem like there's like a pressure plate it just, once again, you hear. <laughs> All right, I, I guess, guess you, you chose, chose to take, take it. it. Enjoy, Enjoy it. it. No, no, goodbye. And I'm just, I'm just holding it shaking and I just go, fuck you, dad. I really think that cat dude and spider guy learned a lesson that day. Should I even say anything? I mean, why bother? I, I think there's only one group left. So, to finish this all off, the final piece of the puzzle. We rejoin Taxman, Blindside, the Nitwit, and the Arsonist as they're making their way to the park. All right, how are you making your way to the park? Just to revisit this, I know we went over this earlier very briefly, but are you sure, Nitwit, that you can't make a car or like a wagon <laughs> or a roller coaster? No, yeah, I can make a wave of yarn that we can all ride on. It's just... We can surf. The we can surf on the yarn. A car. What if we surf on it and I set it on fire? It's a good effect. But like no car? We can put the car on a surfboard too. Okay, I'm fine with that. Always with your tax write-offs. <laughs> oh As y'all are talking, hey, the, the nitwit is still just knitting, and the tentacles are still expanding from throughout them, and they've pulled out of them all. The tentacles do pick up a car and are, like, putting one tentacle in front of the other as the car is, like, being propelled by the, ten the, by the yarn tentacles themselves. Real fast, is the firefighter's house on the way to the park? Yeah, so y'all get in the tentacle car, and you do look at the ID of the firefighter and it's a little bit out of the way but you tell everybody
everybody that it's right perfectly on the way. Oh, yeah, I completely bullshit. It's going to waste a bunch of time, but... Yeah, and then blindside, you were looking at the map, but then you go invisible, so you can't see it. So you think that y'all are going in the right direction. Nitwit, you're just feverishly having to keep up with this knitting because Arsonist, while We're giving directions... We're making a lot of turns. Yes, well, also, Arsonist, while giving directions, is throwing firebombs to catch the bottom of this thing on fire. So it gives the illusion that y'all are traveling through flaming yarn and every once in a while there's a handful of text going out one of the windows <laughs> the arsonist tells you all are there and then it does not seem like you're in the park it does seem like you're in a residential neighborhood and there seems to be somebody very scared on the inside smoking cigarettes but they don't see you coming they're on the phone and they seem distracted and the arsonist you do recognize them as the volunteer firefighter that you stole the car from i say i'll be right back and i like i don't know i climb down the yarn <laughs> yeah yeah i blow up i blow up the front door and you hear him go holy shit oh my wait where are you been? i already gave you my car what do you want from me i have like a like a canister of gasoline or I guess of kerosene, and I'm just pouring it all over the, the front room. He, like, very poor timing, was also watching the new film Reservoir Dogs um, <laughs> as, as you just started pouring gasoline all over. He goes, I haven't finished this movie yet. I want to know how it ends. Do you really? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. It, it seems like this is like a pretty, you know, this seems like this director has a lot of new takes and this is all original ideas that no one's done before and it's not derivative of anything, so I like it. The arsonist doesn't have time to, to get into <laughs> discourse about, about Quentin Tarantino. I take one of my many lighters and I light it and I take it and I light the cigarette and take one drag and then I throw it down. You throw it and it hits him. He's like, oh, that hurts. And then you remember that it's not hot enough to actually catch on fire. So then you just relight the Zippo and then catch the fire on fire. Uh, and then you walk out to the satisfying screams of a volunteer firefighter dying in his house behind you. Yep. No survivors. I, I climb back up. The <laughs> yeah. Is that thing. the mayor's house? No. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. Anyway. The park's that way. <laughs> Wait. Uh, uh, all right. No, it starts knitting around. Yeah, we're y'all making your way into the park on this yarn worm, and you do see that there's a bunch of people right outside of the park. There's a clown that's doing a bunch of balloon animals. There's a very small petting zoo, um, but it doesn't seem like there's any animals in there yet. And like a bunch of there's a bunch of kids yammering about how it's not there yet because they want to pet these animals before they go to the park to see all the puppies. I try to creep up behind the clown and then get down on my hands and knees and turn invisible. So, like, so we can we can knock over this clown. Ha ha! Now is my time to shine. And I throw a bunch of tacks at the clown. So you throw a bunch of texts at the clown who's blown up a bunch of balloons and all these kids have balloons and they're all talking about how they're all orphans that came for puppy in the park day and this is their one day they feel good and then all their balloons pop and they all start getting real scared and then the clown like you you hit like his little squeaky nose and it makes like noises like deflates and he falls back and sure enough he trips and falls over blindside uh, who he did not see that was there. Yeah, and then I stand up and I say, fuck you, clown. And I kick him in the uh, stomach. <laughs> you do that and all these kids like see you do that. And they're all really upset that their balloons have been popped. And they didn't know why. And they only can assume the clown was the one that gave them balloons. And that's happiness. And then the clown 
made happiness go away by giving happiness in the first place. So all of this can clearly be blamed on the clown. As you see this just gaggle of orphan children start aiding Blindside in as you're all just kicking the shit out of this clown on the ground. Yeah, follow my lead. Learn from me. <laughs> just, I just teach them, <laughs> teach them how to uh, get them up and use their numbers. place that would take in the criminal orphans of this town. <laughs> <laughs> Mold them into criminal villains, into adult villains. One kid even screams out, it feels like life is pointless. Oh, this kid's got it. I gotta start a mentorship yeah. program. Um, so what are, He's an old soul. Nitwit, what are you doing? I knit the, all the doors shut and put a big cozy around the whole building so no one can open it or put the animals out. Yeah, so there's a pavilion close by and that's where there's a bunch of people getting food set up and all this, like, you know, this free food for all these hungry orphans to eat and it was just going to be more than gruel today. And then you just close <laughs> it off completely. The arsonist, you're standing there looking for what to you blow know, up. You know what I'm going to do. Yeah, you're, so you're looking around, and there's a bunch of stuff that's real flammable, like trees, there's a bunch of hay, and there's a bunch of kids who are extra flammable. But then from behind you, you hear the faint sound of steers screaming in unison. There's a light rumble in the ground beneath you. Oh, I, like tur I turned to look at... What's going now on? You turn around and you see what can only be described as just a giant ball of steer roped together by a seemingly magical lasso as there are people on top of it kind of running backwards in place to propel the steer ball forward. Oh, I'm not having that. I throw a Molotov at it. You throw a Molotov cocktail and it hits right on the ground right next to the steer ball, knocking all the steers apart and then throwing the people that were on top of it. You notice within the group of people, there's four of them. One of the people seems to be the person that hired you for this very job, which is Ooh. Johan Jackson, Nacho Man himself. And you see him on the ground and he looks up and kind of gives you a nod. Oh, I throw another one. <laughs> <laughs> and you immediately see him like scramble and he runs off. There was a person that seemed to be on somebody's shoulders that has like fallen. And so it's only the top half of their torso, but you can tell that the torso itself was still moving. And so you throw this Molotov cocktail and right before it hits, you notice that this torso was covered in this cheese-like substance as the intensity of this fire burns so quick that it just looks like there is a just frozen cheese carcass of the top half of somebody's body left in the wake of this final Molotov cocktail. I, I turn to the group. You guys think there was some kind of crazy story behind that cow ball or nah? <laughs> I guess we'll never know. <laughs> Probably. Anyway, today orphans get to keep whatever they can steal. <laughs> yeah, and then you heard the man, orphans. And then immediately it's just mayhem. Orphans are robbing everyone <laughs> left and right, and like the few volunteers that were there at this point have just all but given up because half the volunteers are just stuck in this goddamn pavilion. They can't get through this yarn, and now orphans are just running amok and stealing from everybody. And it looks like y'all have done a pretty damn good job. Is is Johan still like what's he doing? So you do see that Johan Jackson and the rest of that crew had made their way to City Hall and you do remember that you were supposed to meet them at City Hall and that was when their job ended. I don't know, Blindside. This day's been pretty taxing for all of us. Let's head to City Hall. Get that key, then live forever. Yeah, I already won four fights today. Things are only looking up for me. Yes, it says that we've tied up all the loose ends. Um, I'm setting the yarn that's around the pavilion on fire. 
Excellent. To trap all the people inside. Erase any trace of my being here. Yeah, and kill everyone. Yeah, you set that on fire so the last of the volunteers from the from the homeless shelter uh, do die, and you all feel like it's a good time to head to City Hall. Well, you know what they say, let's go fight City Hall. <laughs> nice one, Nitwit. And we fly away. <laughs> yeah. Um, y'all make your way over to City Hall. And you're in the weird worm yarn car thing, and you realize that there's a bunch of heroes gathered right outside of City Hall, and it seems like the mayor is putting on a press conference, and so you don't want to draw too much attention, so you ditch the car, and you see an open window on the side of the City Hall building. Let's, let's, let's start scaling the building. Let's do it. And that is the real story of Spider Day. Wait, really? Yep, I'm sure all of your questions have been answered. No, not at all. Yeah, if anything, I have even more questions than before. How? It was all so clear. None of that was even a little clear. Well, what about all the stuff that shows that Jane Jenkins was getting too close to the truth, so that's why her stories were all dying? You said nothing about that. That's the first time you've mentioned that. Uh, Okay, well, what about the fact that Spider Guy was set up to get the idol to bring back to Heavendale so the spider attack would happen? I mean, I guess I got that from the context clues, but you didn't outright state it. Fine, but you for sure got the fact that Mr. Ghost was the key to find any of this out, right? The fact that he didn't fully die and then went on to research all of what happened and why these events were out? You never even mentioned Mr. Ghost. I'm sure I did. God damn it. It probably did. You got so Mr. Ghost's powers before he turned to a ghost were to be forgettable, remember? Uh I guess that makes sense why I forgot it then. You have to have more info than what you said. How do you even know any of this? Oh, uh, because of that. That's right, fun bunch. I got this all on tape. Jerry, what is the mayor doing in the back of your car? I don't even have a clue. It's... I got you all on tape talking about how you're going to destroy the town with a giant spider attack. Hold on. First of all, I have to say just one thing. What's that? You're a cock. Thank you. But I don't have time for pleasantries. I have to make sure none of you remember this. Huh. That's weird. Don't remember walking 30 miles outside of town. And why am I recording a video? Huh. Oh, well. Guess I'm walking home. Goodbye, future voters. And you, delinquent... What the hell was that? Well, pretty sure he meant to mind wipe all of us, but he did it to himself instead. Just like in the first story of Spider Day. Well, I guess that's it for me. Wait, no, you still haven't answered all of our questions, or or like any of our questions. About that, I really don't know anything else other than what I just told you. Well, can you at least tell us how you found out the very strange parsed out amounts of what you do know and told us. Well, in the future, I found a phone that looked exactly like the one that my grandfather just had. Oh, if you're about to fucking tell me that... So, I I found me giving you all this very speech. So, I showed it to a friend of mine who helped me build a paradox-proof way to time travel so I could come back here and tell you the real story of Spider Day so I didn't break the timeline and close this loop. That doesn't make any sense! I guess you're right, Jerry. Well... Looks like it's time for me to go. See ya. What? Kim, I'm gonna try not to think about it. So wait, is time travel real or not then? Spider day, 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 night's alright. 
Hey everyone, it's Joel. Uh, so this was Spider Day 2, the real story of Spider Day, and it's so long. <laughs> uh, so yeah, this this is it. This was a lot of fun. We had 40 people. Uh, I did not expect any of this to happen like this, and I'm so happy for that. Um, make sure to go to spiderday.com. You can find a list of all the cast members. Uh, make sure to go to Spider Day 2. Uh, the cast members of Spider 1 are up there as well. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know what to say. I, I feel like I said enough over the last six hours. Um, if you are listening to this when we drop it, we are going to be delaying the drop of the first episode of arc six it originally was slated to come out on april 21st but we're gonna be moving back to may 5th because i am tired and i i don't want to put it out yet i'm just gonna take a little break but this is a six hour long episode so maybe it's good that we're taking a break from posting a normal episode so like i said uh that's gonna get delayed uh if you enjoyed this and and and, and want to support the show go to our patreon because you know i did this for free and i'm happy i did it but you know we could definitely use support i'm gonna be start moving towards doing more like patreon exclusive stuff and not giant actual play events i put out for free i'm still gonna be doing large actual play events like this spider day one and seasons you know i want to i want to you know try to save myself some uh save my sanity a little bit um but yeah so thank you to jonah jackson once again for helping narrate this thank you to my cast shannon shelby and paul for co-narrating alongside jonah this was a lot of fun thank you to all 40 people that took place in this uh i don't i don't know what the shit else to say if you are listening to this and it's still within April, go buy a Spider Day t-shirt. If you're listening to this on the live stream, thank you for joining us. Make sure to check out Coven House Georgia. That's what all the live stream goes for. All of these sessions were edited down to around 25 to 30 minutes each. We have the long form of each session, which is around 45 to 50 minutes each uh, on our Patreon for $5 levels and up. There's other bonus stuff there. And like I said, all that money goes directly back into the show and to help support. So thank everyone for listening. Go do that. Tweet about this thing with hashtag spider day tell people about it i'm very tired i don't know what else to say so that's it this is spider day 2 the real story spider day and i'm definitely not doing a spider day 3 hi i'm april i played uh celine ironstone the banshee who got smushed to death by her friend well not really friend um i am part of flipping the table and atl D. you can find flipping the table on twitch and facebook and youtube and all that crap um, and you can find me on social media at April Raygun. I'm Ayana and I played Maxine. I have a couple of mods coming out on the DMs Guild if you play D&D. And I am always around town DMing. Hi, I'm Caleb Pendleton. I play Jimmy Lambo, a.k.a. The Spinner. I hang out and do a lot of stuff with ATL D&D, which is an organization that puts on learn to ta- learn to play open table events uh, three nights a week, as well as other special events such as um, bar crawls, a week of all lady DMs called uh-huh. Sladies Night, yes. which Woo-hoo. is going to be uh, coming up. And uh, you can find out more about us at atldnd.com or on any social media. And uh, if you want to know more about me or keep up with me, I'm a uh, brandless underscore user on Twitter. Hello, I am Amanda Dawn. I played me to you and I'm the newest member of the Loot and Dagger podcast team and I'm starring in the sister show Planar Pirates of Mistport. You can find me on Twitter at Bowler Baroness. Hi, I'm uh, Tara Oaks. I didn't say my first name. 
at the beginning of the podcast, you had to wait for it. I played Mel, the killer Keller, and I can be seen at Dad's Garage in Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta, Georgia, Thursdays, Fridays, and Saturdays. Hey, my name is Perry Frost, and uh, I own a trivia company called Booze Clues. On Wednesday nights, we uh, start at 8.30 at The Local on Ponce. On Thursday nights, we start at 8 p.m. at Diesel Filling Station on Highland Avenue. The trivia is a little nerdy, a little flirty, and way more fun than I just made it sound. Yay! Come on out. Hi, I'm Danielle Brin, and I just played Kirill from HR. Coming up, I will be in Theater of the Mind Players Season 2 of Masks playing Helix the Bull. And you can listen to that podcast anywhere you find podcasts. It's also available one week after in Video On Demand on YouTube, and we also have a website. So come on and check us out. It's a lot of teenage drama, romance, and feelings. Hello, I'm Mark Muir. I played the French super assassin... Monsieur Abitoir. Uh, and whenever I'm in Atlanta, I also perform at Dad's Garage Theater. You should check them out there in the Old Fourth Ward. Uh, and uh, also, I have a television show that you can watch here in the United States or wherever you happen to be listening to this. We're, uh, we're in most of the English-speaking world on Amazon Prime. That's Amazon Prime, and the show is Tiny Plastic Men. It's about three guys who work as prototype testers at a toy factory. And it is Canadian and hilarious. Uh, my name's Branson Reese. I played Bone Daddy. And uh, I got two things. I have a podcast, Rude Tales of Magic, with uh, the other two guests on this show today. It's a D&D podcast, and it's very fun. Uh, please listen to it. I also have a book coming out from Oni Press called Hell Was Full, which is a book of my comics, and I am begging you to pre-order it. Hi, uh, hey, my name is Tim Platt. I play Baron Slime. I also have a podcast called Rude Tales of Magic. I would also plug a different podcast that I've done called uh, Hampton High. It's on the Forever Dog Network. Um, it is a comedy interview podcast in character as a high schooler having a podcast for his high school friends. And then uh, you can follow me on Twitter at, at Timothy Platt or on Instagram at I am King Bozo and that can show you all the shows that I do in New York. I'm Joe Lapore. I played Big Baby Schwab. Um, you can catch me as Bello on Rude Tales of Magic uh, with Branson and Tim. Um, you can also catch me every Friday night at the Magnet Theater performing with the Nitro Girls. I'm Matt Crispin. I played the Great Auk, and you can follow me online at kushbop.com. I'm Will Meneker, and I played Objectifier. Uh, you can hear more of my voice on the podcast Vanderpod. I'm Chris. I played Sundowner, and please listen to and introducing a podcast about words about music. I am Eve Smith. I played the... Dastardly, devilishly, quiver, climb, pop, <laughs> disguised as machismo. And I am on the Brits on Bikes podcast, and someday and hopefully the near future, you can also catch me GMing Imposter Syndrome or How I Learned to Start Loving Myself and End the World. If you want to get a hold of me on Twitter at Copper Harpy. My name is Jimmy Sprinkles. I played Vape Nation. I'm the GM for Brits on Bikes. And uh, you can get me at Jimmy underscore Sprinkles. That's two S's on the end. I also host another podcast called What's Your Role, which is a kind of interview show asking uh, actual play podcasts all about their characters. I'm Sean Oxpring. I played Holes Man. I am the GM for the Omen podcast. Uh, that is my crime and also my punishment. You can reach me on Twitter at Oxyoxpring, and I also 
I'm a player on Brits on Bikes, and you can find them at Brits underscore on Bikes. I'm Oliver Nelson Jr., and I played Mr. Limited, someone with godlike power who did not know how to use it. You can find me on Twitter at at Rit Nelson, W-R-I-T Nelson, and follow my work there. I'm a game developer, and my current big project is an airport for aliens currently run by dogs, a first-person open-world comedy adventure game uh, where you can pet any dog at any time with an unlimited number of hands and meet strange stock photo dogs and solve their problems. And you can play work-in-progress builds of that today at patreon.com slash strange scaffold. I'm also on OmenCast. I'm a bunch of places, and I'm tired all the time. Hey, hey, I'm uh, Andrea Jurgensen. I played uh, the Frat Controller, uh, and I am... You can find me on Twitter at, at Hideous underscore. I also do video game stuff, and I'm on the Omen cast as Dr. Martin Bankson, and I'm on Dice Out Now Game as Marjorie, the 420-year-old gnome artificer. I'm Alex Flanagan. I played Feral Fawcett, and uh, you can find me on Twitter at Coffee Detective, C-O-F-F-3-3 Detective. I am the GM for A Horror Borealis, which is an actual play Monster of the Week podcast on the One Shot Network, and I'm also the co-host of the Cryptid Keeper podcast along with Addison. We have a lot of fun over there, and um, I can't really say with any confidence that it's anything like this show, but you might enjoy them both. <laughs> I'm Andrew. I played Beefy. You can find me on Twitter at L33T underscore H4X. That's uh, my Twitter. Yeah, that's my Twitter handle. Also listen to Horror Borealis. And I have been Tim and will continue to be Tim, but I have also been Saul Goodman and he is no more. I do. Me, Tim, persists, but the part of me that is Saul Goodman no longer exists. You can also find me at Twitter at Timmerdoodles. It's T-I-M-M-E-R doodles. And also a horror borealis with these three weirdos. Hi. Okay. So I'm Addison. I've been... (laughs) Melody Sparkles, may she rest in pieces. And I um, am the other half of the Cryptid Keeper podcast along with Alex. I also play Mariah Harris on A Horror Borealis. And I do a lot of um, audio drama projects throughout the internet. I pretty recently played uh, Graham Anderson on a little show called The Subjective Truth. It's like a sci-fi mystery. It was a really fun show to work on. And I recommend that if you like audio dramas that are super kind of weird and wild. Um, And I'm on Twitter at Addison underscore Peacock, A-D-D-I-S-O-N underscore and then peacock like the bird. I'm Adam LaGrave, and I played Spider Guy, and you can find me on Twitter at Adam LaGrave. I am also in the podcast The DM's Treehouse. It's an actual play podcast rotating through four different campaigns with four different DMs, and also I'm on the Tall Grass podcast with the rest of my lovely team. Hi, I'm Aaron Willems. I played Cat Dude. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Echo Willems. And I am also on the Tall Grass podcast, and I mostly play an anxiety-ridden rapidash named Clementine. I'm Carrie, and I played that chick. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at kre bunny, uh, and you can also listen to me on the Tall Grass podcast as a polywag, also named Carrie. I'm Kaylin. I played Super Male. You can find me on Twitter at Biggie KK. Uh, you can also hear me on the Tall Grass podcast, Abby and Friends, as Abby. You can follow our Twitter there at the TG Pod. Hey everybody, I am Jonah M. Jackson, aka Mayor Jonah Jackson, aka Johan Jackson, aka Joanna Jackson. I am a player and GM on Quest Company and Quest Company Junior, another actual play podcast. You can find me on Twitter at Jonah M. Jackson. 
I'm Jet David, aka The Rancher, aka Yeehaw Jones. Uh, you can find music that I make at peopleneedgoals.bandcamp.com. I also do voice work, and you can hear both of these things in related actual play podcast event seasons that you should listen to because it's good. Hey, um, David Rodriguez, uh, also known as uh, The Liver, who will live on because he's not dead in the Critical Beats universe. Uh, you can find me in the Critical Beats Discord, which I run, and on my Twitter, at KenShowD. I'm uh, Jake Vyachorek, and I played Spellbook. And you can find me on the Critical Beats Discord, where I procrastinate, and uh, on Twitter, at Bazukinier. It's B-A-Z-U-K-I-N-I-E-R. This time I spelled it for you. Uh, and also, appar apparently, I think by now I should be somewhere in the actual Play podcast space. So, you know, listen to that. Hi, I'm Rebecca Parks, and I was Steely Joan. And you can find my friend Jack's music at peopleneedgoals.bandcamp.com. I also have designed both Spider Day t-shirts, so make sure you order one now. Hey, my name is Maggie Mae Fish. I played Jane Jenkins, the beat reporter. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Maggie Mae Fish, and you can also uh, subscribe to my YouTube channel where I do film analysis videos. So head on over there for a fun time. Uh, my name's uh, Dan Olson, and I was playing Son of Bone Daddy. No relation. Uh, you can find me on Twitter uh, at Foldable Human and uh, YouTube. I have a uh, narratology channel uh called folding ideas and uh i'm jack packard i was playing a uh, yogan piper Zipide piper and you can follow me on twitter at harlack you can see me uh talk about old bad movies with red letter media you can see me talk about video games over at escapistmagazine.com and if you're ever in milwaukee on a weekend you can see me do bad accents live over at comedy sports my name's John Welsh. You can find me on the Super Eyepatch Wolf YouTube channel and also the Let's Fight a Boss video game podcast. Hey, I'm Paul Byron. I played the Nitwit. Uh, I'm on Critical Bits with the other guys. I'm Shannon Strucci. I played the Arsonist. I'm on Critical Bits, Struggle Session. I do um, Strucci movies and Scanline on YouTube. And I also do Critical Pits with Shelby and Paul. Hi, I'm Shelby Lee. I played the Tax Man. And, uh... Uh, listen to Jingle Jangle. That's a great show that I'm on where we talk about Riverdale, the only good show. It's the only good podcast about the only good show. Um, and uh, all of podcasts, Critical Bits, also listen to Critical Bits. Hey, I'm Kevin. I am blindside. Uh, you can catch me at Jingle Jangle 420 uh, to talk about Riverdale, the only good show ever made. Um, or at twitch.tv slash Lone Wolf Kevin, where sometimes I'll play video games.